What is up, ladies and gentlemen? Welcome to another episode of Bloke in a Bar. I've got the great SC Playbook and the Gurino with me. Make sure to follow them both on social media. SC, Play, SC Playbook One, I think. Is that it? That's it. SC Playbook One on, at, on Instagram and Facebook, also on all good podcasting apps. Then we've got Rugby League Guru, at Rugby League Guru on Facebook, on Instagram, and subscribe to his podcast on all good apps. Bloke Jerseys, next Monday, 6 p.m. I'll talk about it in the episode, but these are limited. Once they're gone, we may not make them again. If we do make them again, at minimum, it'll be an entire year. Monday, 6 p.m., be there, set your alarm. You don't want to miss out on these guys. They are high quality, only 99 bucks, uh, and they're high quality old school jerseys, that good old school material. They'll last a lifetime. They're comfy as anything. You've seen me wearing them everywhere. So Monday, 6 p.m., be there. Also brought to you by the beautiful Bloke in a Bar beer. Absolutely easy drinking. Make sure to get down to your local, Grab a case of bloke in a bar. It's a beautiful beer. It's a beer designed specifically for you to sit back, watch sport, enjoy your weekend. Easy drinking session beer. It's not going to bloat you. It's not fruity. It's not hoppy. It's beer that tastes like real beer. But as usual, let's get straight into it, baby. Just a bloke in a bar. What is up, ladies and gentlemen? Welcome to another episode of Bloke in a Bar. What a weekend of footy it was. Before we get started, before we get started, the great Kanguru and myself, we're wearing, and Maddie as well. We're wearing the first bloke jerseys. I mean, we've got the old school locker room jerseys. They're like five years old. But these are the first bloke jerseys ever, ever created. And they will be available next Monday at 6 p.m. Next Monday at 6 p.m., the bloke jerseys will be available. They are limited amount. And also, they took us about a year to make and get here. So if you want the jersey, make sure to be there at Monday, 6 p.m. Set your alarms now because once they sell out, we won't be getting these in for at least another year, at, at the very least. And if we, do, if we do do again, the design may be different. So if you like these jerseys, go to, yeah, bloke.shop, Monday, 6 p.m. next week, uh, or you join the Bloke Club, www.bloke.club, and you'll get a text message uh, just before it's about to drop to remind you. Uh, they'll be $99, $99. I think that's pretty fair. Nothing beats a rugby league V, does it? Oh, bro. Just unreal. I fucking wear this all the time. It's getting to the point where my missus is like, you're a loser, bro. You wear the same <laughs> shit every day. Um, so, and, and this is their high quality, you know, like actually high quality, proper fucking good old school jerseys. And they'll be $99, which I think is a fucking pretty fair deal compared to, what are they, 160 now, some shit? <laughs> And the rest, yeah. And, like, that's the different material. Like, this is actual good, yep. honest, true, old-school footy material. So uh, $99, Monday, 6 p.m., be there, limited supply. Set your alarms now uh, at bloke.shop or join the Bloke Club and you get a text when we are about to launch. Uh, also, the stores in Spotlight, Cronus Liquor Jeringong, Pato's Grog Shop. Pato's Grog Shop, what a name in the ACT. Page Bottler in ACT, Camperdown Cellars, Bronte and Darling Hurst, Charlie's Liquor Barns, all Charlie Liquor Barn stores. We are in all Charlie Liquor Barn stores. Super Cellars, Werribee, Blacksland Cellars. They've been with us from the start, Blacksland Cellars. Yeronga Cellars, Reef Gateway, Early Beach, Club Hotel Roma, Harry Brown's Boovil, Celebrations, Brightwater. But that's all the, that's all the jibbity jab out of the way, Guru. Mate, how was your weekend? Good, mate. A uh, couple of upsets this weekend. Yeah. Great round of footy. Can you believe we're a third of the Call way through the season? Call a few of them just quietly. Call a few of them just quietly. Which we'll ones to you get? We'll get to that, mate. We'll Brisbane get to that. by any chance? Uh, hey. Brisbane by any chance? That, among others. <laughs> among among others. Among others. They call me a genius after this week. Can you believe we're a third of the way into the season? I know. It's fucking it's wild, It's fucking eh? insane. 
Timothy. How was your weekend, brother? Welcome back. Bloody good, mate. Thanks for having me. I was uh, not sure if I'd get another start, another call up to the potty. Happy to get it. Then sort of the, the penny dropped for me a little bit. I thought, oh, had I done enough last week to get another go? And then I realised it was actually, last week was the first time I'd met you, Denon. And yep. I reckon as soon as I walked into the studio, you took one look at my snores and you went, <laughs> we got a new member of Team B here. I can mate, work with this. So, put it yeah. this way, your beat got you across the line. Yeah, I, I thought that Metaphorically and physically. I thought that might have been the difference. <laughs> <laughs> if Look, it's beats got to unite. If you've got a big beak out there you've been ridiculed your whole life mm. but now it's time for beaks to fucking take over fuck you motherfuckers that took the beaks out of us <laughs> we're gonna dominate now we're we are genetically designed to dominate we are more aerodynamic so when we're chasing prey <laughs> or we're running away from prey we win so if you want to fucking go all the way to evolution and see who's gonna fucking win the race to the peak apex it's the blokes with beaks so fuck you motherfuckers that's just all my trauma coming out from the <laughs> growing up and being sprayed about my nose. Uh, but <laughs> I've never won a race regardless. Of my nose, now, Matty, you're also here, mate. How are you? I'm great. Um, I got three out of eight tips on the weekend, which is we haven't seen like upsets like this in the last two years. So I'm you know glad why that, that rugby is? league's back like two this. Two reasons. You follow South and you don't know shit about footy. <laughs> well, South was one of, my, one of my three correct tips. So. Yeah, but you got punished for it. The gods were like, man, fuck this guy. Yeah, fair enough. <laughs> How was your weekend otherwise, mate? Yeah, it was good. Didn't, didn't do much. Watched, watched every game. Um, Super Saturday was great. It was. It was. It was. It was just unbelievable to watch. Like, there's nothing better in sport than an upset. And then yep. when you've got two upsets and then Warriors coming back from the death. Uh, yeah, great weekend. Great weekend of footy. But let's get straight into it, shall we? Uh, Ash Taylor. He hasn't officially retired yet. That's why I haven't posted anything on the uh, socials. But it looks like he's going to retire due to a hip injury. This is a a mixed one for me because the first thought I had was, fuck, what a career that could have been but then you take a step back and go but really like he played a bunch of NRL he played some really good footy you know it's going to sound cliche but be happy that it happened rather than it didn't happen that's that's the way I see the Ash Taylor like yes okay he had a lot of potential and maybe the Titans being there didn't help you know him fulfill his potential and it was a mixture of being at the Titans but also him you know not fulfilling his potential but at the same time it's like hang on a sec this bloke played a bunch of NRL like what 150 games Played a lot of good games as well. Like, yes, he had seasons where he was a little bit quiet, but he has a, a solid highlight package. I think he should be super fucking proud of his career. And if you're judging it by, you know, if you take away the fans' judgment or whatever and you just judge your own achievements, I think he should be fucking incredibly proud. Yeah, for sure. And I, I remember seeing Ash Taylor when he was 16 and I don't know if I've ever seen a more complete halfback at that age. Mm. He was just insane and he came in with so much pressure on him. Obviously, he was at Brisbane, left Brisbane, went to the Titans. Uh, it hasn't panned out as we expected. But as you said, I mean, playing one game of first grade is an unreal achievement. Mm. To knock up 150, uh, incredible. So congratulations to Ash. Sad that it ended the way it did. I was really looking forward to him arriving at the Warriors. I thought we might see uh, a corner turned here. I thought the games he played, especially he one of them, yep. I thought he looked good. Yep. I thought we were looking at a guy that had, you know, would he reach the heights that we thought? Maybe not. But I thought we were going to get a good, solid first grader at the end of his career. What do you think, Timmy? Yeah, same as you boys. Oh, like Very disappointing, sort of probably a, a premature end to, to his career. But... Um, People will look at Ash Taylor's career and go, you know, he never hit the heights that we expected. He never hit the potential. But 
at the same time, like who's to judge potential and, and yeah. how far a guy can or can't go and that sort of thing. I think it's, you know, obviously Rose is going to speculate and say, oh, he could have been good enough to do this or that. But as you said, mate, a stack of first grade games, mm. a lot of very good ones in there. He's made a career and a living out of it for many years now. Um, so as you said, I hope he looks, and I'm sure he will look back on it and go, mate, I've had a wonderful career. Yep. Um, maybe it was a bit shorter than, than it could have been due to injury, but mate, he should be very proud of what he's done. Absolutely. It's, uh, just to correct myself, it was 116 in a row games. Maddie, what do you think, mate? I remember when he came in in um, 2015, he played one game for Brisbane. I think that's when he did the compound fracture to his hand, I'm pretty sure. But then yeah. 2016, that was um, when he played the full season for Gold Coast and Cleary played half a season for Penrith. And it was those two going head to head for Dalian Rookie of the Year. I think Ash Taylor won that. Um, yeah, he, uh, unbelievable player. It's, it's, he's one of those guys that fell a victim to, the, to that price tag kind of thing when he got all that money at the Titans. And that's what people decided to judge him off. But. He was a fantastic player. It's not like he's just faded out. He's got a career-ending injury, career yeah. injury, which is highly unfortunate. And I was really looking forward to seeing him play the Warriors. So came out of nowhere, pretty disappointing. But congratulations, Ash. Yeah, and also I think he deserves a massive rap for the way he handled himself with incredible amounts of pressure from the fans. Very easy for a young man to turn into a dickhead and go, fuck you, get bitter, get on the drink, carry on, be rude to journos. Because think about how under the pump this bloke was. And it was, he didn't sign himself. Like, and it, look, there, people are going through much worse than Ash Taylor, and yes, he was on a million dollars, but he's still a human being that, you know, you can, doesn't matter how much money you have, if you're getting pumped by the footy community, it's gonna be tough. So I think he deserves a bit of respect. He, you know, he got to a point where he actually needed leave from the game, because he was struggling yeah. so much with, with the pressure and everything going on. So yes, obviously other people out there are doing it much tougher than Ash, but, Respect where it's due, and I think he deserves a lot of respect for how he carried himself as a man. Um, and yeah, I think his career personally, it's a mixture of yes, maybe personally he didn't reach the heights, but look at the period period that he was at the Titans. You know, a mixture of it is, is the club wasn't going the best in the years that he was there. Do we really think the same thing would happen if he was at the Storm, if he was at the Roosters, if he was at the, you know, even the Broncos for that period? Um, so, look, I think he should be incredibly proud. Incredibly yeah, proud. I think he handled himself very well at a time where he became the scapegoat for a lot of things going wrong at that club. Mm. Whether it was fans, media, whatever it was, I think he got very Look how much better they traded. are roster-wise now, and we're seeing the same problems. Yep. Matt, so it's, yeah. you know? Like, Matty saying, saying he fell victim to that uh, million-dollar man, like the price tag and that sort of thing. Even in retirement, I saw um, different publications saying million dollar man Ash Taylor to retire. I was like, for God's sake, did, didn't he start on a training trial deal at the Warriors yep, temporarily yep. To, to earn his way into the squad? And he still retires as million dollar man. It's like, give the kid a break. Yeah, well, you know what's, you know what's crazy? So you, you're right, Ash Taylor, the first uh, article is quotation marks, sad end to $3 million footy stars career. The next one, it's a sad end. Uh, you know, so it, it's it's only sad in like the, the difference is we're not talking about it sad as in like we're sad because we think Ash could have been so much more and this injury has stopped him mm. from continuing to play footy. Um, so, mate, I think he should be super super proud and don't let um, you know, yeah, people on the internet just talk shit. They don't they don't get you know he's still put together some really really good footy. And he was the easy scapegoat for a club that had way more problems outside of him. That, unfortunately, regard, we've had a huge roster change and the club is still struggling at the moment. Um, so if it, to say that he was the problem, it's like, no, actually, clearly there was more problems in Nash. So, as I said, 
incredible. I thought he had a great career, and I think he's a great bloke as well. I've met him a couple of times. Really nice, humble young kid. Uh, and he didn't let, he didn't let the, the negative energy kind of um, turn him into a, a worse person. And I thought when he was at the Warriors and he played those couple of games, I thought he looked really good, like yeah. really good. Uh, so, mate, congratulations on Ash on an incredible career. To play 120 games or 119 or 16 or whatever, it is not an easy feat. Like, the average games is like 41 NRL games. He doubled that. So, fucking good on him. Fucking good on him. Congratulations on the career, mate. Uh, now, speaking of the Gold Coast Titans, the great Fofuria, he's uh, back in the headlines. Uh, he seems to have taken Ash Taylor's mantle as the guy to speak about from the Titans. Uh, look, I understand he's on a million dollars and that is always going to be taken into consideration. Some of it I feel is warranted, as in people that are genuinely looking at it going, is he giving worth a million dollars? People are doing that, I understand it. People, anyone that's going further than that, you're just carrying on. Uh, what do you guys think about the Fafita being moved to the bench? I've got a hot take on Fafita that I will give you, and I've spoken to you, Gurino, about it uh, on the weekend. But, uh, Timmy, what do you think about the Move. Uh, look, ultimately I'm not a big fan because he's so important to that team. You know, we spoke a bit about it last week, but he's a back rower who, uh, I shouldn't say he doesn't go looking for the ball. We, we spoke about how edge back rowers need to hold their shape and whatnot. Um, so when he plays 80 minutes, you know, he's not having necessarily 20, 25 runs or a stack of runs and tying himself out. So he, he can play 80. I don't hate the bench move as long as it's done right. So... Correct me if I'm wrong, but I think he came on around about the 25-minute mark on the weekend. I'd be making sure that I got him on for 60 straight. And when he comes on, particularly for the back end of the first half in that 15, 20-minute stint, I'd be getting him a lot of ball while he's fresh, up against a few tiring forwards and edge players and that sort of thing. So I think it can work playing these gun back rolls off the bench as a bit of an impact player. I don't hate it. I said I'd play him 80, but I can see what Holbrook's doing with it. Uh, it didn't work out for a few reasons on the weekend, but I don't think it's the worst move. Yeah, and I also think that we've... We've still got a bit of an old school mentality in rugby league of if you're benched, you're shit. Yeah. And it's not the reality of the situation anymore. Like, if you can get the most impact of a player for bringing them in at a certain moment, you know, he might get more out of that 60 minutes than he would mm. out of the 80 minutes. I, I understand what Holbrook's doing. It's, but it is tough when you're constantly got the million-dollar price tag shoved in your face and you're yeah. reminded, you know, it makes it hard. But um, I actually – I don't mind your idea, but I'll, I'll hand it over to you. Uh, Shoot. I'll, you know – I'll, uh, I'll get to it. <laughs> what do you got? What do you got, man? Um, I think last year, because he got moved to the bench at the back end of last year, and I remember the game he got moved to the bench, they won, and then they won their next three. So maybe Holbrook's got that in, in the back of his mind that he can come on and kind of do a role and, you know, win. The, even though he didn't play great at the back end of last year, he, there was a couple of games where he came in and injected himself at the end. I think there was a game against Newcastle where he just tore him to shreds. So maybe Holbrook's got that at the back of his mind. As for what my opinion is, I automatically just think he should start. But, I mean, if, if he can come off the bench after 20 minutes and absolutely kill it, then, then why not? So I just want to read you the back rowers' numbers from the weekend. Uh, and this is no knock on them. I actually think people are overestimating what back rowers actually do in games. If you go actually look across the entirety of the NRL, most back rowers are around these numbers. Uh, one of the back rowers, 10 runs. Uh, 109 metres. The other back row was four runs, 39 metres. Uh, if you go to the Melbourne Storm, who were... F uh, was that this week or next week? Sorry, that was last week. Um, then if you go to this week... against And this is against the Panthers as well, so obviously going to be slightly down. 
Then you go far. So that was last week, the two back rolls that weren't for feeder. This week, um, in 45 minutes, uh, four runs from one of the back rowers. In the other one, in 80 minutes, 89 metres up with 10 runs. If you go to the Melbourne Storm this week, their back rowers, it was... And this is the, obviously the Melbourne Storm, the cream of the crop. Kafusi, 12 runs, 110 metres. Bromwich, 11 runs, 71 metres. Now, if you go back two weeks to the week that Fafita was the worst player in their team, according to some, which is fair enough. That's their opinion. I disagree with it. Fafita, 14 runs, 131 metres. So tell me what's going on here. Like, yes, he's, yes he is on a million dollars. And yes, he's not delivering... $1.2 million worth of value. Um, you know, you want... But that's not... That's the Titans' fault for allocating that to a back rower. That is not his fault for allocating it. They should allocate that to their halves and their nines and maybe their one, but usually their halves. Um, so when you look at those numbers, you go, hang on a sec, this bloke's getting absolutely ridden to death. Now, if you wanted to sit there and discuss, like the quality of involvements or whatever, like, okay, we can get into the nitty gritty of like, you know, certain effort areas that he needs to improve on. I'd agree with you there. But when we're talking about how crazy it's gotten and you look at those numbers, you go, I don't think anyone reasonable could say the craziness uh, around this is warranted. Um, so as I said, do I think he needs to improve? Absolutely. That's why I'm going to give you my hot take soon. Uh, but I just wanted to read those numbers out so you could get like an understanding of like, if you said to, if you took out Felice Kafusi and Bromwich's name, and they were on five six hundred k, people would people would say Felice Kafusi Bromwich worth five six hundred k, and you said yeah they won they run for about eighty meters a, a game and they take about ten runs, and you took out their name, people are like oh that's a bad game like that's they're doing nothing, but then you put their name next to it, you go yeah yeah but they make you know really good reads, they're good in defence, they're, they're not attacking players, they're defending players in the game that. Fafita got uh, smashed. He actually, I think he didn't miss any tackles and he made like 33. Anyway, so that other way, I just wanted to put into context of what we're actually, we're actually talking about. Take away the hyperbolic nature that, of media, which is fine. It's part of the game, whatever. I personally think my hot take, put him in the front row. Start him in the front row? or Start him in the front row. Yeah. Just, it forces him into the game. And uh, he's big enough. He's strong enough. You put him in there. He goes for 20 minutes. If you don't start him, you, you bring him on um, in a 20 minute, whatever it is. And you get, him, you get him about 40 to 50 minutes of game time and you get everything you need to get out of him. Uh, you get, he, he's forced to be involved in the game because Fafita is mixed between two things. Like he, after his game where he got crucified, he'd be like, what? Like I ran for the most meters of my team and like I did 14 hit ups. Like what else does people want? So he would be caught between, and I've got to keep my width as a wide running forward. I think put him in the front row and just get him in there to rip and tear for 20 minutes, get him off, then bring him back on for another 20 or 30 minutes, whatever it is, get him to rip and tear again, and you just have his hands on the ball and say, mate, run, I want you to run until you're gassed, and then we'll bring you straight off. That way, on the bench, you've got your rotation sorted. You don't need to worry about him gassing on the edge because you don't have an edge player to fill up the um, position. Timmy, you seem... I don't know if you're all the way there with me yet, mate. What do you think? I'm not quite there, yeah. but I'm just ticking over my head a million miles an hour, working out how this <clears throat> logistically would happen. So, yeah. so your idea is he'd start in the front row, you know, have a 25-minute stint, go off, get a breather, come back on for a second stint and say the second half. Yep. Also in the front row. Yes. Yeah, look, I, I, think it, uh, I think it's a bit 
of a dramatic response yep. to a bloke who's been unbelievable on the edge for mm. the last couple of years. I like the logic of getting him involved. I, I thought you were maybe going to say, all right, for the first 15, 20 minutes, play him in the middle. Uh, he'd be awesome for the go forward. Like, so get him involved in the game, get him seven or eight runs early on and then shift him to an edge where he can you know, get a bit of a breather and yep. utilise that. Oh, I just think it's panicking a little bit. He's been so good for so long. I love... If he can get not even a one-on-one with a back row, if he can get a two-on-one two on with a bit of space on that edge, he just trounces them every time. He's not going to get that in the middle. It's a bit of a town lolo sort of thing, isn't it? Where you go, all right, you'd like to see him running at smaller blokes, but in the middle, that, the go for what he produces for the Cowboys is massive. Well, that's, that's right. That, the way I see it is, is so Cotter and Tamalolo. Tamalolo is named at 13, but he's basically a front rower. And so I think, like you play that role like if Cotter can get the go forward he's getting imagine what Fafita could do running it fucking straight and hard constantly mm. but I, 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 anyway, just, I really want to see it like you've got me intrigued now at what yep. uh, Fafita would do as a middle I personally wouldn't do it um, but you know as I said maybe it is the first 10-15 minutes of a game here just to get his head in the game get him going early but I do think it's not I don't think his form has been that bad as you said he he scores these ridiculous tries and sets up these ridiculous tries that it becomes the benchmark. So then if there's a week where he doesn't run over eight blokes and slam it down in the corner, they're like, ah, yeah. bad week for what did, Fafita. What did Fafita do this week? Um, but personally, I, I think that, not your response, but I think the the response from people saying Fifi's down on form and this is just a little bit over the top. And like the just problem though is the like his coach has moved him twice in two yeah. weeks. So clearly he thinks something needs changing. You know what yeah, I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I would have kept him on the edge there. Mm. I, I actually thought he was doing all right, but the coach sees something that where, you know, he, he, well, his, sure. po- his post-match press conference was basically saying he feels like if Fafita plays 80 minutes, he, he, he doesn't want him on there doing shit work and getting tired. He'd rather bring him on 60 and have a quality 60 minutes. Um, Which is fine. Yeah, yeah. But I see your point too. Like, if you move him into the middle for the whole game, you're losing a weapon on the edge that has won them games so many times. Yep. So you're, you know, weakening an edge to, to, to um, make the middle. Yeah. Another part of it as well that I'm thinking is uh, speaking to Matty Johns about it uh, before the show on, the, on Friday. And I was like, mate, I, I really think that they need to move Fafida into the front row just to get him in there and get him through work. And he just has to, he has to work then. Like if he doesn't work, he just won't be playing first grade pretty much. And Matty was like, you know what's crazy about it? Like he thought it was a, a decent idea. He said, you know what's crazy about that, Dan, is that when I got moved to hooker, it made me appreciate being a six so much more yeah. because I had to do all the shit work. And maybe that is something with Fafita is if you get him in the middle for a few games or even for those first 20, mm. I actually like that. And then maybe move him out or take him off for 10, move him out at the edge. Um, it'll make him go, oh, okay, you know what? Like I'm, I'm get a bit of feel for the game and... Like, I don't want to be in the middle, so I'm going to do a million runs on the edge. Um, what were you going to say, sorry? I was just going to touch on, you also have to have the right bloke replacing him on the edge. So they brought Kevin Proctor on as the starter, who I think is in his heyday, probably the twilight of his career. He is, and I don't think there's a lot out of him. In his defence, I thought he was quite good on the weekend, Kevin Proctor. He had a couple of good little touches. There. I think he might have thrown a short board, AJ Brimson. But I look at Parramatta, where I think Ryan Madison's one of the, or he is one of the premier edge back roles in the comp. They've dropped him sort of to the bench and he's coming on playing as a middle in this, basically what we're talking about with Dave Fafita, yep. because they've got Sean Lane who's in awesome form, because they've got Isaiah Papali'i playing on the edge who's one of the best back rows in the comp. Um, so they've got the cattle to do it. <coughs> do the Titans become a better outfit with Fafita in the middle, even if it works, if it means playing Kevin Proctor in a big minute edge role? I'm not convinced, but 
food, an- food for thought. Another part of it as well is like if you move Fafita into the middle, I'm getting a bit concerned that Tino is being forced to get through too much shit work. Mm. We have to remember when Tino came to the club, he was a game breaker. Like he, for Melbourne Storm, he would come off the bench and be a huge reason they won that premiership. We're not seeing Tino be allowed to be put in those positions like getting short balls, hitting in, in shoulders on one player. He's just getting through all the dog work, which is great as a captain. But I even think like with Jake Trevojevic, part of me feels like he's been forced into a role that you're actually missing part of Jake Trevojevic's game, which is incredible soft hands. And I think with Tino, if you move Fafita into the middle, it gives you that kind of X factor and hard running, and it may release Tino a bit to be a bit more on the edges and ball play. But again, this is all just experimental. This is all just mm. like, maybe, maybe not. Uh, I think it'd be good to just, even if it was a game or two, just to see how it would go. What do you think, Garina? Yeah, I, I like it from the fact that I watched the Titans and you know, Fafita might have 14 carries, but I quite often think, they don't put him in the best position yeah. a lot of the time. And I quite, and then I watch him pick the ball up from dummy half, 30 metres out, and just go, us, 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 and score. And you're like, fuck, you're better off not trying to outthink the room of where to get in the ball and just get him the ball. Yeah, that's Just what get I him the ball through the middle. I also think that, you know, and I, I, I don't mind using him as a front rower. I wouldn't mind bringing him off the bench and literally giving him a jersey number on the week and I would have said you need to go at Cleary yeah you need to attack this spot on the field yeah and like I think every week you could you could watch the first 20 minutes see where the Titans are getting on the front foot and just put David Fafita there yeah if there's a worried spot there just go at that you trust spot. their halves though to, to go at that spot <clears throat> no I don't but I don't trust them to get Fafita the right ball at second yeah. row which we're seeing isn't happening regardless this is the thing that they have got a young spine of halves that they're still learning the game. Yeah. Yeah. And that's their, their reality. It's, and you know, it sounds so easy just to give the ball yeah. to the second rows, but you need to be getting that ready three plays before yeah. your three yeah. plays before that need to go in the right direction. If someone offloads and someone goes in a di- different direction mm. for those young halves, they then have to adjust. And that's sort of where they struggle yeah. a little bit for me. So I agree. I think they need to, and I, and I hate saying get him more involved, but I just think they need to get him more ball. Yeah. As much ball as possible. Yep. The old, you know, keep it simple, stupid. Mm. Just get him the ball and just let him go. Play off the back that's, of it. That's what I'm thinking with the front row move is like, he doesn't really have to worry about getting the ball off a half anymore. Yep. So he doesn't have to be like, get me the ball, get me the ball. He can just go hooker, bro, my fucking run. I'm in behind the ruck. Like just full steam ahead. Uh, and it simplifies his game so much that he doesn't have to worry about anyone else fucking making plays for him or whatever. Um, I think it's worth at least a try because it cl- clearly Holbrook is unsure as to how to use this guy. Uh, what do you reckon, Matty? I'll give you a like for like. Um, so Tal Malolo came off the bench and was playing second row for the first three years of his career. Yeah. And then in 2015, when he was the same same age as Fafita is now, um, they moved into the middle. And we all know what happened in 2015. The Cowboys went on. Tal Malolo became the best forward yeah. in the game and, and was forced for him to work too that yeah. was the thing with Tamalola at the start of his career you were like some games you're sitting there going holy fuck get him in the middle it's like mate you mm. have to work yeah. like you have to work and just to back up your point Guru before and, and you too Denon, um I heard Joey Johns actually say that it's the halves job to get the ball to Fafita and to, it's not Fafita's job to say here give me the ball here it's the halves job to, say, to tell Fafita where to go absolutely and he, he just said, like you guys did, that they're just not experienced enough to do that. So maybe a move to the middle alleviates all that for now, even for, for a year or so, um, just, yeah, to, to get him more ball. If you watch the way that the Warriors use Adam Fanua Blake at the moment, mm-hmm. they've done it a few times this year where they have him 
they like and Sean Johnson literally just grabs his jersey and says, yeah. "Get here." And he puts him on it. Like if 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 Tim's AFB, you see Sean Johnson get the ball. The ball's never going to him. The ball's going to the next man. Yeah. But there's just always eyes on AFB. Like Fafita is as dangerous with the ball as he is without it. Yeah. Oh, for sure. And if you have him around the middle, and this is where. Um, you know, if you did have a, a, a real sort of running nine to be able to utilise him as well, <laughs> it could be super damaging. I, I, I don't mind it. Another, another blo- sorry, mate. Oh, no, you go. Another bloke uh, who I was, I was trying to think of someone. I'm like, there's another one there who got moved from an edge to a middle, which I didn't like at the time. I but know, it's you're going to say Josh Papali. Yep. Josh Papali. I was against. <clears> he played back row a lot in his younger days. Unbelievable, and I loved him there because Played of his Queensland. I think back row. Yeah, as well. he was. Yeah. Um, he was the starting back row of Queensland for many years, uh, and then he got moved to the middle. And oh, I just love his um, late footwork at the line, getting his one on ones as we spoke about with Fafita. Went to the middle. I'm thinking, oh, this it's going to be a waste of him there, but it wasn't. Obviously, yeah, obviously like yeah. the last four or five years, he's been a middle uh, forward for the Raiders for at Origin level. And it's worked. And look, let's be fair, between Tam Lolo, Fafida, Josh Papali, they're pretty similar players, aren't they? And it is that bit of late footwork at the line that makes them so destructive and just the go forward off the back of it is relentless because they always get a quick play of the ball. Yep. And Which makes me think, yeah, maybe the Fafida move to the middle could work. I really want to see it now that you've brought it up. Yep. Still don't necessarily agree with it, but... God, it's got to be worth a trial, doesn't it? Yeah, I just think it's worth a try. Like, I'm not sitting here saying, I want to fucking die on this hill and, like, you know, if he goes out there and he doesn't do any work and he barely tackles and he doesn't have the fitness for it. But I'm just thinking, like, you know, you bring him on and you play him, you know, 30, like, 25 minutes, get him off before half time. So you've, then you give him, like, what, a 20-minute rest? You give Dave Fafita a 20-minute rest mm. to come back on, fuck me dead, like, in the middle, and then you play him for his... You just say, mate, second half, you go out there... You just go until you're fucked. And we have a guy on the bench ready to replace you. I, reckon, I don't know. I reckon it's worth a shot. Can I ask for feeder? We're hearing he's out for about four weeks. Yeah. That'll take him to round 12. Origin's round 13. Mm. Does he play Origin this year? I don't think so. No. I don't think so. Um, he needs, he's, he's a guy I feel needs game fitness. Yep. Uh, I think I think you put him in your squad absolutely if he's got game fitness, re- even almost regardless of form, because he is that <coughs> game breaker. You bring him on in Origin off the bench and, you, you know, he mm. explodes the game apart. Um, yeah, look, I think like this year, Queensland's forward pack, it really does seem to be filling out. Like, I don't think Tino's going to be playing 13. I think he'll be playing in the front row. And I think you'll probably have either Carrigan at 13 or your man, Cotter. Um, and then you've got like, you've got he could play 14 or Brimo could play 14. So their forward pack, you've also got Papali'i. Uh, you've got, I think Molo is eligible for yep, Queensland. He played last and he year. Played, he, he played, uh, he's been playing some really good footy. Yep. Uh, I'm sure I'm missing a bunch of different players. Like you've got Kafusi. Um, you know what I mean? So, like, I just want to see, I probably want to see more than one game, probably. If Fafida is back from injury before Origin, he plays Brisbane on the Friday night for yeah, the wow. team selected. Wow. <laughs> I mean, look, if he goes out and kills it, then he, and he gets through, you know, 60 minutes. You'd think, okay, maybe we bring him on the bench. I don't think you start him. Yep. Um, but I, it's one of those things where you just got to see, I think. You've got to see where is his head at, where is his fitness at. Uh, what do you think, Timmy? Yeah, mate, if he came back and played one game, um, I'm picking him every day of the week. It, not necessarily in a starting back row role, yep. but maybe, you know, not too off cuff to what we were just talking about. But, mate, if he comes off the bench a little bit underdone and plays 25 minutes in the middle or on an edge or whatever... I said, you don't have to overthink playing in the middle. It's not a massive move. You go yeah. out there and you make tackles and you run hard. Mm. Um, like, if he doesn't play a game, maybe that's pushing it. But if he gets that game against Brisbane in before it in round 12, uh, 
absolutely on pissing him. Yep. If he was fit and Origin was picked tomorrow, would you pick him in your 17? Yeah, yeah, for Would you sure. start him? Wouldn't start him, no. no okay. Yeah. I, I, th- I just think for Origin and the speed at which it is played, yeah. I think he's really good to bring off the bench and yeah. just fucking battering ram through the middle. I think you get your grunts out there. To that first 20 minutes is all about withstanding. It's why I was a little bit surprised that, you know, Paul Green didn't decide to bring Marnie in start Marnie, get him through the shit work, and then you bring Harry Grant on uh, to, yeah. to, to, to blow the game apart. Do I, but I think Harry Grant's game has developed <coughs> since then, so I think that he's probably ready to start now. Um, in, you know, maybe Ben Hunt does. Uh, but Fafita absolutely is in my fucking 17. Like, fuck, he is too, too dangerous not to keep him there. But I, in regards to if he's injured and he plays one game, just want to see how he looks, where his head's at. It's more just about his head. Like, where is his head at? Because yeah. um, the worst thing is, is like... You don't want a Fafita whose head's not in the game. Well, not head is not in the game, but let's say his injury is still like a bit, making him a bit hesitant, doesn't get through much work. You're almost losing, like you'd rather just get a, a workhorse in to, to get through their work and wait until Fafita is ready to go. But Fafita, healthy, happy, playing footy, he's in your 17 every fucking day of the week, in my opinion. What do you reckon, Matty? I think as well, because the Queensland have a new coach. Um, he'll be less inclined to risk bringing someone back after having no game time. Like, for example, if Cam Murray got injured this week and was fit on the day of origin, Freddie would pick him. That's well, well, it's weird to fucking say this. Like, uh, I spoke to the assistant coach, Cam Smith. <laughs> it's so fucking weird to say this. And one of the things he was saying was, like, I, they feel that last year, they, he feels anyway, and he's not a selector, guys. He's just an assistant coach. Uh, but he felt that there was a lot of players underdone in that first game, and that really affected. Mm. That's why New South Wales blew them off the park because you've got a bunch of key players that like aren't ready for the speed, aren't ready for the game, and so I do think that is going to play into their um, decisions of like having you know a battle-hardened team that is ready to fucking rip and tear. Uh, and unless you are a player like you know, like he like even you have to remember like I know Munster had an incredible 2020 Origin. But that first game, Munster was underdone as shit. Like, yep. And so was Harry Grant, because they were both injured for like six weeks. Mm. Uh, and that's Munster. We're talking about one of the best origin players of this generation. Like, he turns up for origins. Uh, no, don't get me wrong, he got better as the series went on. Um, well, I mean, all of Queensland, sorry, got better as the series went on. But yeah, interesting topic. I think it's worth giving it a crack. I just, it just forces him to work. It also removes any like thought in his head of like, I've got to keep my width. I've got to wait for the half to give me the ball. It's like, no, there's none of that anymore. It's just, bro, every time you want the ball, you just take it. Have a hit up. Um, now, South are set to move away from ANZ Stadium uh, to the new SFS next year, according to Michael Chamis. I love this idea because I do not like watching footy in ANZ Stadium. And I know we earn money from it, deals with the government, rah, rah. So if it is bettering the game because we get funding, fair enough. But if it's not, I say we move away from it. As a selfish SFS member, I love it yeah. <laughs> for it. Uh, but yeah, I, I think it's a good move. I, you know, a lot of South fans that are obviously live in my local area. Fuck, it's a knock to go out there. It's a lot for them. So and the atmosphere is just like not. It's great. too big. It's too it's big. too big for club games. The yeah. SFS, I, uh, I think, well, it was such a good stadium. I'm sure the new one will be pretty similar. I think it's also like you go out to home, but like I, I, I had a mate who had a him and his mates hired a box the other day. Out at ANZ, they were so excited for it, and then he messaged me after. He's like, "We all went home because we had to sit on a 
train for an hour to get home after that like it's just it's oh, it's such you all, they all went home after the game yeah or? and it was the fight like they, they they went to the 5.30 game the Canterbury game and they had a box and they were all excited oh, and he's to, like, what, to we, watch two games yeah and they just watched the one game but then they had to get on the train and come back and they're like oh we'll go out after and they're just like oh, it's okay, too much of an effort yeah. you know whereas if yeah. you're if you're at the SFS you got the city right there like yeah. it's a I, I think it's a much better move all round you'll get a better atmosphere a better crowd and why not add to the South Roosters Oh, mate. As soon as this went up, I had about six group chats that I just had to mute last night going, I can't fucking do this. Man. The whole... You got six group chats. <laughs> all six of them, I said, all six. Jesus Christ. How many mates you got, Guru? How many, how many group chats you got, Timmy? No, only a couple for me, mate. Not as popular what as What about you, Matty? How many group chats you got? Definitely not six, mate. Bullshit, well, mate. I didn't ask, Bullshit. I didn't ask you how much you didn't have. I asked how many you had. No, I, I got a fair few. Let's know the comments. I got heaps. You got heaps? Yeah. So you think you're fucking cool, do you? Well... He'd no. be in double digits, without a doubt. Who, what do you group? What do you talk about, Matt? Like scissoring and shit? <laughs> nah, that's that's only in a couple of them. A um, couple of them. Yeah. Jesus Christ. Yeah, a couple of uh, dedicated just to scissoring. But um, no, nah, most of them are about footy. One's a tipping comp. One's a super coach comp. One's just my mates. One's just yeah. It's it's nonsense. But yeah, well, I don't have any group chats that don't have to do with work. <laughs> Mine are all just shit punting ones. Like, oh, really? blokes trying to give out hot tips and they're all as bad as each other. And I just sort of mute them going, you've cost me enough money over the years. <laughs> I'm just, you're done. No, I'm done. I'm done. Um, yeah, thoughts about SES? Uh, I don't have much to add on this, fellas. I, I don't enjoy watching footy at ANZ Stadium unless it's Origin with 80,000 people and the atmosphere is unreal. I love the old SFS. The new SFS is only going to be better, you know, to watching the footy, being able to go out for beers and festivities after around the city is fantastic it's just everything about it is better for me i think as well because it's a rectangular stadium it's just going to add yeah. so much to the atmosphere at the game it'll look better on tv um it's closer to i know most south fans are actually past anz stadium but south they're, they're redfern so yeah. it's closer to south home ground and as you said guru the south roosters rivalry literally facebook was going off last night yeah so I, i'm in a roosters group just to tr like just troll. to be a troll and <laughs> and and some of the comment that like, they are filthy that souths are taking their ground which is actually the government's ground, but yeah it's that's great. yeah like that's what we want yeah. fucking oath adds to the drama yeah look I, I think it's a good if if they can do it i think it's a good move now gurinu gurachi guroko kanguru during the sand <laughs> <laughs> I thought you had more up your sleeve, but sure. Um, <laughs> Kangaroo. Um, I went through... Oh, you rattled me. Good job. I, um, I went through uh, teams, <laughs> all the teams last year, how many points they're averaging in attack, how many points they were uh, conceding on average, just to see where they're at this year. And it was really evident to see the change in rules. There's only five teams in this competition that are averaging more points per game this year than they were last year. Yeah, wow. Um, they are Sharks, Storm, Cowboys, Eels, Penrith. Shocked me, the top five teams in this competition at the moment on yeah, the ladder. Wow. So pretty crazy. Um, in defence, there's only three teams that have got worse this year. It's only by one or two points on average per game, but every other team has improved. What's three teams have got worse? Who do you reckon? Doggy. Uh... Fuck. Um, doggies. Uh, I'll stop you. The dogs have improved by seven points per game in defense. Yeah, okay. Oh, I don't fucking know. Yeah, mate, it's wild. It's the Raiders. They're down one point. 
the Knights are down two points, and the Eels are down one point, which we've spoken about a little bit, the Parramatta's defence. Isn't the same as it was last year. It's not the same as it was last year. And look, it's only minus one point, but I think you need to consider that every other team has improved. Manly and Storm have stayed the same, but their defence was pretty good last year. Um, Much better than those other teams. Also, Manly started the fucking year. Yes. So, yeah. yeah. I think the other thing, and there's a couple of standout teams. Um, So the top four most improved teams, when you take both in consideration, the North Queensland Cowboys at the moment, on average per game, they're a 22-point better team than what they were last year. They are conceding 19 less points than what they were last year at the moment. Holy shit. Um, The next best sides after that are the Sharks. They're a nine-point better side than what they were last year. Broncos are a six-point better side than what they were last year. Bulldogs, four-point better side. So you look at Cowboys, Sharks, Bulldogs, Broncos, what do they all have in common? They went and spent money on marquee halves Mm. that have walked into that side. Um, And, you know, for, for the Broncos and the Bulldogs, they've improved by six and four points. Their attack is actually down two or three points. But for me... I look at the long kicking game of Matt Burton and I look at the kicking game of Adam Reynolds yeah. and I think it's just helped them yeah. so much compared to where they were last year. Um, overall, the team that's gone backwards the most is the Manly Seagulls. Their defence is actually exactly the same as last year, but their attack, they're down 11 points. Tom had returned a few games last year. So so, so, so these averages are for the entire season entire last season. year, at the end okay. of the season. Okay. So, they, so this, and then the, the numbers for this year, obviously only until round eight. So yes, Tom, um, you know, I, I think as well, Schuster has only just come back. We saw the impact that he oh had the other God, day. Oh my God, it didn't have impact. Oh, fuck me. I, I think they will close that gap very quickly. But um, yeah, pretty crazy that, you know, how, how big the rule changes have been. The, there's only been five teams that have improved their attack and the biggest gap has been three points. Mm. The Penrith Panthers, who had the best attack and the best defense last year, they've improved in both categories. And which I think is you can feel it. Oh, mate. <laughs> you know, you can really feel it. Penrith, uh, they, they averaged 28 points last year. This year, they're averaging 30. Keep in mind, Nathan Cleary missed the first three rounds. James Fisher Harris missed the first two. Brian Toto, the best winger in rugby league, has been out for ages. Uh, and in defense. They lost their top try scorer, Burton. Yep. They lost Kirk Catewell, who was one of their attacking weapons last year. They got two 20-year-olds playing on the left side. It's insane. In defense, last year they were the best team in the competition, conceding only 12 points per game. This year they're conceding 11. So they were already the best, and they've got better. Better. Same as the Melbourne Storm. They were the second best. Um, They've improved their attack. Their defense has stayed exactly the same. So crazy... These teams, they just keep going to another level. The West Tigers at the moment, they're one point better than what they were last year. You take in the three games, smaller sample size since Jacko came back. They're eight, an eight-point better team than what they were last year wow. with Hastings. Yeah. So hopefully it's they key can position, keep eh? oh, mate, It is the key position that really matter. Uh, the Bunnies, their attack... Probably won't shock anyone. They're down nine points on last year. Yeah. I would say they're the team that probably took advantage, along with Manly, probably took advantage of these rules the most, playing real front foot footy. Take Adam Reynolds out. And I think Dane, this says a lot about Dane Gagai. Oh, massively. Because we've I mean, seen on that left edge Dane how Gagai. close they've been to scoring so many tries and they're just lacking that little bit of class down yeah. that left side. So they're minus nine. Uh, the Roosters are minus eight in attack at the moment. Uh, but uh, as Robbo's been saying, the Roosters, their defense is four points better than what it was last year. So they are heading in the right direction. But, yeah, if your defence is in the red, in the negative, not great considering the rule changes and everything. 
Wow. Cowboys, eh? Mate. Fuck me yeah. dead. 19 yeah. point. They've improved by not. The next best is 10 by the Tigers. They've yeah, improved by wow. 19 points. And just to put it into context, how much the Cowboys have improved. Last year, they had seven wins from 24 games. This year, they've got five from eight, and they're in third place. They were 15th last year. Far out, man. Defense matters. Matters. And, and what, what did Peyton select on this year? Defense. Defense. Mm. Yep. So he's made, he's done, look, I knew he was a good coach. There were a few things that were really, that I disagreed with last year. But I tell you what, if, if, if he was making those decisions for this outcome, I was wrong. I was 100% he's wrong. He's nailed it. Yep. He's killing it too. right now. And I understand they haven't played any of the top tier teams outside of Eels, but let's remember, we all had the Cowboys at the bottom t- end of the table. We all knew what the draw was. So people that are like, oh, they've only played bottom tier teams. It's like, yeah, but everyone knew what the draw was. So why did the experts still say that they would be at the bottom of the table? And the Eels are one of the five teams that their attack has improved from last year and they just got slapped oh. by the Cowboys. Like dominated. Dominated. Wasn't Crazy. even close. Crazy. What do you think of that, Timmy? <clears throat> yeah, it's good, mate. Unreal data. Um, I think we've got to sit back and look at it and say there were so many points scored last year as a result of the rule interpretations and whatnot. Yeah. So... I think as far as the raw data goes, uh, you've got to sit back and say, all right, massive points, differentials here and there and whatnot. But we can still see which teams have improved the most and which teams have uh, declined the most and that sort of thing. So when you look at the Cowboys, it goes, well, they're at the top of this and just bought so comfortably yeah. massive improvers. Uh, was it three teams' defence has become worse? Yeah, those three teams, yeah. I think that's, that's exactly. alarm bells because yeah. of how many points there were last year. To be conceding more points this year is like, shit, but like, there's issues there. And, and if it was the Penrith Panthers, their defence got worse by a yeah. point, you'd be like, okay, yeah, fair cop. But the Raiders, the Knights... It's not good. Already bottom eight sides from yep. sort of last year and this year to decline defensively with the new interpretations of rules and six against, that sort of things. Uh, yeah, issues. And if I'm Parramatta, as much as they were one of the top teams, I'm looking at Penrith and Melbourne, they're improving their defence. Mm. And Parramatta's got the attack well, until this weekend, got the attack to compete with these sides, but they've got to sort their defence out. Yeah, it's weird for the, the Parra, because like, that was their issue last year, was their attack. Like They just couldn't seem to put it together. They didn't have that last tip of the spear kind of stuff. And this year, it's like, ooh, their defence has gone a little bit better. Look, I think when you're that high, it's not an issue. But I think, I think we'd all agree, the Raiders and the Knights this are the most... Um, we're most concerned about them yep. at the moment for where they should be as to where they are on the table. Uh, so really interesting. That's great stuff, Kanguru. Great stuff. Uh, now, team of the week. Time for team of the week. Another tough week. The wing spots for me were super, super tough because I thought Coates and Meany were fantastic. But I made these wing decisions on more like the context of the game. Like, it's not, don't get me wrong, it's not easy to score tries at the end of the Storm back line. Not at all. But they are absolutely fucking dominating teams. So... Technically, you'd probably say Meany and Coates should probably get the wing spots, um, or at least one of the wing spots. But I mean, anyway, caveats aside. Number one, Drinkwater. Two, Fox. He scored four tries in two games now, I think. And we very rarely talk about – we always talk about halves coming to clubs to win games. But I think Fox was brought to the club to win games and score points. And we very, talk, very rarely talk about wingers being that important. I think without the Fox, they don't win the games they've won. Like, they yep. just don't. Uh, so, Fox on the wing. Olam in the centres, absolute boost. Uh, Stags at four. Felt, one of the greatest finishes. Honestly, he is one of the greatest finishes we've seen in a very long time. Like, I, I would put him up there with all the great finishes. Like, is he 
you know, is he the same as like a Wendell Saylor overall? Maybe not. But when it comes to finishing and like clutch finishes, he's right up there with the best. And I would probably go as far to say, is he the best Cowboys winger they've ever had? I think that's probably fair. Matt Matty Singh would be up there, but I, 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 I would personally, I, that I would that great final. Fe- felt, oh, Singh had played some decent Origin footy. Singh's probably the best defensive winger I think we've ever seen too, just quietly. Yeah. Interesting, but I put, I mean, look, he's those two are in the combo. Yeah. Those two, like it's between those. I two. think felt everyone remembers the grand final try, but no one remembers that he was the one that tackled Ben Hunt to get the yep. ball back with two minutes to go, and he was also the one that put the kickoff up. In, yeah. in extra time, yeah, so no, he did he, three he, huge he, plays in the last five minutes. I'm just, I'm so disappointed. Like, I'm so not sad, but I just wish his origin de- debut. He didn't come in when they got fucking towed up by a record margin, and everyone then everyone thinks that oh, felt can't play big games. It's like, ah, uh, you're pretty sure he can play big games. <laughs> fucking won a grand final. Um, so I, I guess put it this way: to put him as the greatest Cowboys winger, I just want to see him in a rep game, play good footy. And then I'll put him as my greatest winger. But when we're just talking about club and longevity in that, I think he's the best winger they've had, personally. Yep. Um, but if you include rep with Singh, like Singh was good in rep, like really good in rep footy that I can remember. Uh, but anyway, Kyle Felt on the, on the wing, Munster at six. I mean, <laughs> there's no way this bloke's taking a pay cut. <laughs> there is no, like, there's no way. I cannot, there's just no way. Uh, anyway, we'll get to that later. Townsend at seven. Look, there were some great seven performances, but I think Townsend is putting his hand up for by the year at the moment. At the moment. You know, we have to wait till the season ends. And yes, he's not got a million try assists and whatever, but a huge reason why the Cowboys improved so much, it's Townsend at seven. He's, he's, um, they've won games off the back of his patience and, and his ability to drive him around the field. Uh, but we'll get to that later on. Cotter was so this is weird. Cotter was named in the front row, but apparently played thirteen. So I don't know what that means. I picked him at thirteen. I picked yeah. him at eight, just because he pl- he he was my player of the round. Like he was absolutely unbelievable. Uh, Grant at nine. This kid is just fuck, mate. I, I can't remember a hooker that was this explosive, out of dummy half and strong. Makes the right decisions. Good kicking game. Anyway, we'll get to that later. Uh, Luke Thompson at 10. I just thought, mate, to get the win against that Roosters pack, he's been slaving away. Uh, you know, yeah, maybe his, his numbers aren't as good as some of the other forwards. Like, for example, Burgess, which I've got on the, uh, on the bench. But, like, Burgess played against uh, – is A, in a top four side. B, played against a 10-man team. I thought Thompson against a renowned Roosters forward pack was fantastic. Catewell at uh, 11. I thought he was great for the Broncos, really locked things up. Aiken. Played fantastic at 12. Tao Malolo at 13. Josh Adekar at 14. Uh, not Adekar at 14, sorry. I had, I think it was supposed to be Meany. Meany at 14. Uh, Keon at tw- uh, 15. Robson uh, from the Cowboys at 16. Burgess at 17. And at 18, probably Coates or Hughes or Cleary, one of those. Could be anyone. Fuck, I've got a long list of extended bench players here. Yeah. It's a tough league. Yeah, I went with Drinky at one. I think my back line's the same. I went Fox, Felt, Olam, Staggs. Uh, six, I went Cody Walker over Munster. Seven, I went Cleary. Uh, my front rowers, I went Tamalolo. And you'll like this one. I thought Clemmer was massive for Newcastle. Yeah. I thought he got through so much he work. Big. Yeah, he was huge. Harry Grant at nine. I've got the same second rowers, Aitken, Capewell. I've got Cotter at 13. Then my bench, uh, I thought despite a loss, I thought Teddy was just a maniac on the weekend, did a heap of work. Tino, your boy Twole, and uh, I had Cam Murray as well on my Twole bench. Twole was great too. He, he actually was sensational. Like 
He's, he's gone le- so good. He's so good. I actually might stick him in my uh, mm. team. Uh, what do you got there, Timmy? Uh, fairly similar back. Oh, I think maybe identical back five to you. Scotty Drinkwater, Josh Adokar, Staggs and Olam in the centres. Kyle Feld on the wing. Uh, as you said, the wings were tough this week. A few blokes have just killed it. Oh, so mate, you could have gone with it a few different ones. Cody Walker, which I'm not thrilled about due to the context of the game, the send-off, but he did a lot That's of good. That's why I didn't... Yeah. I, like, I had Cody, but I was like, it's against 10 men, even though yeah. he's done that against 13. Yeah. Uh, you know, against, I've got um, issues there, but we'll get to that later. There's soccer Cleary. coming through. Yeah, yeah. Jesus Christ. <laughs> what the hell? You Sorry blokes who do this every week, you must just get bored of picking Nathan Cleary. It's just like, just find someone else. Just well, just assume it's going to be Cleary and pick someone else to make it That's the thing. That. I look at Cleary and I watch his game. I'm like, yeah, he probably deserved to be there. But yeah. then I'm like, the, that's why I said the context of the games. Yep. I was like, Townsend led a team around that towered up a top four. And like mm, Cleary, yeah. he plays so well every week, even though it's supposed to be team a week. Anyway. Yeah, uh, Cleary... Front rolls, Cotter, and again, a bloke we'll get to in a minute, very shortly actually, with the Broncos there, but I thought Tommy Flegler was outstanding in, in 40-odd minutes. Meters were only, you know, 80, 90-odd for the game, but, gee, I thought he had a big impact there. Harry Grant, back rowers, uh, both in losing teams, but Josh Schuster, I just wanted a manly play in there because of how gallant they were with 12 blokes for basically the whole game. Angus Crichton. Uh, who I've bashed, I bashed him last week and said he's, he's had a pretty poor season. I thought he was really good for the Roosters yeah, and played one good. of his best games of the season. Tam Lolo at lock, bench was Twole, Shop, Coates and Fisher-Harris. Any changes there, Matty? The only person, like I definitely agree with Schuster, he was incredible. But the one guy you didn't mention, he was on a losing team, but I thought um, Cam McInnes was so good for the Sharks. He was probably the only, like in a team that looked a bit lost, he, he was always the one that rolled his socks up and, and went forward. Plus he made like 45 tackles. So I thought um, he's been great for him this year. Uh, but other than that, you've kind of mentioned everyone. I thought, I agree. I, I thought Flegler, I looked at his stats at the end of the game. I thought, oh, I thought he'd be better than that, which shows that stats don't show, don't show the story. Because every time he ran the ball, we are like, fucking hell, this bloke's, this bloke's going well. So yeah, those are the only couple of players I'd probably put in. Yeah, my bench I was a bit unsure of, um, so I probably will change that a little bit. Um, but, I'd, oh, man, it's tough. Because, like, Robson, I thought he had a red-hot crack in the middle yep. there. Um, but twelve deserves to be there. He was massive. Uh, yeah, anyway, that's our team of the week. Uh, actually, yeah, look, leave your team of the week in the comments section, and then we will select one to give a free case of bloke in a bar sent to your house. So leave it in the comments section, guys. If you're listening to this via audio, come to the YouTube, subscribe to our YouTube. Oh, yeah, like and subscribe, all that fucking YouTube stuff. Uh, hit the subscribe button because a lot of you aren't subscribing uh, and it helps our um, helps the, like the algorithm. Plus, also, if you like the video, it helps, it helps the video get it into the explore thing. Uh, so leave your team of the week. We will select one, send a free case of bloke in a bar out. Uh, now, onto the reviews. Broncos v Sharks. I mean... What an upset. What an upset. What do you think? Yeah, mate, I'll, I'll be honest with you. I, I think Broncos have got so much more improvement in them and they still manage to win this game. I, I, there's so many things that they can get better at. I, I still don't think you've really settled on your spine realistically. I still think there's a question mark over the hooker position, still a question mark over the 5'8 position. Um, Tomorrow, Martin, we spoke about him last week. I thought he was unreal in this game. Again, uh, I don't know if he becomes the five eight long term. I think he so. returns. Yeah, I yeah. think he uh, he does. Yeah, um, but yeah, mate, I thought Brisbane were pretty damn impressive. It's the Sharks, like they've put up <coughs> yeah. big points over the last few weeks. I thought that the way that Katoni Stags defended on Sifa, just getting up in their face. Mm. Um, I, I, we haven't seen teams do that for the last few weeks. Sam Joy's on the back foot. Um, yeah, I thought the Sharks could have. Counted that a little bit better, but 
talk about that when we get to the Sharkies. Mm. Timmy? I love centre one-on-one battles just because it's one of the few positions on the field where provided the blokes on the inside do their job where you get is just genuine one-on-one. There's not mm. many other positions where you do. Mm. Uh, and to see what Staggs did to Talakai was just, it was just like him going, all right, you know what, all the hype's around Talakai at the moment, big bustling centre, and he just, that early one where he jammed him on the line, where Talakai was in for all money, he was just like, how strong is this little bastard, Staggs? Yep. Uh, the game itself, I watched that first half thinking the Sharks looked pretty slick, and things just that, they couldn't get that last pass, or the, it was just going wrong by a touch every time. I thought, you know what, these will start going to handle. They'll get the bounce of the ball in the second half, and I think they can run away with it. They really went downhill the second half. To the Broncos' credit, they dug in. They're showing a bit of ticker that we haven't seen in previous years, which yep. is uh, you know, a lot of what you, you, you're after as a Broncos fan. Uh, and, and they played good footy, um, yep. and they, did, they need to win the game. And as I said, I wouldn't be too discouraged by it as a Sharks fan. It was just one of them nights where things did not go their way, yep. or whether it was... Um, self-destruction or other factors but uh, yeah, Broncos fans can be very happy with that one. Yep. Matty? I think as well going off tomorrow mind we all saw Stags try which is just incredible and, and you're right the battle between Stags and Talakai was, was awesome but um, tomorrow mind's pass to Stags for that try was perfect mm. absolutely perfect so he's definitely mounting in case to be the six. Um, my key take from the game was when Payne Haas went off I thought fuck Broncos Broncos could be in big trouble here but that's when we said as I said before, like someone like Flegler, who just, I couldn't believe how well he played, like some of the offloads he was, th- he was throwing. And I think his offload was the one that um, led to Cable's try. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I thought, I thought the Broncos were really good. And I, I remember watching the game thinking, like, they, when these guys pull it together, they're, they're a freaking good team. And I really, like, I know we're not going to talk about next week, but I think that South Broncos next Thursday is going to be an absolute cracker. Yeah, for sure. Uh, like I know I've said it quite a few times, but when you're like, I just let's just look at their backline. I honestly believe that backline on paper is as good as any backline in the comp, and I'm talking about outside backs here. Uh, now you could say, you could say, maybe fullback we're we're a bit light at the moment, but when you're talking about out like centers and wingers, and I just think that's a good example of like. We're not as far off as some people think, but we're also not going... We're not as good as well as some people think. We've got to earn... We haven't earned the right. We've got a lot of young guns that haven't earned the right to say that we are one of the next teams to go forward. There was a number of times in this game where Brisbane made a mistake, and you've got a few of them written down here where I thought... In capitals. Ah, oh, shit. Yeah. <laughs> Gamble, a forward pass on the first fucking tackle. Ridiculous. <laughs> Katewell, kicking on the second tackle. Fuck me dead. Hold the ball. <laughs> I love that you're sitting at home watching Fuming. them putting your phone on capitals to write something like fucking... Because I'm that. so that's mad. unreal, yeah. Because that stuff like that, is, it frustrates the shit out of me. Because yeah. like those two things... And I'm sure Kate will be like, he's way more successful footy player than me. He understands. I'm not like, but, not but, saying. but there was that kick on second tackle. It's stupid. The, the Reynolds out on the full where I thought, oh, fuck, here we go. Yeah. They're welcoming the Sharks back in, but they just held on. Yeah. They just, um, yeah, I, I thought that, you know, we obviously mentioned how well Staggs and Adam Reynolds as well did on Sifatalakai getting up in his face. And that's where I sort of thought that, you know, if you would have put Reynolds on the other side of the ball, he would have identified what they were doing and he would have put it in behind Stags just to give them a few warning shots. You send the ball to the far left, you drag Will Kennedy over there, you bring it back as they're shooting up, you put it over the top. But they just never seemed to... And it's like the Sharks didn't adjust to what was happening. We have to remember, like, Hines is a new seven. Yep. And Moylan has never been that guy. He's always been tip of the spear kind of six. And I think this is the first probably time we've seen with... 
we've been reminded that Hines is still learning the position. Yeah, for sure. Uh, and that is going to take time. And he'll, he'll take a lot of lessons out of that. Then, uh, yeah, might have been something that, you know, Craig Fitzgibbon as well. But they'll look back on the tape yeah. and go, fuck, we, we, we should have adjusted that. He's a rookie coach as well. So that was just what I just kept waiting for Hines to, you know, yeah. put it behind early to make stags turn around but uh, they never did so and but credit to Brisbane mate fuck mm. great little win uh, my thoughts on Brizzy so I think uh, great fantastic win I think that the, sh- the Sharks probably played worse than the Broncos played really well if you know what I mean like the Sharks did play poorly like a lot of their last tackles and a lot of their like just the last play didn't stick but I also think that the Broncos missed a lot of opportunities. Yep. So if, if you're sitting there saying, Sharks just played shit, that's the only reason they lost. I probably disagree. Now, do I think the Sharks didn't play the best they could be? I totally agree with that. But I think the Broncos also didn't probably play as good as they can play. I mean, I've got it on the thing. I like, you know, Gamble pass, like forward pass on the first tackle, Catewell kicking on the second. Um, then Reynolds kicks it on the full. Uh, you know, then there's like, there was an, uh, a, a period where, like, so Gamble puts up a bomb. Herbie gets down the field. The boys are off, all the boys are offloading. This is when Payne Huss was injured. And then they offload, and the ball bounces essentially where if Gamble had been chasing the kick through, he would have been right there to grab the ball. Instead, he was – so Huss was injured, and Gamble was behind Huss walking. And just, like, little things like that, like – you've got to get that stuff out of your game and what ended up happening was the ball dribbled to gamble and then he knocked it on and it's like bro like hmm. like the little things like that where i feel like if we had have just been a bit um those little errors i think we would have actually played a little bit better so yes sharks could have played better but i also think broncos could have played better as well i don't think we're anywhere near what we could be in saying all that it was a tough as fuck win by the broncos they lost Haas. they've lost carrigan um Tony, uh, Tony Flegler. Flegler has, is only recently back from suspension. Then we've got uh, Keenan, who has been struggling with, like he had that massive injury on his eye and it seems to have taken away from his game a little bit. I was super proud of the boys. Super, super proud of the boys. Um, you know, I think that they fought and I, to be honest, they reflected a, a lot of what Gamble is all about. Like I know I've talked about he had the, the couple of errors or whatever, but Gamble's all about like, if you make an error, ripping in and fighting for that error. And I think the Broncos, that's what they did really well on the weekend. It's like they made an error. They didn't go, oh, fuck, we made an error, put their heads down. They ripped in and defended that error. And I just think for years we haven't had the culture in our team to go, we made an error, fuck that. That makes us angry. That doesn't make us upset and disappointed and down. Oh, fuck, I'm, it makes us, fuck, we made an error, boys. Let's fucking rip in. And I think we saw that. I was super, super proud of the boys. Uh, and I think that it showcased how much potential this fucking squad really has. Now, I still think we need to go on the market for one or two players. But I, when I see that game, I think maybe we could make the eight. We probably, I still have us at 10, but it pushes me closer to going, you know what, in a year where the edge teams are up and down, maybe we could play the eight. But what it does say to me is we are on the right trajectory here. Like if we continue down this path, we will be a top four side in about, I'd say 24 to 36 months. What do you think about that, Timmy? Yeah, you said you're definitely on the right track. And, and you mentioned, I think everything you said there about attitude, it comes back to club culture, doesn't it? Which has been down in recent years. Mm. Uh, just those efforts of, of not dropping your chin when something goes wrong. It's, it's lifting out. All right, let's dig our way out of this. Mm. Um, 
I mentioned earlier, but Tommy Flegler, I thought was terrific. He, I think he's got one of the best offloads in the NRL, particularly in the sense that it's very selective. He gets the arm free regularly, but there's a lot of NRL players and teams who will get the arm out and throw it willy-nilly and it'll go to deck and one in three might be a turnover. We'll get to the Raiders later. Uh, uh, Tommy Flegler It sticks And they're effective uh, And he's worked on that too Because oh, a couple of years ago It was like Bruh yeah. Fucking hold the ball And run hard But and he's gotten better And he at did it. that Like he was yeah. coming off The back fence Every run Particularly when Payne Haas went off And he just lifted He was getting quick play The balls Like he was disrupting The defensive line I thought he was An outstanding Flegler And um, you know Hopefully Payne Haas Plays this week But he's a bloke Who can stand up there And start for them He's also a bloke who's had a lot of disruptions in recent years, be it suspensions or injuries or whatever. Um, I, I think there's a, a big future for Tommy. A uh, big future. Uh, just a quick story with Tommy. So I went to, to the Broncos last year when they were down in Sydney. And like I was going to see Alex Glenn. Um, and I, I was waiting in the foyer and Lexi wasn't answering his phone because he's a dog. And <laughs> anyway, so I'm waiting in the foyer going like, I'm here, bro. And I'm waiting for 20 minutes. Anyway, Flegler walks in and he immediately walks over to me. He's like, oh, mate, come up like... You know, we're just in the uh, the team room or whatever. And I'd never met Flegler before. Anyway, we sat down and had a chat for me. It was myself, him and Tessie. And he just, he, what I loved about him was like, I'm a nuffy nobody Broncos player, but the amount of respect Flegler showed me just to have the, I guess, decency to walk over and go, because we'd never met before and go, mate, like, come up, here's the, the team room. He showed a lot of like uh, maturity for such a young man. And also he, he was just a great bloke. He's just a great bloke, which is, it's upsetting. Like when you see, there are, you know, I understand that he is, lives life on the edge on the field. But what I can say to you is when I have met him, he's a fucking a good, honest bloke. Uh, so I'm stoked for him that he's playing like this. Because as I said, actually, you go back and watch their first trial against Wyndham, he was offloading like crazy. And I was like, bruh, just hold the ball, please. But I agree with you. I think that he's that kind of guy that we need in the – like Payne Haas, he doesn't really have an offload. He doesn't really ball play, which is fine. We don't need that. But we do need a forward that is going to have that point of difference and give, get us a bit of an offload to, to disrupt things. So totally agree. I loved what I saw in Flegler. Uh, anyone else that you, you liked? Just on the Sharkies, uh, getting into sort of the nitty-gritty of the footy side of things. We'll, just, we'll, we'll get to the Sharkies. Just get to the Sharkies. Oh, yeah. Yeah, one, at time, one, we'll at right one at a time, one at a time. Because otherwise we'll fucking jump in and out. Oh, just, just, I, I wanted to touch on, I thought Tamari, you mentioned last week, you know, after one game that you thought maybe he could be the answer to their halves, yep. uh, conundrum. And, and Gamble, as you said, had his moments. Uh, there was the good with the bad, wasn't there? And yeah. speaking of, yeah, you mentioned not dropping the chin. He's a, he's a competitor, but just his pass selection, uh, you know, it's probably not as crisp as it could be. Tamari, you mentioned last week, but just he's just class, isn't he? Yeah. I, I think him alongside Adam Reynolds uh, could be a really good thing for the club going forward. Massive. Well, like, we, we watched him in that trial three months ago and said, fuck, he's still got it. Yeah. He just needs time. Like You just tell with his touches in that trial that he still had it. Uh, I can't believe how quickly it's happened, though. Yeah. And I still don't think he's anywhere near his best either. Well, we he's spoke about, like, you know how, you know, like, they bring Reynolds to the club and you, so you're not, you, you watch the Broncos last two years and you're like, sometimes when you're watching something, you don't know what you're missing out. And then Reynolds comes to the club and you watch him kick and you go, oh, that's an elite. That's the way rugby league's supposed to be played. That's, you know, you know what I'm saying though? Like he's that class above. And it's the same with Martin. Like when you see him at fullback and we haven't, or, you know, at a six role or whatever, you know, and Broncos haven't had that, that classy kind of fullback since Darius was in his prime time, I know towards the end of his career, you know, he struggled a little <laughs> bit. Fuck you, mate. I felt so sorry for him at the end of his career. And I understand, you know, part of it was his own form or whatever, but like people forgot how good he was. Anyway, um, and you watch Martin, you go, oh, that's the class 
that other teams have. Like that's the class Penrith have, that's the class that Melbourne have in their six and seven role. So yeah, I, I think Martin is absolutely fantastic. Mm. I think he's our sixth going forward. One thing on that, I know it's a bit of a glass half empty devil's advocate sort of perspective, but I was watching that game thinking, shit, if, if Adam Reynolds were to go down injured and miss a lengthy period of games, which you've seen, I know it's a horrible way to look yeah. at things, I'm concerning like who comes in and steers that Broncos yeah. ship and, and I, I did worry about that hopefully it's not an issue we have to have but if it does happen like where do the Broncos go well we're just we're, we're a club in that point I think you could say that about yeah you could say that about most sides you could yeah. bottom you could. eight yeah. sides bottom yeah. eight, I think the top eight sides can yeah. deal with it mm. the bottom eight sides that are you know shallow for depth uh, we, we just for the last five to six years we just handled our halves situation so poorly like we, we lost Bruce uh, Benny Hunt uh, Milford, even though he played really good years together, they were asking him to do something that he probably wasn't equipped to do. He was more of a tip of the spear guy. Um, we lost Ash Taylor when he was coming through and probably going to be the next guy. We lost Sam Walker. And so we're seeing the damages that that has caused the club now. And it happened five years ago. Um, you know, imagine Ash Taylor starting his career at the Broncos. I think it's a very different conversation we're having about it's Ash definitely Taylor. definitely a very different conversation. Um, yeah, so look, extremely proud. Extremely proud. I think Corey Oates, man. I think he's been fantastic. And matter of fact, I would have Oates and Coates as my wingers for Queensland. I think he's back in red hot form. I really do. Two big bodies on the edge there. Can kick across. Like, you always need points of difference in uh, origin that are just going to give you, like, a different look to the other team. And when you look at the, the wingers for New South Wales, they've got To'o, who's incredible, and they've got Carr. So, like, you could sit there and go, well, one thing we can beat them at is hot crossfield kicks like mm. that's a point of difference that's where we can get points from uh anyway we'll get into origin talk closer to the thing uh outside of that uh i thought ricky had a much better game in defense that i was getting a little bit concerned about ricky's defense where maybe didn't he, he needs an extra year in q cup he, he's absolutely gonna he's a first grader he's gonna be a long-term first grader he's got everything that you need but i, I thought on the weekend his defense was fantastic uh Payne has you know he, he got taken off but he was 135 meters I actually think Corey Jensen has been one of the gems vines of the off season, and he was he fuck, he was impressive in that trial too. I remember yeah. us talking about him that week, and yeah, he's he looks really good at the moment. He for ran them. for the most meters, uh, except for Corey Oates in the team. Yeah, how, how many minutes did he play? Didn't I didn't? And he played forty minutes. Yeah, wow, forty minutes, one hundred and sixty-seven meters, ninety-two post contact, 26, 26 tackles, only one miss. That's um, impressive. I think Jensen's been absolutely fantastic. I think Reynolds, we've, we've seen how, you know, we'll get to it, but Cleary again on the weekend showed that, like, I believe on the weekend, the one difference was Cleary's kicking game. That was the difference. That was, that was like 20 points difference. Uh, outside of that, Stags, you know, I was the Hello Sport Boys. I know it was a bit in jest, but they were going on about, fuck, Talakai's a beast, he's a beast. And I'm like, yeah, Talakai's absolutely a beast, but he's only been playing center for like two or three games. Yeah. Like, Stags is a specialist center. Mm. He has faced guys that have had different looks uh, in the center role, so he knows different ways to shut that down. Like, you know, and as I said, Talakai still... The thing is, Talakai still had a great game. If you go actually watch the fucking game, he had a fantastic game. The difference was he wasn't just making three line breaks and scoring three tackles. Mm. And Staggs and Reynolds, with their experience, had dealt with barnstorming centers before. Um, I, what I liked about it as well, it showed the fight in Stags. It showed like, hang on a fucking sec, motherfucker. Like, I am, you know, I've been doing this for at least two years 
and all of a sudden now I'm not worthy, like I'm the shit kicker. Like, <laughs> yeah. what's going on here? Oh, I thought the interview he had after the, your game last week when they yeah. said about him, and he said, no, nah, let's go. Fucking oath. Okay, yeah. It's like, like I thought it was that's what I was saying to like Tom and Eddie. Like, I know I was in jest, but I was like, motherfuckers, have you seen his highlights? Like, I know Talakai bump blokes, but this guy has nearly the same fend highlights as Greg Inglis at the moment. Just the fend bit, not, not the other, all the other crazy <laughs> shit that Greg Inglis did. Um, and, and to be really clear, Talakai still played outstanding. He, he went for 160 metres and 75 post contact. Yeah, like, let's be real here. What do you got there? I, like everyone, was like so frothing for the for the matchup. But at the back of my mind, I thought, there's a chance these matchups can just be a little disappointing. Like, they don't live up to whatever. But when you watch that first five minutes and then Stags and Reynolds and that, like, just went at Talakai, you just yeah. knew it was going to be fucking awesome. And that's, and that's exactly what it was. That's what, I lo- that's what I want to steer the Broncos. Like, if we lose going at people, I'm happy with that. I'll take that every day of the week. I just want us to fucking just get angry. Get angry and be like, fuck you. Like, you're the man? All right, let's fucking see. And that's what the Broncos of yesteryear, we were almost like arrogant. Like, we, we were almost saying, we are the shit, motherfucker. And if you want to test it, let's go. And I think that we, we lost that a little bit. And we saw it on the weekend. I, I thought there was a real Broncos performance where even though we weren't at our best, we still got the job done. So super, super proud of the boys. And we're, we're building something special there. Uh, I thought Keenan comes on 107 metres. Uh, yeah, I'm, I'm, I was super proud of all the boys. Super proud of all the guys. Now, uh, on to the... Oh, and also just quickly, um, <laughs> I felt like a prophet when Herbie was like in the clear, not passing to his ringer. I was like, bruh, that's something he needs to work on. Zoolander. And, yeah, I do believe though that he had a good game. I, I thought he played fantastic. I actually thought he was one of our best. It's just that he's just got to learn that the space is going to be like your job as a center usually or a lot of the time is to create space for your winger whereas i think herbie is focused on ripping and tearing like get it forward as much as possible and get meters uh and so i that's going to take time that's going to take time um but it's definitely something that he he does need to work which it almost makes it more impressive what herbie's doing every week because every team knows he's not going to pass a football yeah 100 percent, absolutely if he starts to throw in two or three passes a game honestly he's one of the best ball running backs in the competition period in my opinion because like he's 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 in a team that was getting no go forward and he's getting the meters he's getting so you know that this is me i think herbie can be long-term outside back for us next 10 years these are just little things i'm sure he'll eventually um pick up on because it's like bruh you got Corey Oates outside jar that motherfucker if he gets one on one he's probably gonna score well that's the other thing like credit to Corey he ran for 200 metres and he's not getting good ball yeah crazy he, he is he, he is solely impressing us and I agree with you I don't think he's far off origin at the moment he is solely doing it just out of tough carries yeah. and going and looking for the ball and himself. breaking games open yeah. that, that line break he made changed the whole game if Corey Oates doesn't make that line break do we win the game maybe not like that was a great run how bad was that set after that line break, though? Yeah, no. Fucking hell. Good God. Yeah, it was tough. But that, that's what I mean. Like, we got a lot of improvement in us. Yeah, the, the, yeah. What I love to see is, like, it was the the thing that won us the game was our attitude. Yeah. With a bit of extra class. Like, Martin is just – I think him and, you know, I'm going to have to say it because I'm obviously Broncos biased, but could you imagine we go Reynolds, Martin, Munster back at fullback? <laughs> you know, spend a million bucks, put him at fullback. And we all know Munster, a fullback, is a motherfucker. Yeah. Uh, anyway, manager, his manager has said that they're interested in speaking to the Broncos. I always knew that because I know how much Munster uh, loves the Broncos. I've been saying it for like, what, you reckon, a year and a half now? 
about C- certainly as long as I've been here. Yeah. yeah, yeah, ages about Munster. I think will speak to the Broncos at some stage in his career to try and come back. Sharky's thoughts, Guru? Yeah, as I said, I, I was a little bit disappointed uh, they didn't sort of change up their game at all once you could see what Brisbane uh, were doing to them. But as we said, Nico's learning the position. They'll be better for it, mate. You look at the Sharks, like their stat sheet. Like I think out of the starting 13, 11 of them ran for more than 100 metres. Yeah. Um, their backs were fantastic. The back, Jesse, every single back yeah. went for over 100. Jesse Raymond has been the forgotten man. He's yeah. having the, a career best year. And because Talakai's been wild... People were getting Ramian's killing it. Yeah, he, he's a very good player, Ramian. Um, yeah, look, I. You, you said to me last week in the second half against Manly, are we worried about them fading? And I sort of went, nah, they'll be okay next week. Mm. Yeah, though, I was not expecting that sort of performance yeah, from it, them. That's what separates the best. Yep. They don't fade like that. They just don't. And I think this is the challenge that Fitzgibbon is going to. This is why I was saying last week, like, I don't know whether they need six months to work out those systems. Mm or they need 12 months, they're heading in the right direction. This, the next few months will discern, is 12 months long enough for them to become the team they need to be? I, I also think it would have been interesting to see in the last two weeks if Dale was in this team. Yeah, good point. I think that changes a lot, but still, respectfully, too, this is a game that they, they should have won. Oh, for they sure. They should have gone out and won this and game. And you know what? If a few passes stick, they do win. Yep. They do win. Uh, what do you think, Timmy? Sharkies? Yeah, so... I found it a little bit frustrating to watch. Um, one thing I love with the Sharkies is their shape and attack. So digging a little bit deeper, but I love the shape that it's certainly not a new shape, but probably one that's underutilised with the halves where they'll be on one edge of the field and it'll hit uh, Nico Hines or Moylan, whoever's the first receiver. And rather than your standard sort of block play, block play, block mm. play, they'll bring two forwards underneath them, dummy, dummy, a couple of decoys into the block play. Mm. They go out the back and yep. say, Nico will hit Moylan, who, who's sweeping. Mm-hmm. And that really uh, gets your one-on-ones with your centres and your Talakai's, and that's what they've been getting a lot of their success off. Mm. Um, they did it in the first half, and it worked. They just couldn't complete the, the attacking phase. Mm. The second half, they went away from it and, and just stopped doing it, and they looked a little bit all over the shop. We mentioned that Nico probably lost a bit of direction, but, oh, gee, I think it's a great structure, and I want them to go back to it. And they will. Mm. They will. Mm. Um, there were just a few times where poor old Nico, he was just in everything, but just not his night, was it? Yeah. Um, he'll learn. We mentioned last week how good he's been this year, uh, newish to the position. It'll all come for him. It'll come together. Yeah. Defensively, he's still an issue. Um, yep. Capewell skittled him pretty easily for his try. Yeah, t- tough though. Like, Capewell is top, top tier. He is. One on one on the line. Mm. I, I know what you mean. It's his job to make he it. He didn't get near him. I know. Like. It's his job to make it. Mm. But I, I give Hines a little bit of slack there. One on one tackle against Kurt Capewell with three metres behind you and the line's right there. It's a tough gig. Yeah. But I understand. Like, that yeah. is your job. All in all, though, for the Sharkies. It's been an unreal start to the season. It's one game. It happens, as mm. you said. They're, they're a new squad put together. Blokes coming back from injuries, dropping in and out. Uh, they'll be fine. Like, mm. it's certainly nothing to panic about. Uh, I think what Timmy said there about that, that shape that they run too, like once again, they're so well coached. Mm. Like it sounds easy to drop two guys under then fall into your block play. But when you go on 60 metres across field and there's forward subbing off all the time, yeah. it's so much harder than and, what it sounds. And the line speed changes. Yep. So they might shoot one yep. time. They may retreat. So every play is never the same. It's, you're never running it at the same pace. Yep. Uh, so it's much harder than and, people and, think. And, and people would say, oh, you know, you talk about Mitch Moses uh, the last couple of years where he crabs across field and, and it doesn't work well. 
it's different because you've got the forwards coming under. It, it straightens up and squares up the D, doesn't it? It's super effective. But as I said, you've got to have the right blokes running these decoys and timing it and all that. Yeah. Don't you? And also it. your seven or six has to get to a man and yeah. square him up. It's when sure. you go past that man and don't square anyone up, everyone just keeps sliding out of the way. What do you got there, Matty? I just wonder how much of a critical blow for the Sharks that Stags try was because for the first 20 minutes it was nil all, then for the rest of the half it was 6-0. Um, and then Stags scores that crazy try right at the end. I just wonder if it knocked the wind out of their sails a bit and kind of – because they went into half time and then the Broncos scored – both of their tries within eight minutes so the broncos scored all their points in the in a 13 minute period so i wonder if they if that kind of knocked them about a bit and they conceded those tries and then for the rest of the half you just saw them trying to push passes and, and make a few unforced errors which, which isn't like the sharks and to brisbane's credit they the sharks have been scoring points all year and, and brisbane defended them out but yeah i, I think that stags play that, that stags try was definitely the um the play of the game for me um but yeah positives i thought you said Raymond. Raymond, I thought Raymond was close to the best player, but I definitely think their best player, as I said before. Uh, Cameron McGuinness, he's been really good from this year. Yeah, he's been a great buy. Great buy. Um, yeah, Sharky's like, I just think it was one of those games. I think it was a mixture of Broncos played one of their better games of the season, even though they've still got a lot of improvement with a few errors in that. And also every pass just didn't stick. So as Sharky's fans, nothing to worry about. Blip on the radar. You have to remember where you were at the start of the year as to where you are now. The, the boys will come together. Um, what I loved is like Nico kept trying. Yep. He absolutely mm -hmm. kept trying. And as I said, it was just like that that one last pass, whether it was Nico, whether it was, you know, Matty Moylan. I will say Matty Moylan has just been so good for them this year. Uh, and there is rumours that Broncos are eyeing him off because he wants a two-year deal from the Sharkies. Sharkies are a bit hesitant to do that. If you're the Sharkies, do you re-sign Matt Moylan for two more years? I think I would. Hmm? Yeah. Have you seen enough that he's going to get through two years of footy? I think so, but it's always hard to tell with Moyza. But I just, I just think here, him and Nico, the combination they've already got after eight weeks yep. when Moyza didn't participate in the preseason, uh, I think they could be a winning combo. You know, he scored that try and he, he can just do things that only Moyza can do. Mm. So kick it on the outside of your right foot, curve it around <laughs> the sticks two yep. defenders and get there um, yeah I, I would re-sign him personally yeah would you, would you re-sign him yeah I mean for the right price um, yeah. purely taking into concern injury history and, and I'd hate to be a recruitment manager trying to deal with a guy like Moise going what if he does his tears his hamming round one over his yeah. gone, which could happen that sort of thing but I'm always saying as Guru said in eight rounds what him and Nick have put together give them a year or six months whatever yep. how good could they be like it's it's pretty exciting yep I think the other highlight for me out of this game, seeing Wade Graham back on a footy field. Yeah, well, I was going to shout that out towards the end, yeah, mate. So good. Massive congratulations coming back, Graham. He is one of the tough guys of our game. We forget this guy was snapping blokes 10 years ago, and he's still bloody going. Um, so, yeah, he's incredible. I was really nervous in the preseason, to be honest with you. Yeah, I I, to be honest, I'm still a little bit nervous. I'm yeah. still a bit nervous. Uh, but I'm sure he did everything right. I'm sure he's got everything covered. Uh, but it's just great to see one of the good guys of the game too. Never put a foot wrong. Great origin player. Uh, always been respectful. Every time I've dealt with him, every time I've asked him for like an interview or anything, he's like, yeah, mate, whenever, whatever time. Absolute fucking legend of a bloke. So stoked for him to be back. Uh, also, want to say Payne Haas, that chase on Will Kennedy. Yeah. <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> like, honestly, that's a front rower at, at, you know, what, six foot five or something. 120 kegs, getting around like that. 
It's incredible. He's amazing. It He's really is. Like it's things we've never seen. Before. Literally never seen. Yeah. Like, would you ever see Glenn Lazarus being able to do that? Yeah, and that's not a negative on Lazarus. No, no, it's just the reality the of what Haas is doing. Like yeah. it's just like Lazarus is the greatest front row of all time, pretty much, or at least top three. Um, but he physically just couldn't. You yeah. Know, and so I'm so interested to see Paynas's career. Like, where does he end up? Does he does he take Broncos to three premierships, or does he go? It's just gonna. He's he's such a freak of nature, and and it's and not only is he a freak of nature, his attitude is crazy. Like his attitude on the field is in, incredible. Uh, with Sharkies, as I said, when you look at their stats, they put themselves in the position to win that game. It was just that last pass, which I'm sure they will learn off. So. Absolutely nothing to worry about, guys. Sharkies are still red hot, ready to rumble. Uh, and, yeah, they still had some great individual performances there. I thought all the outside backs, aside from maybe one or two, you know, missed tackles were fantastic. But you look at the Broncos, they also missed tackles as well. So, um, yeah, I thought it was a great performance by the Broncos. Still a lot of improvement. Sharkies, one of those nights that things just didn't go your way. Now, Titans, Panthers. You know, it's the first thing I have in these notes. Titans could really use Fogarty. <laughs> uh, I know he ended up getting injured at Raiders, but we spoke about it in the start of the season that even if Fogarty isn't playing, he would be there to help Sexton when it comes to confidence, when it comes to decision-making, put pressure on him, you know, all that stuff. The Titans just didn't have a... They just are struggling with a seven that's going to direct them around the park at the moment. And Sexton, he's super young. It's going to take time. Stay, stay, uh, stay the course. But I think you do need to get some experience around him. Yeah. Really and do. this is where, you know, having Fogarty right now would be handy. But having Fogarty right now would pay dividends in three years' time for Sexton Absolutely. as well. Look at the opposing seven. And I know it's unfair, but Nathan Cleary, he was a young star that came in. He stood next to James Maloney for two and a half years. You know, and uh, you know, I spoke to him on the podcast. And he, like he, he can't talk enough about what James Maloney taught him and all those sort of things. So, yeah, it's it's tough at the moment for Titans. I thought this was a pretty brave effort by them. Four nil at halftime their way. Mm. Um, they, you know, I noticed that Campbell's playing reserve grade again this week. So we're calling him dropped. Mm. Like I, I don't. It's biz- like. I can understand the first week coming back from injury, but the second week when you dropped Osaka and you move your 5'8 to fullback. Well, you've created another problem for yourself now because Brimo was fantastic. <laughs> yep. So you've just created a problem where you've got one of the best young talents in the game and where do you put him now? And Tanner Boyd played in that same team the week before they brought him up coming back from injury and they've left Campbell down there. So oh, This Campbell... I don't know what it is. Like Maybe there's some that try... I don't know. Because... He absolutely is in their best 17. He absolutely... Like, he was amazing last year. Yep. And he was the only player against the top-tier teams that was damaging them. Um, yeah, I'll, I'll get my thoughts on the Titans. What do you think of that, Titans? Um, you'd be very proud as a Titans fan. You know, mm. they didn't get the result. But if you went into that game and got, were told the final score would be, what was it, 18-4 or something, you'd lead at halftime, you'd say, I'll take that every day of the week. thought it might have been a bit of a bloodbath. But, you know, they got up for that game. The Panthers had one line break which is incredible. They've been decimating sides in attack uh, this season and it was gutsy out from the Titans. Look, they didn't have the class. They, they didn't have the probably the added touch, the, the fifth tackle kicks uh, to finish sets off to really make them compete and, and be a winning chance. But, um, you know, we say it week in, week out, don't we? But it came down to Nathan Cleary's kicking game. It was yeah. just so dominant again. Uh, plenty of repeat sets. Kicked for 590 metres and two teams that there probably wasn't a lot between on the night. Clear kicking game, won them the game. Literally. So, so comfortable. Yeah, two repeat sets in the mm. first, like, 
eight minutes yeah. or something like that. When you're coming out, putting that much pressure on initially, like it's just, mm. yeah, his kicking game is so, so good. <laughs> it's unbelievable. Like I can't, it, it, it changes games. Like it just changes games, period. And I agree with you. I think Titans fans should be absolutely, the defense was one thing we're always like, the Titans defense just needs work. And I thought that was probably their best defensive effort in a substantial a amount of time. Yeah. A substantial mm. amount of time. Um, the issue is, is, is they're going forward. You know, it's yeah, like they just don't seem to have that that extra little uh, person to take across the line. Can, can I try to revert back? Jaden Cam on the weekend. He had twenty three touches of the football. He scored one try. He had two line breaks. He ran for two hundred meters and he had eleven Jeez. tackle breaks. Mm. Yeah. What do you think, Matty? Yeah, I actually, um, I thought it was very similar, kind of a similar game to the grand final last year where Penrith just were relentless the whole, go- whole game, but South defended really well. I thought the Titans defended really, really well. That first opening 20 minutes, I can't believe Penrith didn't score. Um, I think they defended about five or six sets in a row. It was, it was, uh, it was so gutsy from the Titans. And I remember last week I made the comparison, the Titans to the Cowboys, um, the difference in their sides, like the grittiness of the Cowboys four pack was what, gave them the edge over the Titans. And, and I think the Titans in defense were, were quite gritty and ro- rolled their sleeves up this game. And it was, it was good to see. Um, but yeah, ultimately the class of the, of the Panthers shines. Um, they, Panthers were a bit sloppy, but you know, the, the Titans defense kind of made that happen. I think, uh, yeah, I, I agree. And I think that the key now for the Titans is that's the standard. Like, that is absolutely standard. You cannot come out next week and get 40 or 30 put on. Or, you know, even if even if they come out next week and win 30 to 20 or 30 to 25, 6 or something, it's like, that's not... You, you've shown over the last couple of years you can't win games regularly like that. Like, you need to have good defence if you want to be in the top tier. And so, yeah, I, I, as I said, I was... If you're a Titans fan, I would be super, super proud of their defence. I think most people thought it was going to be an absolute bloodbath. Um so I think their forwards deserve massive wraps. Tino, once again, you know, 163 metres, 40 tackles. Uh, Moe Fodawaka, 144 metres, 61 post contact, 32 tackles, no misses. Uh, you know, Isaac, uh, Isaac Liu, he got over 100 metres. So, yeah, I, I think that they deserve a massive, massive wrap in defence. It's just their attack that I'm a little bit... Cons- oh, also their, their wingers like Greg Marzu. Fuck, he's been an absolute beast. 195 metres, 12 tackle breaks, 84 post contact. Um, yeah, so it's just their attack. Like it's, it just seems, I don't know. Like it's some, like at the start of the year it was really, really good. Like they were putting on points, and and now it's kind of like taking it. It feels like they've regressed a little bit attack wise, and I and it's I think it's all connected to. I think Sexton is feeling a little bit not not as confident because he's a young player, so he's he's struggling with like, oh, I had a bad game last week, like. I'm young, who am I to direct players around? Who am I to say, do this, do that when I'm struggling and I'm just trying to get my game right? Um, but yeah, I, I think if you're, the, if you're Titans, you're Holbrook, I think you, ta- you go into video session and you just focus on the defence. You go, boys, this was fucking amazing. Let's fucking rip in next week. Yeah, and next week's going to be a big week for them. Titans at the moment, they're sitting 12th on the ladder. They are on the same amount of points as last. They're just their for and against is better. Um, they play the Roosters next week, so... For me, opportunity. mate, a winnable game against a top-shelf team that will give them a lot of confidence. Yep. So it, it'd be a huge W if they manage um, to pull that one through. I've got a question for you guys. Like I, Even though like Campbell's killing it, like I personally love AJ Brimson at 
fullback. I'll be interested to see what you like. Do do you think he's a better fullback? Oh man, it's tough. It's well, like you got to ask yourself, like, can Brimo? It, it, you know, if you had Fogarty at seven, you could afford to put Brimo at six. So they've just created an environment for themselves where they don't. They need experience in the halves, so they brought Will Smith in. Will Smith, although he played pretty well in the weekend, I felt, mm-hmm. you know, maybe he can hit a red hot, you know, bit of form or whatever. But over the years, he's shown to be more of a utility. So. I'm unsure whether, you know, is he going to do this week in, week out in the six role? I hope he does because I'm sure he's sitting there going, finally I've been given an opportunity to play six and maybe he takes it with both hands. If if Will Smith can take the opportunity with both hands and be that veteran experience half, then I think you can afford to keep Brimmer at, at fullback. In saying that, I do believe Campbell offers just so much attacking prowess. It's very hard to keep him out of the side. So... It's just hard. I, I, the, I, the real key, and we've said this from the start of the year, the key is Sexton. Like everything yep. hinges yep. on Sexton, which is unfair on it's the young fella. It's not fair at all. It's yeah. not fair at all. He's been put in this position, um, so I just don't know, man. I honestly don't know what they do. Oh, I think Brimson is the better fullback, but as you said, Campbell is too good not to have in this team. So all of a sudden you're in this situation where, and I feel for Sexton now because he spent the whole preseason with Brimo next to him. Mm-hmm. Now he's playing fullback. He comes in with Will Smith, who's you know. I, I like Will Smith and he is experienced, but, you know, he has been a utility. He's come from a different club too, so it's not like he has a combination mm. with him. I'll come back to that first point. Titans could really use Fogarty. Mm. Really come in handy. Yeah, it's it was... Tough. I would love to know the inner workings of how that happened. Like, I would love to know... They re-sign him, and then three months later, they're like, oh, no, you can go. Was it done out of love for Fogarty? Yeah, respect. Respect? So, yeah. Like, was it done of, like, mate, you're a veteran... Um, you've finally been given an opportunity to, you know, a big contract somewhere else. We've come out and publicly said Sexton is the thingo. So out of respect for you, we're going to allow you to go. But I think the ruthless clubs, they find a way to make it work. And they, they envision the future of like, we aren't sure whether Sexton is going to be ready. He's got so many years ahead of him. And the Titans have been in this position a number of times. We just spoke about Ash Taylor. Yeah. He never had that experience half next to him. Yeah. Like, uh, I've said it a few times. Like, if you were to put Sam Walker in this tight spot, it's like, we love Sam Walker. He's a great player. It'd be the same situation. Any, I think, honestly, any young seven in yeah. this Titan squad, would, would, would it's a tough ask, man. Yeah. It's a tough ask. What do you think about the second situation? Yeah, look, it, it is, it's a hard one and it's, it's easy to say, you know, he's got all this pressure on him to get him around the park and he's young, his side's battling, but unfortunately the NRL doesn't care about that and your rivals don't care about that, do you? Yeah. They need results now yeah. uh, and they have to do whatever it takes to get that. So it's bloody hard on him, but they've invested their future in Toby Sexton. He'll be fine long term, but uh, how delayed is his development going to be if they don't sort of get off the canvas this season? Um, we're going back just quickly to Jaden Campbell and Brimson and, and what the best spine makeup is. You look at the first three rounds of the comp, the Titans put 70 points on the board and, and looked like that attacking team we've seen in previous years. Eight points in the last two weeks. Obviously, Campbell hasn't been back since round three. Mm. You know, we mentioned how good was Brimson at fullback. You'd love to see him stay there. He plays his best footy there, but. You know, we know there's points in them with Campbell at fullback, Brimson yep. in the halves. Brimson is not probably necessarily organising an experienced half that uh, Toby Sexton needs, but he is a class player who might take pressure off him. You've got to remember Will Smith. He's been a utility his whole career. I don't know what his best position is, but he spent a lot of his career playing in the back line, in fullback, bits and pieces in the centres, chopping, changing at hooker. So it's like, is he the answer for Sexton? I don't think he is, no. 
Um, their defence was good in the weekend. We know they've got a tuck with Campbell. I'd be switching it up. Okay, so you're bringing Campbell in, bring my back I'd to six? It. I'd do it. I, I agree with you. I would have kept that... I would have kept that that uh, spine together, at least for the first 10 rounds, understanding that we're young. Now, I, I do believe Holbrook has kind of said, like, you know, Campbell's defence sometimes can be not the greatest, but you're right, you, he does put points on the board. But now he has created more pressure for himself externally because people see Brimo <laughs> playing well at fullback. Whereas if, if he never moves Brimo to fullback and he keeps Campbell there, the pressure doesn't really exist because, you know, like you're not going to see Brimo there, so you don't know that he can play so well there because you've forgotten since he was there last time. Yeah, look, tough situation for Holbrook, but the positive is is they defend their asses off, and that's all attitude. And Tino, he's a bloody such a good leader. So I just think that, you know, I feel like a broken record, but the focus for the Titans going forward is just their defence. Like, they just need to do that each week, and they'll win more games than they lose. Like, if they're playing anyone outside of the Penrith Storm, you know, the top-tier sides, if they're playing any of the bottom eight sides, I think they win that game and win it comfortably, mm. the way they played. So... Although there is questions, you could argue more questions than answers for the Titans at the moment, still was a great performance on the weekend. Still was a great performance um, against such a red-hot side. Now, on to the Penny Panthers. Yeah, uh, I think it's hard to be up every week in this competition. Yeah. And, you know, credit to the Titans. As you said, they did play well. They would have beaten most sides. 4-0 at half time. then you said it before, clearest kicking game was just worth so much. Um, <laughs> that... That kick that he put in for Jerome Luai, they didn't even look at each other. Yeah. They just knew it was on, you know, and that's uh, you know, only the great halves pairings are able to do that. Like, I remember when, when Joey and Matty were young, like, they used to, you'd see Matty, he'd be looking this way, waiting for the ball, and he'd, he'd whistle, and Joey yeah. would know 30 metres that way yep. what he had to do, just little things like that, that when you've got those combos, and that's what the Titans don't have at the moment. Yep. They don't have those combos that Penrith do. Um, I thought Isaac Targa, he scored a try off a kick. He's, um, I think he learned a few hard lessons the other night, as much as I love him. Mm. Um, he's, he's making probably two to three errors a game at the moment. It was a play that he went from dummy half, which was mm. um, a pretty selfish one, which I think that um, Ivan Cleary will definitely show him on tape this week and he'll learn from it, all part of being a young footballer. But yeah, Penrith, um, good teams don't play their best and win. That's the Penrith Panthers at the moment. Yeah, Penny Panthers, man. They're 8-0. You know, we're like, I feel like we've gotten so used to them winning. No Two years in a row. Yeah. no one's First about, team in history to do that. Yeah. Like, we're, we're watching a historic side, and because they're so great, it's like people don't want to love them now because they're so great. Whereas, like, a year or two ago, it was like, fuck, the Penny Panthers, they're so good. Now it's like... People don't want to give them their flowers when we're, we're witnessing greatness. Like, this is eight in a row again with a half that is still 24 years old, I think. Yeah. Cleary's 24. Yeah. Like, mm. guys, Cleary's 24. <laughs> and he's the first half in history to go eight in a row. And he didn't play for the first, what, four or five rounds? Yeah. Four rounds, yeah. Fuck. Just amazing. Amazing. And it, you know what it all stems back to? Well, partly, partly. It all stems back to Ivan Cleary had a crazy decision on his hands. Burton probably playing better footy than Luai but Cleary said no no Luai and Cle uh, Ivan Cleary Luai and Nathan have a better combination they've played all their juniors together I'm going to select Jerome Luai at the loss of Burton so he lost a tell me how many other clubs would choose to lose Burton over a guy like Luai who had been in first grade but he was you know a bit of a bench player and you know fullback maybe or is he 5'8 or is he 14 we don't really know 
the guts for Ivan to make that call, it has changed the direct, to directory. I thought he was crazy when he did it. Yeah, I, I think really a lot of did. people were. Yeah. I, I was on the side of Pick Luai because I, I appreciate how important combinations Combos. are. Yep. And we'd seen that at the Broncos where like, you know, Milford and Nicarima were both great players, but they were way too similar and they just didn't gel together. But everyone else, and you'd be right to say it, you're going to lose a guy with Matt Burton's talent for a guy like Luai who has who been there or thereabouts. It's a masterstroke. And Luai's been incredible. And now the Panthers are who they are. A huge reason is because Ivan made that call and it was the right call. Thoughts to me? Yeah, massive one. They, um, I said, I think, I don't think would, probably pretty harsh on Luai who's been there and done it, played Origin, yep. won Origin games. Uh, but, you know, if you're picking one of the two, you're going Burton. But it's just combinations, isn't it? And what they've come through over all these years. And But at the time though, Luai was like a, a fringy, yeah. pretty much. When, yeah. when he made that call, Burton was this young guy that was coming through the ranks where everyone was going, holy fuck. Like, remember Burton's debut? It was a big deal. Yeah. This country lad that's six foot two, oh. big, big running six, got a massive boot on him. And the guts from Ivan Cleary to go, you know, Burton's incredible, but Lewis, my guy. Mm. And it's just obviously been faultless, clearly. Oh. Um, and there's like, I mentioned it last year, but how many more superlatives are there talking about Melbourne, talking about the Panthers and whatnot? The one that stood out for me last week, big time, I think it was uh, from Maddie from the Bleachers talking about the post-contact meters and how Panthers don't necessarily win it every week. That one hit me and I haven't been able to get it out of my mind. I'm like, oh, I'll, I'll check it again. A pretty, albeit not a massive scoreline difference, pretty dominant from Penrith again. Dead level on contact meters. So I think last week Penrith were behind quite substantially. But same thing, the, the post-contact meters were leveling the game in a game where you'd say... Titans go forward wasn't fantastic, but still locked them up. So that's the one I'll be watching uh, very closely week in, week out, because it just intrigues the hell out of me. Oh, it's, it's really intriguing. I, I actually felt the Panthers went away a little bit from their game plan against the Raiders, and their forwards were getting more, um, you know, the forwards ran for way more metres this week, and their backs were still massive, mm. but a little bit less. But I, I think that the Panthers were nowhere near their best on the weekend. They were still solid and good. But, um, you know, I think against the Raiders, they played like some of their best footy yeah. that they've played in a very long time. Uh, what do you think about the game, Matty, about Panthers? Yeah, uh, I said before, a bit like the, the GF, in the same respect, we clearly just kicked the, uh, kicked the Titans to death. Um, but as I said, they were, they were sloppy. They, you know, when they were on the attack, they made, I think it was 12 or 13 errors. I think in defence as well, they missed over 50 tackles. Like, it, it wasn't really their, their night, but they just found a way even someone like Dylan Edwards who you could argue he probably had his worst game of the year and that's that's probably still an 8 out of 10 um, you know tough night under the high ball had a pretty bad captain's challenge but he like he, he still was one of Penrith's better players um, I think he picked up a couple of Dalian points as well so it just, it just goes to show that um, even if Penrith or a couple of individual players have an off night they can they can always bounce back and win quite well not convincingly but they can win in different win. ways exactly like if yeah. something isn't working for them like alright we'll go this way like you know, they, they clearly felt their forwards clearly needed to work a little bit harder this game. Um, yeah, look, uh, look, I, I want to give a shout out to Eisenhut. I think he's been really good for them. Like a battler that comes on, he actually starts at the moment. Yep. And, you know, he wouldn't get the most raps, but fuck, he gets through his work. He takes all the tough carries and he's always over 100 metres. So uh, he was good. But yeah, Cleary, like I just think Cleary, if you needed an example of why you would nearly pay $1.5 million for Cleary... <laughs> There's your example right there. Like he's sing, not single-handedly, like that's disrespectful to their work. But let's say you just assume everyone works at a certain level. It was his 
crazy extra ability that got him across the line. And it was his individual, you know, kicking that did it. So, yeah, Panthers, man, they're making history and they're looking bloody good doing it. And they got so much more in them. That's what's fucking scary. Next I, week. Sorry, mate. No, no, I think you're going to say the same thing. No, yeah. <laughs> Brian Toto, yeah. Moses Leota back, oh, if not oh, this week, oh. next week. Like, please. Who oh. does Toto come in for? It's decision time. Do you keep the boys together on the left edge? Fuck. Uh, Charlie Staines But he's playing has to be. But Staines has been playing Staines I, I has played bad. good He's but been playing good footy Look I, I think it's that Combinations things That gets May across the line yeah. I really do Like I, I feel sorry for Staines Because I think he's had A red hot crack And It's the fact that Staines is with Crichton Which goes Well Who are we going to put Toto and Crichton Work so well together May and Tungo Like we We know They're so good together So if Toto comes back You, you think they'll move him To the right I think so, yeah. Wow. I think they'll try to keep that Tungor and uh, May combo together and go back to the... Because didn't initially Crichton and Toto play together yeah, a couple of years ago? Side. And they scored yeah. a bazillion tries that, that was the year where Crichton scored. I think it was nine games in a row. Yeah. Yeah, on and the so left. So I think even though that's other side, I, like I don't think Toto really uses a fender or anything. So I don't, I don't think it will affect his mm. scooting. Because that's the one thing you have to worry about. It's like, okay, if I'm a right-hand carrier, like, do I need to fend with my left or my my bad side? Well, he came in on the right, didn't he? Because Mansour was playing on the left. Yeah, I think he'll be fine on the right. Yeah. Yeah. Look, I think if you're looking, like, long-term at the club, you'd go, look, what do we want to do? We want to build combinations. Tungor, May, the next 10 years. Crichton, Toto for the next 10 years. Mm. Fuck. (laughs) Imagine a world where you have the Dallium centre of the year and the Dallium winger of the year, you let the Dallium centre of the year go and you move the Dallium winger to the other side because your teenage <laughs> is pretty handy. Yeah, it's it's crazy. And you're it's still incredible. the best team in the competition by It's a incredible. Lot. It's just, yeah, it's amazing. I, I cannot wait for Storm and Panthers to play again because yeah, it is ground. going to be wild. A wild game. Uh, but yeah, Panthers looking fantastic. Um, Rabbitohs, Manly. We'll get to the big topic. Big topic. So... Lawton, who, there was no malice in it. We all know Lawton's not that kind of player. Let's just get that out of the way. We, everyone knows that. So anyone that thinks he intentionally did that, you know, come on, come on. He was in a tackle. He was trying to be aggressive. It went horribly wrong. I personally think it was a send-off. I just think that those kind of tackles, when you have that much, when you're in the tackle and you've got one, two seconds to kind of make and control, like he had 100% control of it. It wasn't the first, like when you had high someone, you have one millisecond to make that decision. You don't even make a decision. It's all just natural of like where you're assuming their body's going to be. A tackle like that, there is a lot more, not, you've just got a lot more control as to what the outcome is. And I think that it's very easy to say, well, Cam Murray got straight up and whatever. But the ramifications, if that goes a tiny bit wrong, are so life-altering that we just cannot afford to have those tackles in the game anymore, unfortunately. So, and, I, and to be honest, I don't think it has any, like, when people say, oh, the game's gone soft with that tackle, it's like, what's tough about spear tackling Yeah, well, that's never been tough. That's, that's never yeah. been tough. Like, spear, like they've got no control. You're spear tackling, they're heading to the ground. Tough is like jamming a bloke so he gets bumped back. Like, that's, that's tough. Like, so I don't understand the softness bit. Like, well, I'm, I'm, super, I'm super tough. I didn't break my neck. Like, what? That makes no and sense. And that's the thing. If Cam Murray would have got seriously injured, is Lawton the toughest guy on the field all of a sudden? No, like, he'd be devastated. It's so fucking backwards. Like, it's, even Lawton would want the, that yeah. tackle to not be in the game. Yeah. So I personally think it's, it was worth a send-off. What, what did you think, uh, Timmy? Initially, I saw it 
uh, and the second it happened, you sort of said, oh, all right, it looked bad, and you're thinking, all right, there's probably a send-off coming here. And I was annoyed because I was thinking, not soft or any of that sort of stuff. Yeah. I was just like... A big call send-off. I was send-off. a big call sort of, maybe shoulder tip first, and then it's like, uh, mate, I was just devastated because I knew it was going to ruin the game yep. uh, very early on in the fixture. Mm-hmm. And I'm going, I was so looking forward to this clash all yep. week, and then within 15, 20 minutes, whatever it was, I'm like... The bunnies win this game uncomfortably. Yeah. Uh, you look at it, you watch replays, you, the, the heat of the moment sort of cools and you go, you know, there's a bloke's life on the line here, isn't it? I'm not yeah. saying not necessarily life or death, but we've seen what the ramifications can be. And as I said, it's not head high shot. It's stuff that can, it's completely accidental, but you can sort of stamp it out as much as possible. There's a bit yeah. of control over it and, you know, people take note. So I think they made the right decision. Um, disappointed. I, I have a, a slight little uh, solution to it potentially. I'll get your boys' thoughts. Not from me. I won't claim it was Jimmy Smith, one of the greats from SEN over there. Instead of a send-off, given the 10 minutes in the bin, replace him with another player from the bench. Lawton can't come back into the game, so Manly are playing with 16 players for the rest of the game. Uh, they're playing a, a player short in terms of their 17 goes. You impacted massively with the Simbin. You like spoke about it the other week, mm. how many teams go on to win games after a Simbin, especially early on. It doesn't ruin the rest of the game. Lawton goes on, gets his suspension four or five weeks, whatever it might be. There's still a game of footy on the cards. The fans get a good game of footy. I personally like it. What do you boys reckon? I don't hate it, but I also like that the punishment was harsh for this and you we won't see it again. Yeah, I, I want the punishment harsh. Yeah, I want people to be so fucking scared to do that kind of tackle. Yeah, and they are generally. You yeah. see players get in this position, they go, oh, yeah. fuck, and they yeah. try and sort it out. Lawton, it obviously didn't click for him. Lawton was just going, was I'm in. going for a big hit. Yeah. I'm, he just wasn't thinking. And that's, that's the sort of guy Lawton is. He's all in. He's not yeah. a bad guy. He's yeah. just all in on everything he does. Yeah. Um, yeah is I, a five-week suspension not going to scare them enough? No, I don't think so. No. Like, I, I think that it should impact you so dramatically in the game mm. where... It, like a five-week suspension, that hurts him, but the team, like, it doesn't hurt The team hurt can cover it. The team can cover it. They're not feeling the pain. Whereas, yeah. like, when he gets sent off and everyone looks across to each other and says, we've pretty much lost this game, they can all go, well, I, don't ever, I never want to be responsible for that. Like, exactly. I never yeah. want to be in that position where I've just cost us. You know, I, I hate to say cost us because it's not like he intentionally, you know, knew that that was going to happen. But I, I like... I think that in, in situations that are a little less cut and dry for me, mm. like there are some people that don't think it was a send-off. I, like, I personally do think it was, but for stuff that's a little um, not as cut and dry, I actually do like that idea where yeah. it's like he did something pretty, pretty, you know, not great. Like, honestly, if you said we we're going to use that system for the lodge situation where he raised his elbow, I probably wouldn't mind it. Like, yeah. I, I, I'm, I was surprised lodge didn't go for 10, if I'm being honest. Um, I don't mind the idea. I personally, for this specific scenario, I want it to hurt as much as possible. Yeah. Like I truly do, for everyone, everyone in that team, because it is just so scary, man. Like you say it's not life or death, but tell that to someone that's a paraplegic. Like, you know, are they, it's tough. Like I just, yeah. And I always think credit to rugby union. It's one thing they do well. The penalties are harsh. Yeah. You know, they're harsh. And you see less and less of it yeah. in the game. Yeah, and and, it, and it, that that specific one, I don't believe the game is lesser to, to get rid yep. of it. Um, whereas, like if if you were to say we're only allowed to tackle below there, I would believe I think like you've changed the fabric of the game so much for something that like yeah, you're going to get in the head. Everyone knows that, but it's not like 
killing blokes. Like, you know, it's yeah. towards, you know, you might get a, a concussion, you'll recover mostly. There may be some little things towards the later t- parts of your career or life. But outside of that, it's not going to like fully fuck your life up. Like, you not, not yeah. I don't want to say fuck your life up because that's, that's rude to people that, you know, are paraplegic. They're, they're still fully human and got just as much right to be happy as anyone else. It's more protecting people from, you know, it's, it's not a happy thing to, to go through. Uh, what do you think, Matty? I won't lie. When it happened initially, my first reaction was, "That's not a, that's not a send off." That was my first reaction. Yeah, I've had time to talk to people, listen to people, watch it over, form an opinion that isn't based on emotion. And the first thing I see, and I agree. I I think, looking back, I think it it, it was definitely a send off because, as you're right, like there's just there's no place for a spear tackle in this game. The thing that was kind of annoying me like online and stuff and like nothing much gets to me but this this kind of bugs me when people say oh it, sh- it shouldn't be a send-off because he there was no because in- there's no intent he didn't mean to do it but like really 99.999 percent of tackle of like penalties in rugby league aren't intent it's yeah. like accidental foul play is still foul play and he got it wrong even if it was by a couple of millimeters like jack Whiten, for example he was a couple of degrees off getting sent off on on the weekend but he yeah. he got it not right, but he was just just landed him on his back. So yeah, I think it's definitely a send off. Sends a strong message, and like Carl, Carl Lawton, he just ran straight off. He didn't he didn't argue it at all. I, so. I honestly feel a bit sorry for Carl because what he's going to go through now. Yep. Uh, when we know, look, if you listen to this show and you're thinking about putting shit on Carl in the comments, don't do it, man. You know how devastated this bloke's going to be that he's going to have to deal with people yelling that out for the rest of his career. Um, he's you know he's let his teammates down, all that kind of stuff. I'm and and. We know he's not that kind of player. Like, if there is an honest, true player in this comp, it's Carl Lawton. Like, yeah. he's just a battler. He he's works hard. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I, it's just it's one of those things where, like, it's so clearly we don't need it in the game. Let's just, like, be fully harsh on it, get rid of it, make everyone scared to do it. The head high stuff is a little bit different because the, you know, you, you can suffer a concussion and be okay. You know, you can, you know, supple a couple of co- concussions and be okay, mm. or even three or four. It's when you're getting up to the like eight or nine. Mm. And I think that this, the systems we're putting in place to protect players from that is getting so much better that it's not going to be have as negative effect as maybe some of the players that have come before. Uh, so, yeah, look, uh, sucks for Manly. I, I totally get that, but it's just one of those tackles that it adds nothing to the game, and also it's so dangerous. Uh, and also, I want to be really clear, you know, if you are a disabled person, that doesn't make you less of a person or anything like that, you know, at all. You just as much as, just as, maybe even more important to society that we take care of people that are disabled. It's more just about the process of having that happen to you. Um, it's sad. It's sad if that does yeah. happen. Uh, anyway, uh, on to the game. Manly versus Rabbitohs, 40 to 22. This is going to be a bit hard to talk about because it's not really... I actually think... The Rabbitohs probably should have played a bit better. I thought that they they should have been way more ruthless. To maybe the maybe the Seagulls were so heroic that they were just so good, but for the Rabbitohs to be behind for a period in that game, I was a bit concerned with the Rabbitohs going. Boys, like this is an opportunity to be ruthless, and I don't think they were that ruthless until the end of the game. And I don't think South have ever been a ruthless side. Yeah, like you you look at Melbourne, you look at Penrith. You know, you're drowning in the pool. They'll put the hose in your mouth. Mm. South Sydney have never really been that side. Um, it, it is hard. I, I think when I watch teams, it looks like it is hard to play with 12 because you constantly feel like 
should be an overlap yeah. here. We should be getting here. Like, and Manly, like, to their credit, I know South should have won by more, but fuck Manly showed up. Mm. They really did lift, um, considering you know how we've seen other teams play with 12 for a 10-minute period, considering how they played for 12 with a 72-minute period. I thought Manly really had a crack in this guy. Mm. Yeah. What do you think, Timmy? Yeah, I think when there's a, a send-off in a game, you can a side can almost become just a bit too complacent and go, look, particularly in the eighth minute just here, then, you really shouldn't be losing the game of footy. You probably know you're not going to lose a game of footy, particularly when you're South Sydney, who are yeah. a very good footy side, who are ruthless in attack. And you can get complacent and you can go too wide, too early, just expecting those overlaps to happen, those gaps to occur. But, you know, you still have to earn the right, don't you? They, yeah. They've lost one player. It's not the, the end of the world with it. Uh, Manly, on the other hand, if they've shown up slow and there's a few players they go, I don't want to beat it out of, you know, whatever, they immediately go, shit, we have to turn up here for the next 72 minutes because if we don't, it's going to get ugly very quickly. Yep. And I feel like that's kind of what happened with this game. The Bunnies went, we're going to trounce them. Manly have lifted for it. And the score unreflected that, in my yeah. opinion. And if you're a Bunnies fan, it's, it, Matty will tell us in a second, but... You know, you're not overly impressed by it, but it's, it's hard to assess a game. Yeah. The win's a win. It was such a weird yeah. thing. What do you think, Matty? Yeah, um, pretty frustrating to let in four tries, being 13 on 12, especially the first two. That's what up. I mean. Like, they put points on. Yeah. Well, you know? they, they, they led 10 nil after it. Didn't after they? it. it was, yeah. So it was nil all. The send-off was nil all. Yeah, and then it was 2 nil. 20 minutes after, it was 10 nil to Manly. Yeah. Um, and I think as well, as good as Manly played, like, I'm sure Martin DePau would love the last minute of the first half back. Because that led that led that offload led to a try like, mm. like, South, yeah. It, it, and they were, I don't think they were patient enough either. The the Rabbitohs. like every time they got down there, they'd score. But it, it just seemed like they were, they were trying to like go too wide too often yeah. in the middle of the field. Well, it's what Timmy said. Timmy's absolutely right. Like that player goes off and you go, oh yeah. yeah. We we should spin it. Why wouldn't we spin it? We got a, yeah. a, a an overlap. Uh, and it just creates a different mindset. So, yeah. I also love that Cody Walker scored in game 150. Oh, and was the man. best player on the field. That, if anyone has a, you know, if you love footy, go and watch Rabbitohs uh, little documentary, like not documentary, it's like 10, 10 minutes long. And it's Walker talking about the journey to 150 games. It's great. It's really, really good. It's on Rabbitohs Instagram. It's really, really cool to see. Um, um, but yeah, I've. Other than that, for South, like Ilias, Ilias was all right. Um, but yeah, just I don't, I, don't, I really didn't, I, I didn't know how to feel at the end of that game because I was yeah. like, fuck. I, I reckon after watching Brisbane the night before as well, I th- that's what, that's why I said it, I reckon it's going to be a really good game next yeah. week. It's interesting because like I think we all had the same reaction to that tackle. Like when I first saw it, I was like sent to the field. What the fuck? Mm. And it wasn't until I like like that emotion took it back and go, oh, you know what? It's probably the right, it was probably the right call. Oh, I think what Tim said is perfect though, that you knew it was in the eighth minute, you knew it was going to fuck the game. That's what, yeah, you knew Friday night was cactus all yep. of a sudden, it just doesn't. And know. also like, I was being biased of like, you know, Lawton's not that kind of player. Yep. Cam Murray got up, like there's no damage, no harm, no foul. But then when I like cooled down a bit, I was like, I think even Maddie messaged me probably like 10 minutes later. Mm. I was like, nah, fuck, that is, that is absolutely a send off. Um, Outside of that, uh, yeah, I wrote the tips. Uh, Rabbitohs have got to be patient. Uh, Tass, I thought we – look, he had a mixed game. Yeah. He, he did some really good things and you're going, fuck, the Rabbitohs have found their centre. Their left centre or right centre? Left centre. Left centre. But just the errors, man. He's got us – if you, you, you're playing NRL, you can't have that. You cannot have that in your game, especially if you're not Manu Vatavai. Like you, 
you just you just can't. So I'm, I hope he learns from that uh, because I think he showed a ton of potential. Do you give him next? Like, is, is Tane suspended for one or two? Yeah, weeks? one. So, so I, I give him another week. Yeah, I give him another. Another. I think he showed enough to go. Oh, there might be something here, like uh, a long term. And center. respectfully to Tane, yes, Tass made a couple of mistakes. Tane makes mistakes every week yeah, too. Like yeah. it's not like they, they are. I, I think they're pretty equal at the moment. So it'll be interesting. I, I think so out. too. But I think that Tane's had like quite a few games to to show himself. Whereas if I'm Rabbitohs, I'm going. Look, let's see what Tusk can do. Give him another. Also, South. Backline, I think, needs a bit of speed, and yeah. Tass, Tass is quite quick. They need a game-breaker back there. They, they really do. Um, yeah, so so Rabbitohs, look, I, I think uh, Ilias is getting better each week. I really do. Um, outside of that, it was it's just a hard game to get a read on because you just don't know, like, were they complacent? Was Manly really good? Did they circle the wagon? Like, you just don't know. But the thing is, they got the win. They scored a bunch of points in the end. Uh, I, th- I think Keon continues to really show like he's becoming a top, top tier wide running forward. I think last year you looked at him like, oh, look at this rookie that's having a, a solid, a really good game, maybe every second or third one. This year, he's gone to that next level like, oh, this guy is actually affecting games outcome week in, week out. And we spoke about it at the start of the year. You know, obviously the South Sydney left edge is unbelievable. They were incredible last year. But if you were the left edge second rower, mm. you wouldn't touch the ball for two and a half weeks. Mm. You, yeah. you were a decoy every single week. Him moving to the right, I think it's been fantastic for him. You can finally see uh, the attacking upside that obviously Brad Fittler could see last year. Yeah, yeah. Into that camp. Even that when he went into that camp, I was like, mm, I don't know if he's ready yeah. to be in the camp yet. But Freddie just gets it, man. He knows. What, what, what do you think? Anything else about Rabbitohs, Timmy? Uh, not too much. I said, just such a hard game to line up. There yeah. were moments where I saw Cody Walker, who's had a pretty slow start to the year by his lofty standards, and I was going, he's finding his feet here, Cody. He's coming good. But then you had to sit back and go, 12 blokes. Yeah. Uh, is he, uh, he looked better, don't get me wrong, far better. But I still want to see him, like, there's, he's not where he was last year. Yeah. It'll come, but not quite. Yeah, no, I, I, I think, I think uh, as always, I think that people have been a little bit too harsh on Walker. <clears throat> but I also think that, yeah, you're right, he hasn't been as good as he has last year. I think he'll grow into it by the end of the year. I think as well, South, just to finish off, South are probably the hardest team in the comp to get a read on because there's been eight weeks. The first four weeks, they were one from three, one from four, but they lost to the top dogs and everyone was like, oh, yeah, they came out of this really well. They played really well, even though they got the one, on the one win. Now everyone's kind of saying, oh, I lost against the Tigers, okay against Manly. But they've won three of the last four and lost one by a field goal. So they're sitting six. They're sitting six. It's it's they're a tough team to get a read on. And, and I, I think I said a few weeks ago, they're probably the only team in the comp that you just have to take it week by week. Yeah. Like you literally just cannot predict. And it was the same thing last year. They got beaten twice by fifty, twice by fifty, and they were one pass away from winning a grand final. And I I think that's just who South are. Like yeah, they're well, just they're, they're, be yeah. up and they're down. They're one of those teams. They're they're good when you expect them to be bad. Yeah, and you expect them to be good. Yeah, they're I mean, average. Like as you said, we have to remember. They went down to Melbourne and lost by a point against this Melbourne side who is nearly averaging 50 points a game. Like, that's incredible. So, yeah, Rabbitohs, uh, do I wish they would be a bit more ruthless sometimes? Yes, but is it in their DNA? Maybe not. Maybe not. Uh, so, anyway. It's, before I move on, yeah. sorry. It's an interesting one with uh, seeing the different coaching styles between Demetrio and Wayne Bennett. Uh, Bennett... The Bunnies will often start a bit slow in the season and because Bennett 
manages his players throughout the season. We saw yeah. Cam Murray in particular, Jai Arrow playing less minutes early on in the season, getting towards the back end of the comp, builds their minutes, builds their game time, and then they're ready to go peak come finals when you need to. Demetrio is playing these guys, particularly Cam Murray, bigger minutes uh, early on in the season. Will this take a bit of wear and tear across the end of the season, throw Origin on top of that? Will he choose to rest them later on in the season or, or through the Origin period like Bennett did? I'm sure he will because he'll have learned off the master coach, yeah. but um, just very different approaches. Yeah, very different approaches. It's going to be very interesting. And also, like, they're in very different parts of their career. Like, Demetrio needs wins now, mm, yeah. whereas Bennett could True. be like, yeah, I don't care. You know what I mean? Like, if I have a bad season, what are you going to say about it? Demetrio is literally sitting there going, if I have a bad season, like, people might start saying, I yeah. don't deserve to be a coach. So it's hard to – that's what – I don't, I don't think coaches get enough credit for like when you say, well, why didn't you pick this player or why didn't you pick that player? It's like, bro, because my fucking job's on the line. <laughs> yeah. like, I, fuck, like I'm trying to get wins now. And that's actually also why like a lot of NFL teams, they separate recruitment from the coach. Because if you're in recruitment, you're recruiting long-term. Well, you should be. You should be fucking recruiting long-term. And about plans like building towards something in 10 years' time. Whereas if you're a coach, you're trying to get re-signed pretty much every single year. Like it... You can get sacked like that as a coach. So your your uh, incentives are totally different. Like this one, they're thinking about building a long-term club. Yes, we may drop some games early on, but we want to win a premiership in four years. This guy's thinking, if I don't win games, I literally lose my job. And I don't think coaches get enough credit for that where they, you know, for example, you could look at Hook and go, fuck, why isn't Hook putting Sloan in? Like he's, and I still think Hook, Sloan should be in there, but I understand Hook's uh, desire to be like, look, I need wins now. Like, my, my job was already under pressure. Yes, I extended, but people were saying, I can't believe Hook got extended. So I'm going to put an experienced guy in there that I know, yes, he may not play 9 out of 10 like Sloan, but I know for sure he's not going to play like a 5 out of 10 and drop three balls or whatever. So it is something that coaches don't get that much credit for. Um, we'll, we'll try to move everything along, guys. Uh, <laughs> don't want to be here for seven hours. Uh, now, on to Manly. Very hard game to judge, but what we can motherfucking judge is Schuster... Oh, was the forgotten man. This motherfucker adds so much. He is a motherfucker. I messaged him. I said, bro, you're a motherfucker. I didn't really say that. I said you played really well. <laughs> um, mate, that, this, they're a different side with him in the side. Like, I cannot believe how much... I did not expect him to come back in and affect the game the way he did. He truly affected the game to the point where he was uh, forcing Rabbitohs to, like, he had them not panicked, but you know what I mean. Like, oh shit! Like, they weren't expecting that kind of ball playing on the edge there. Uh, so, what, what did you guys think about? What did you think, Gurino, about Schuster's performance? Mate, they've got halves that have played five hundred games, and he was the vocal point on day crazy. one when he returns. It was crazy. It's insane. And you think next week they'll bring Olakwatu back on the right edge, turbo at fullback? Like this team that they've regressed the most out of any team. They could explode over the next few weeks. And, yeah, Schuster, uh, you can tell, like, like match fitness-wise, it's going to take him a few weeks, as it should. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, to have the impact that quickly, that was like when um, Floody Mateo used to be at his best. He's just holding up three and four guys and the ball would just pop out from everywhere. Incredibly impressive. And, yeah, credit to him because those two halves, they just zing the ball to him straight yeah. away. The earlier he got it, the better. The better. It's crazy. Incredible. What do you think, Timmy? How good is a ball-playing back rower with, with, with a craft? Because, you know, you have these hard-running, line-running back rowers and they'll run block play after block play for them and it's effective. They'll just get early ball to him and it's, you're going... He'll dummy and go himself. Mm. He'll go inside, he'll go outside, he'll grub through the line. It's just more exciting to watch as a footy yeah. fan, isn't it? Yeah. What Schuster brings to, to a game of footy. Uh, I just can't believe how 
it was a hammy injury that kept him out, I'm pretty sure, the first part of the season. Just how nimbly he looked. As you said, he'll get fitter and he'll, he'll trim up and he'll get faster. I'll tell you what, if there's one club that's invested in hammy rehab, yeah. it's mainly yeah. motherfucking seals. Those guys probably spend a million dollars a year on hammy rehab. So they were like, look, here's Tommy's program, motherfucker. You're going to have golden hamstrings by the end of this. Because if we, we, if we have another guy go for a hammy, we're going to get fucking booked. But yeah, mate, I totally agree. Exciting. Uh, I do think physically he's probably a bit underdone. You, you could say like, uh, I think that he could probably afford to get a little bit fitter, but that'll come with time. That, that'll come with as the games go on. What do you think, Matty? Unshamedly South fan, every time he touched the ball, I was literally shitting myself. And, and that's what I mean with the like the panic kind of thing. Like it, if you're looking at it from Rabbitoh's perspective, every time she's got the ball, it was yeah. like, oh shit. Like we are, when we thought we weren't short of numbers, we're short of numbers. When we thought we had the short ball runner, we didn't have the short ball runner. I kind of felt like he injected himself into the game a bit Correct me if I'm wrong, but he just always looked like he was there, there or yeah. thereabouts. He just looked like a, he was a constant threat the whole game. And you've got to remember, he's a ball-playing back rower who was creating space. It was 13 on 12 the whole game. Yeah. He was creating space with a man less mm. on the field. So, yeah, they've, they've missed him. And they've missed him in a big way. And, just, yeah, he's definitely fast becoming one of my f- favourite players. And that's his first game back in a couple of weeks. Mate, on Thursday, he turns 21 crazy oh it's God. insanity people don't understand how young this guy is and i remember watching his i didn't i did a highlight reaction and i was just like this guy he was playing six obviously and i was like people don't understand how rare it is to find a guy that's about 105 kilos that like i know for Lee mateo I, I get the comparison but i actually think he's even silkier i think for mm. mateo was very like offload heavy and although schuster is I don't think Felitti had the ability to genuinely square a line up, boom, hit out the back, like all that crazy stuff. But I, I know exactly what you're yeah. saying. He created that space out wide that Felitti did so well. Uh, the problem is, is the Schuster issue is only going to get worse before it gets better if he's playing like that. Manly were, weirdly would be kind of hoping, look, can you just go out on the edge and hit some, fucking, <laughs> hit some short just lines? Run line, bro. <laughs> just run the fucking line. Can you stop playing so well out there? Because... I think it's uh, pretty clear now that he probably was promised the six role. Um, look, it, look I, it, I don't know, but uh, I'd be surprised if it wasn't true that he was it's promised the six It's a weird thing to make up. Yeah. yeah, very weird thing for this many different reporting. Yeah. Like clearly the manager has gone to the media and put this out there. Manly are in a, t- they're in a pickle. They're in a glass cage of emotion right now because <laughs> God damn it. What do you do in this situation? What do you do? I'd love to see him play 13. Fuck. I really would and once put again. Trojevic in the put Trojevic in the front row. They're already missing a couple of troops up front. I think the next few weeks might be a perfect time to do it. Does he want to play 13 though? It seems like his heart's set on that six jumper. Because like 13, you've got to get through fucking 40 yeah, but tackles. What, what are you going to do? Say, say to Foles, like you're playing the best footy you've played in 10 years. Sorry, the kid wants to play a different, but like you can't, you can't move Foz. It is what it is. You got to do what's best for the team. Foz is playing really good footy. I, I think he could have a great impact at thirteen. I, mate, I wouldn't be surprised if thirteen's his better position. Wouldn't be shocked in the slightest. I could see him playing like Isaiah Yo to a degree. Yeah, with heaps more upside and attack, I, like just natural. I just if you it's six, like if you want to be a six, that's where you want to be. Thirteen is just so different. You know, like we have to remember, like they. They, yes, they are happy to be on the field. They are they want to play there. But if you've been told, if you resign, mm. you will be a six. And then all of a sudden, you're fucking making 40 tackles a game and you've got Cam Murray getting on his hands and knees every... Get quick play the balls, two-second quick play the balls, and you're back in a pack and get back up to the line speed. Whereas out at six, you know, you make 
10 to 15 tackles a game. Mm. It is a big ask of a young guy to go, hang on a sec, we know you pro- we promised you six, but now we need you to go out there and get your absolute ring worked out. What do you think, Timmy? Yeah, I, I think it's another case of don't fix what ain't broken. Uh, I think he's excellent on the edge. I know we're talking about if he wants to play in the halves and if you're forced to make decisions, but I'm just going, look... Well, for- he was promised to play at six. Yeah, yeah, right? yeah. But I'm just going, like, mate... We're onto a good thing here. We've got a side that with Tommy Turbo back, yourself back, everyone fully on deck, we can compete for a premiership. Mm. We can do it with you at 5'8 anyway, but, mate, you're 21 years old, as you said. Be a part of something special. Let's build towards it as a club. Foz might have a year. might have two years left in him. Then that job's yours. Again, he's been told this before, so yeah. you ask questions. That's what I mean. It's very hard. Yeah, like yeah, now, the trust is broken. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But by the time you turn 22 or 23 and get that jumper you might have a title or at least a grand final or a good resume behind you. Your money's still going to be there. You're only going to develop as a young footballer. You'll have 10 more years of your career after that. Um, again, it's up to what Josh Schuster wants, though, isn't it? And, yeah. and then that's what puts the club in a tough position. Hopefully he just says, yep, I'm happy on my edge. Let's do this one or two more years, and then I'll make that full-time move into 5'8". But right. if you're in Josh Schuster's mind, you're going, okay, let's say we do go really well over the next few years. Foreign retires in two years. Mm. Uh, that young Fainu comes through, Weeks comes yeah, through, yeah. then they give the jersey to him. Yeah. And, and then you'll be turning around, people will be saying, Schuster, you idiot. They lied to you the first time, and then they lied to you. <laughs> you know, like, he'd be an idiot then, because yeah. it's like, bro, they've, they've already burnt the bridge. Well, they haven't burnt the bridge, but they already told you you'd be six and then you weren't. And then you come around the next time and they're like, hey, can I get that six jersey? You're like, oh, actually, sorry, Fainu's the next guy coming through. And you're like, well, shit. You know, so I understand, like, for them to now come back and say, look, trust us, just just trust us, mate. Let's win a premiership together. And then when Foz retires, we'll give you the six roll. I understand his hesitance to go, well, how can I believe you when that's already not come true? But I do agree with you. I do agree yeah, with you. Big Be one patient. though. Um, uh, Guru, you love your juniors. Uh, Finu, if we're looking at the future of the club and going, who are the halves going to be? And Shush is going, he wants to slot in there. With DCE 33 as well, twilight of his career granted the way he's playing he could have a bit more left in him uh Finu, can he run the show as the organizing half allowing schuster to play as that ball playing five eight or are they sort of stepping on each other's toes as five eight it's, it's tough to say like he is he, he only days. finished playing harold Matts last year yeah. he's young playing sg ball at the moment and for so. people from queensland and that what i do so sg ball is under 19s so he's actually he's a year younger than that at so the he's moment. 17 right 17 now? turning 18 yeah yeah and playing that comp and doing really well uh, but like the step up to first grade is but Schuster was playing when he was 18, 19. Yeah, for sure. You know? yeah. So it's like, yeah, it, it, I, I, the thing is, I get both sides. Yeah. Like, I mm. totally get where the club's coming from. They didn't expect Force to be as good as he was and play as much footy. And I totally get where Josh is. Well, Josh's manager. It isn't Josh that's doing this. is his manager. And his manager's just doing his job. Um, and, and to be fair, he has every right. Like, I honestly think in the best world, if they have a little bit of cap space, the way they fix this is they go, mate, here's an extra 100 grand a year. Can you just stay on the edge, please, and do your thing? Let's win a comp. When it comes around again, you'll get first crack at the six roll. I think that's probably the best way to handle the situation. You keep the young kid happy. You're showing, like, it's almost like sorry money in a sense. Like, yeah, okay, we probably did the wrong thing by you. Here's an extra 100K. You've probably earned that anyway because we know how important you are to the team. Now, that's very easy for me to say. I don't know what their salary cap looks like. But I do think that may be a little bit of a middle ground that they can find. And some people like, might be like, well, that's bullshit. Like, he's just agitated for an upgrade. But it's like, well, no, not really. Like, he was promised something. 
and it didn't come true. Like mm. people don't understand in, in our contract negotiation, verbal agreements are legally binding, I'm pretty sure. Yeah. Like you can't just say shit and then be like, didn't write it down, motherfucker. Who cares? <laughs> you know what I mean? You can't actually do that. Uh, I, I think it'll be fine. I, so I agree with you, Timmy, and, and you too, Guru. Like he is so incredible. Bide your time, mate. You will get that six jersey. I don't see a young, like Fainu may be good, but he hasn't done what you've done in first grade. And you know yep. what? A lot of players haven't done what you've done in first grade. They haven't had Benji Marshall say it's the best half he's ever seen debut against him. Benji Marshall said that when Jeez. when he was at six. So if Benji's saying that, just just back yourself. The, the big contract will absolutely come. Stay fit as fuck. Train everything. Do everything right. And you'll... Even if... Let's say they do screw up. I promise you there are 15 other clubs that will pay you seven 800k easy to come be there. They'll be 16 next year. Yeah. So 16 other clubs. Exactly. So... Mate, be patient. You're a gun. You played incredible on the weekend. Yeah, still rusty a little bit. Um, you know, as, and as I said, I can understand where both parties are coming from. Manly, absolutely had no idea. Schuster, you know, he felt like he was promised something. What do you reckon, Matty? You guys have probably covered most covered of it. Everything. Like, I, yeah, I just, my first initial reaction is it was always why would a club bend over for one player's demand when it's all about a team, blah, blah, blah. But the more I think about it, if he was promised, yeah, I can. I hate to fence it, but I don't have an opinion. I can see both sides. Yeah, I'm the same. I, I, don't, I don't like to be like, oh, you can see both sides. But this is just the reality. Like the information Manly were working with initially was Foz had struggled to play a full season of footy. That information changed. So their decision changed, which is reasonable. Yeah, and that's the other thing. Like, I think I feel sorry for Schuster if he was told that it hasn't happened. But like, if you would have said to me two years ago that Foran's not going to miss a game of football in the next eight months, you. I would have laughed at yeah, you. Absolutely. If you, if you had said to me, Foz is looking like he may have two, three years more left in him. I would have said, you are out of your mind. You're yeah. out of your mind. Now, Foz, to me, is like, oh, this is actually the Foz we know and love. I loved when Foran scored on the weekend. Crazy. The first person that was up to him rubbing his head was Schuster. Schuster. Yeah, and that's, that's another thing I, I want to get clear. I know Tom and Eddie spoke about it. They, these where As footy players or sports or athletes, like you're used to growing up, your best mates vying for your position. It's just natural. Like you understand that this guy wants to have your jersey. It doesn't affect your relationship. You've got to look at Harry Grant and Cheese. That's he's a a perfect example. Like Cheese wants to play nine. They're still best mates. It's just a part of the gig. It's a part of the, the gig. So anyway, Manly fans, I would be super proud of your team. You showed a lot of grit. Play got sent off. Uh I think uh Christian uh Tui Pioto, apologies if I got that wrong, Tui Pioto. I think he's been low-key, one of the better rookies in the last four or five weeks. Like he's, I think like the attention is on Cooler because he's fast and, and all that kind of stuff. But I would argue Tui Pioto, sorry, uh, has been their best, best rookie at the moment. But Cooler defense was outstanding. I really, really liked his defense. I love how he chops low, kind of like oh, a very old school. Yeah. Like he gets up fast, chops him, to a point where they get chopped so hard they can't actually offload because they get hit so, you know what I mean? Yeah, and I think that's the thing with Kohler. We all came in with these expectations. He's just fast as side. He's yeah. going to do this, he's going to do that. And I think some people are a little bit disappointed by him, but personally, I'm more impressed by the tough Way shit more. he's doing. Because we know like, he's going to do all the yeah, good you stuff. Yeah, know, you know the upside he's got. There's not many guys that would be able to do what he's done in the last few weeks. Like, Absolutely not. To come into a, a position that has historically struggled outside DCE because he does have a tendency to change the way he defends, sometimes up and in, sometimes a slide. I think he's actually helped DCE quite a bit. Especially when you consider on the weekend, Lawton was the guy that was meant to defend next to him. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but yeah, so I just want to shout out uh, Tui P. 
Tui Pui Yotu. Tui Pui Yotu. Uh, he, yeah, he's been great. He's been great. 193 metres, six tackle breaks, 71 post contact, a line break, five tackles, zero misses. It's fucking not bad for a... It's, it's really good for a bloke that not many people are talking about. Yeah. Like, really fucking good. Uh, anyone else that impressed you guys? No, for me, I think we pretty much covered everyone, Timmy. Yeah, no, I was only going to touch on Cooler. You boys have just done the job there. Um, so some of his touches on the weekend, I was getting so excited about. Uh, he's going to be something special. For sure. Uh, again, Dylan Walker. 132 metres uh, I know I think he got injured Towards the end there 132 metres 38 post contact 25-0 misses tackles I thought Ben Travojevic Played really well too When he got on I thought his defence was good uh, But outside of that Manly fans I would be super proud of the boys Super proud Just quickly I thought Really good effort from Lachlan Croker And Jake Travojevic in defence Considering it was 12 or 13 I think together they made 85 tackles um, And DC is 40-20 I didn't know this Cooper Cronk's the second All-time leader in 40-20s With 21 DCE's number one with 33. Shit. He's ahead by out. 12. <laughs> so, crazy. Far out. Wow. Far out. That's massive. Uh, now, on to Warriors v. Zeredas. Uh, I don't know why I just said that accent, but anyway. <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, yeah, look. Very, I can't say strange, because this is... Weirdly has, consistent. Weirdly yeah. consistent. Mm. Speak to me, Kangaroo. What's going down? Mate, I might hand the floor to Timmy here. Timmy, mate. What the fuck is going on in your neck of the woods? Oh, how did you just skip past this one, mate? They were just... What an absolute bludger, hey? Um, 35 errors in the game. Oh. The Raiders, you just knew it was coming. The second half, the second half fade out. Um, you mentioned last week, and I was sort of putting a few parallels together. We were talking about Penrith's back five and, and I was saying, why don't, and how coming out of their half, it's just the back five and, and how effective this makes their pack in defence rather than attack, how good that works for them. And I said, why don't all clubs do this? Mm. And you said it's about having 17 blokes buying into a game plan. So I'm watching the Raiders on the weekend and just watching them throw shit passes out of their own half and crap offloads and just turning ball over in dumb territory and all that. And it's the same thing, it's like, well, you know, this isn't a thing based on ability. This is a conscious decision to throw that shit past and try and force a miracle play and whatnot. And it just took me back to that Penrith thing of buying into a game plan and going, no, I don't need to throw this miracle pass. Yeah. I'll grind away. If the opportunity comes, I'll do it. But let's just get out of our end and work our way into this game and grind. And, and I, I just saw a bit of a parallel in those two things. And um, there's a lot of issues. You know, you're going to roster mismanagement and a few other things at the Raiders at the moment. But that was the one I was just like, it's just... They're not not trying, but they're yeah. just not buying into this game plan and whatever that game plan is that Ricky Stewart wants to implement. Yeah, no, it's it's a great point it, because that's that's the bizarre thing. Every every week we come in and we say we can't put our finger on it. like what's going on at the Raiders because individually they're absolutely trying. Like mm. they they absolutely all have a crack. I wouldn't say there's anyone on that side where you go, oh, he's soft. Like sometimes you sometimes you watch NRLs games and you might see like a, a half that like will step out of a tackle because you're like oh like you know he doesn't want to get hit or or a, or a bomb will be put or not a bomb a chip will be put over and the fullback like pulls out of it because he doesn't want to put his head in a dangerous position i don't think you could say that about any of the raiders no. players like i think they're all tough they're they're hard but yeah the weird thing is first half i thought they bought in they all bought in they understood the process but the second half it just feels like there's they're just you're right there's no one there's no like Here's the vision, boys. We don't even need to talk to each other. We just focus on the vision. It's just all clunky and you don't really know what's happening. What do you think of the, the game, Gurina? Yeah, I, it's such a bizarre situation that I watch the first half and they play well and I go, 
a Dahlia medalist and a Clive Church medalist have scored one and set up two. And the first thing I thought was, it's come too easy for them. Mm. This is going to fall apart. This is going to find a way to fall apart. And, you know, I come back to some of the team selections and I just, I still cannot work out how CNK is not the fullback. I, I think Chance has been so harshly done by I, I, I'm sorry, but they beat the Cowboys if Chance is at fullback and I think they win this game if Chance is at fullback. I yeah. think Jordan Rapana is a incredibly talented guy. He's very unorthodox. That's his... That's his his positive and it's his negative he's sometimes. He's a great winger. No, he's a, a sensational winger. winger. Chance does not get the ball and throw a reverse fucking spiral and bounce the ball a metre short of his winger. Yeah. And I know, like, the Warriors scored the next set after. Like, it's just, I, I think they have two more wins on the board if he just stick with Chance. I've always said it, reliability is so underrated in rugby league. And yeah. that's what Chance is. He might not, he might not have a 10 out of 10, but he doesn't have a below a 7. I can't get it either. I can't get it either. And, and like part of me, I know Ricky wouldn't do this, but I'm like, is he, by putting Savage on the wing, like, because if, if Rapana is in the side, he can't put Savage on the wing. Is he sending a message? Like, is he thinking long game and going, all right, boys, all right, fans, everyone, you want me to put this rookie on there? I'll do it. I'll do it. I'll move Rapana to the fullback or whatever. Okay, you, you, you can see that he still needs time and then he brings, maybe he brings sync. But I don't think, Ricky's way smarter than that. But like, I felt like two weeks ago he sent a message when he said to them, hey, you all wanted that's highlights, what, didn't I mean. fucking work. And since then he hasn't put chance on the field. But that's what I'm saying. That's why I am it's worried so, that he uh, is doing it because of that. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? To drive that point home of like, and, and, to, and to be in fair, in Ricky's uh, defence, if he is doing that to specifically send a message to his team of like, this is why I make certain decisions that I do, boys. So trust in my judgment. I can, underst- I can understand that sentiment, but I don't think it's worth... I think CNK offers so much that it's like, just not worth it. It's just not worth it. Uh, Rapana, for me, he's a great winger. Arguably one of the better wingers in the comp. Like, if you put him on his day against literally any winger in the comp, I'd be like, you know what? I'm happy with Rapana there. Yep. I'll, I'll go into battle with Rapana on my wing against any winger in the comp. Like, that's how much I like Rapana on the wing. But to not have CNK at the back, like I, I just surprised. Like even little things, it's kind of like the rumors before the season even started that CNK was under the pressure from Savage. Like where did that come from, and why wasn't it shut down immediately? Like why didn't I don't know? Ricky can't address every single rumor. I, I, I totally get that, but I just feel like was that foreshadowing? What well, the way he, was that foreshadowing CNK's standing in their eyes of like? A guy that we don't rate that highly where we're going to say this young rookie who's never played NRL has got put pressure on it. In some people's minds, well, 2019, he was a top five fullback. Like, everyone loved him. The next year, he actually had better stats than the 2019 season. I, I, for, for the life of me, I cannot understand why CNK isn't at the fullback position there. What, what do you reckon about that, Timmy? Ricky is absolutely looking long-term at the moment. Uh, and you see that with select- selections from round one, like uh, Brad Schneider, obviously Xavier Savage is in there now. Yep. Guys like Sammy Vellamai, um, going over players like Jared Croker, who is proven, been there and done it, uh, who understandable not been there round one, early season injuries and that sort of thing, but has come back and been really good in reserve grade and, yep. and like, in my opinion, warranted a chance to be called back into this team in a struggling side. Uh, and he's just, he's looking long term, but at the moment, I think that's at the expense of his current season. Yep. Uh, and they're falling apart 
because I think of a, a bit of a reluctance to you know play what's in front of them right now. In the long term, it might may pay off and help them, but in the short term, it's not. One thing I think that has really brought them undone for obvious reasons, is they've had Hodjo's injury, Fogarty's injury, but what worked so well for them last year was Hodjo first 20 minutes at hooker, uh, moves to lock when Starlow comes on and, and Starlow kills it as a 60-minute man. Yep. He's not that big a body. Ricky's shown his reluctance to play Starlow 80 minutes. He doesn't think he's an 80-minute hooker. Now, on the weekend, we saw Adam Elliott come on and play the first 20. and actually went quite well. I thought, hooker, I thought surprisingly. he played yeah. the best game of his career, uh, yeah. year. Yeah, but he's not a long-term solution. So they don't have a backup hooker to Tommy Starling. They've got Adrian Trevelyan, who's you know solid enough, but still very young and playing reserve grade and biding his time. They let go of Saliba Havili, then Hodjo went down. They don't have a genuine hooker to take out that sort of tw- first 20, 25 of the game. They're on the lookout for a hooker, yep. I guarantee it. Um, but easy said than done at this time of the season. They've got a full roster. They need to create a number in that squad to find that man. And, you know, you might be thinking it's only 20 minutes of a game. It can't have that much of an impact. But I think it, it is at the moment. Yeah, no, I, I agree. I agree. I think, uh, oh, man, I, I feel bad saying this because I think Schneider, like, individually, he does some great things. But put it this way, Fogarty can't come back quick enough. Fogarty can't come back quick enough. Or you've got uh, you've got Sam Williams there. You've got Frawley still there as well. Frawley's still there. Maybe it's time to get some experience there. I, I don't I don't know. Like, again, it, what's tough about this is I don't think it's Schneider's fault. Like, it's not me sitting here saying Schneider's the reason they're, they're playing poorly. But I do believe that in that second half, if they had Croker on the field, if they had a Williams or a Frawley, they would at least have enough experience to go, oh, we're not playing as well as we did in the first half, but let's t- take certain, make certain decisions to just, just get ahead, just win the battle with field position and keep Warriors out of the game. Whereas at the moment, Schneider's still finding his feet with a guy like Whiten who is just out and out the tip of the spear. Like, you know, it's, it's, it's a very big ask of Schneider. But you're right, if Ricky is playing the long game with Schneider then these early sacrifices, maybe it's worth it. Maybe, you know, Nathan Cleary, he came and killed it. Uh, I think his second or third year was a bit average and he was, they stuck with him and it, and it worked. Like, it really worked. So I can see where Ricky's coming from with that, but I don't know whether... Surely they can get their experience in drips and drabs, maybe, rather than just all at once. You know, you've got Semi, uh, Valame, which... Semi Valame's potential is wild. Like some, did you see that? He catches the ball, pulls it all the way around, flick pass out the back. He's a big body. He's athletic. Like Semi Valame's potential is is like I cannot express to you enough. If he finds, if he unlocks everything that he can be, he will be unstoppable. Like he is physically super, like a superman. Um, But yeah, Schneider again, his potential too. But I, I don't know. I I agree with you. Is it? too focused on the next few years rather than just, you know, get Croker in there. and The whole, the uh, whole back line, Schneider, Valamai, Matty Tomoko, uh, Xavier Savage, the potential is all there, but all in one hit, as you said, it's just lacking that experience. It's going, sweet, hopefully it's a Todd Payton situation at the Cowboys where this time next year we're sitting here and the Raiders are six from eight or something going, credit to Ricky, he had a plan in place and it's, it's coming to fruition. Uh, at the expense of this season though, well... Only time will tell. Yeah, only time will tell. You're totally right. Like, that's it's a great point. If next year they come out and brain it and kill it, 
and their backs are killing it. We go, you know what? Masterstroke mm. by Ricky. He needed to rebuild anyway, and he did the rebuild, uh, but we don't know where that's true. All we can go off is the information we have right now, and I think it's probably a little bit too soon at the moment. I, I just reckon on the point of um, Schneider, given the Raiders' problem at the moment is how, in the second half, for example, how grossly like, undisciplined they were, and like they lacked... They lacked execution in that second half, and, and eventually the Warriors came back and won, as it has been the story for last year. Maybe and just some experience in the halves can kind of calm everyone down, bring bring that all together. Like may, maybe a Sam Williams or, or probably probably Williams is someone the Raiders kind of need short term just or to get a win Croker, on the board. Or at, like at centre, mm. even him at centre would be able to come in and say, "Boys, boys, what are we doing here?" Like I remember, there's a perfect example of this. So Melbourne Storm in the grand final. Um, they blow the Panthers off the first half. And then second half, the Panthers come out, put a few tries on, and Storm were doing all this uncharacteristic shit where you're going, what the... F- this is not even close to Storm footy. And there's a picture or there's a there's footage of Cam Smith calling the whole team in to a huddle and he's doing like these ones like... And I've spoken to him about it. He was just saying... He said, I was just saying, boys, let's just go back to simple Storm footy. Who... Why are we offloading? What are we doing here? What, what are we going on? Like... And I thought that's such a good example of sometimes you just need that experienced guy to just go, boys, calm it down, and we're going this way. And if you've got that experience and the runs on the board, if a young guy says that to a bunch of men, they go, mate, who the fuck are you to tell us to calm down? And, and uh, like, you've got no experience. How do you know what to say in this situation? You're exactly like us. But if it's an experienced guy that's respected, you go, oh, you've been here and done it. So we understand you know what's going forward. So... Raiders, yeah, look, if, if this is a plan for next year and it comes off, Ricky, mastermind. Absolute mastermind. Well done. Congratulations. But right now, I think changes need to be made. There was a moment like when I saw this team list come out, I looked at it and just thought, like, yes, they're, 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 they're missing Fogarty. So you've got Schneider playing halfback. Who you pointed out last week he's a 5'8". I can understand that one. But if I'm Jack, I'm going, fuck, I've got a 5'8 playing halfback. I've got a front row playing hooker. I've got a winger playing fucking fullback. Yeah. Point. Can you give me someone that plays their fucking position well, around me? Because I've only started playing this position two years, years ago. ago. Yeah, it's yeah. a good point. You've got a fullback and you've got a, uh, a hooker sitting on the bench. And I, and you know what? You're right. Adam Elliott did a really good job. Yeah. He's not the long-term fix. He's though, not no. the long-term fix. And if I was Jack, I'd be going to San Ricky going, what the fuck is going on? Mm. Give me someone that plays the position. Well, I, I, I think Elliott, he has to be 13 moving yeah. forward. I thought during, through the middle... He was great, and it's where he wants to play as well. And what's crazy as well is, is you have a fullback, an elite-tier fullback. You have a seven. You've got two sevens that, you know, they're not fucking Nathan Cleary, but they've got experience. They've played a bunch of footy. You know you know what they're going to give you. I, I always – I feel like a broken record, but I always go back to it. Like Aiden Caesar, he didn't have, you know – all the Raiders fans were like, he's so vanilla and he doesn't have all these extra stuff that Cleary and I would do, whatever do. But he was just calm, collected, got there, got them to where they needed to go. Um, and I think sometimes that's not appreciated enough in rugby league, yeah. especially in a team that needs it right now. You don't need a Nathan Cleary when you've got a Jack. Absolutely. Absolutely. I mean, Jack literally won the Clive Churchill. Yeah. Like, so, sorry, not Clive Churchill. Um, but yeah, he won both. Why did Clive Churchill's the Dally M? Yeah. Uh, so, look, I, I feel sorry for... Raiders fans because it's a tough tough time at the moment the, this, the glass half full though to your point Tim is that they do have a bunch of young guys in their back line that if they can find their form next year imagine that back line finding their potential next year that's a scary back line like Timoko uh, Semi Valame Savage 
Like that's they've got Kotrick who's still only 22, 23. Harley Smith will be back. By Harley next Smith. Year. So yeah. tough times. At least the, the silver lining for the Raiders is at least their roster isn't a roster that you're sitting there going, oh, fuck, I don't know what the future's yeah. like for these guys. It's a roster of like, there is a lot of promise here. And they have got, you know, like um, Trey Mooney's coming through and Harry Rushton's made his debut the last few weeks. So there are there are good young guys coming through the this The pack system. depth is outstanding. Yeah. So there's going to be a platform for these young, exciting yeah. outside backs to, to work with. Um, so there, there's a bit of light, but yeah. you just want to see it, don't you? Yeah, absolutely. So very easy for us to say. Raiders fans are going, mate, I didn't give a shit about two years. I want to win some footy matches <laughs> yeah. now. But it is something to consider, like when you compare the rate, like people that may be like, oh, the Raiders are, you know, in the same position as the Doggies or the Tigers, like, nah, no way. Not, not in my opinion. I know they're, I think they're below them on the table. Um, but when you look at their roster, I think that that roster is, if they can keep it together and get the best out of them, it's a scary roster in the next few years. Uh, Warriors. Uh, personally, this is a tough game to judge because the Raiders, they faded so well. But what I will give the Warriors credit for is they fought. Yep, they they fought in. and fought and hung in there. They, they, I think Warrior of yesteryear would have just let that game kind of go and said, look, we're so far behind, like, fuck it, whatever. Uh, this, this Warriors, they fought, man. You've got to remember, they got towed up 70 points to fucking whatever last week, 10. So for them to come back after the, they started off poorly, you have to respect that. You have to appreciate that. We've got to talk about it, though. Did you think the forearm raised by Lodge deserved 10 in the bin? Arguably, like, Freddie was even implying 10 in the bin at minimum. What did you think about the forearm? Yeah, I, I thought it should have been 10 in the bin. Yep. I think it's something we need to get out of our game. You don't yep. want to, we, don't, we don't see it all that often. Yeah. But that's another thing I think you go harsh on it. I, I don't think send-off. I think that's a bit over the top. Uh, but 10 in the bin for me. What do you think, Timmy? Yeah, I think Simbin would have sufficed. Nothing yeah. more, but I think deserved 10 in a big moment in the game. Yeah, what do you think, Matty? If it's a defender, it's a straight send-off, and I know it's different. So if you've got your bumpers up and you get it completely wrong like he did, I can definitely turn in the bin. Mate, definitely turn in the bin. There's no place for that in a game. It's not tough. It's, you know, I understand in the 80s that used to be like, oh, yeah, how tough's that? But when you actually think about it, like, it's really, you know, it, why I say it's not tough is in, I'm not saying Matt Lodge isn't tough. We all know he's tough as fuck. Like, he's a hard-running front row. What I mean is, is like, there's certain parts of the game you kind of allow slip into it because you're like, it's part of the toughness. Like, uh, you know, an arm slips up here or there, it's kind of part of the toughness. Uh, you know, maybe a half gets hit a little bit late and rubbed his face in the ground. It's kind of all part of the... Whereas a raised forearm, it's just like it doesn't add anything to the game. There's, there's really nothing it adds. So I, def, I thought I was really surprised he didn't get sent uh, 10 in the bin. I don't think it was a send-off, but I do think it was a 10 in the bin. Now we have to speak about this as well. Lodge gets hit... Uh, you know, he did get hit in the head technically, uh, but it wasn't much in it. Now, I understand in his mind, he is thinking, I don't care if you all call me soft. I'm trying to win games for my team. So I think a lot of people probably would have maybe taken the same option as him, but it isn't a good look for the game. Uh, did you think it was a penalty in, a, in that part of the game? With the <laughs> it was always down. going to be, and mm. that's what, I mean, I think part of it, I know everyone's blind up about Lodge, but I think part of this has to be put on the NRL. That's the environment they've created. Well, what did I, I put? I guarantee if we go down the other end and he puts a slightly high shot on Corey Horsburgh, Corey Horsburgh lies down as well because you've got to win that game of football for yep. your team. And I put in the notes, uh, Gurino and I said the high, head high tackle crackdown would cost a team the game. Look no further. Yep. Now, that's hyperbolic because... The Raiders cost themselves that game. They put themselves in that position. But technically, if he doesn't get that penalty, 
Raiders win that Raiders game. Raiders hold on, yeah. yeah. Uh, what did you think about... Yeah. Is this uh, a Lodge problem or is this a crackdown problem? It's a crackdown problem. It's not a Matt Lodge problem. I was sitting there watching it saying that wasn't a penalty. It pissed me off. Uh, Lodge lying down pissed me off, but, mate, I probably would have done the same thing. You're trying to win games of footy uh, for your club. Yeah. He's not the first person to do it out of nowhere. It's across the board. And if the crackdown needs to come from the NRL and they need to stop it happening in, in whatever way they choose suitable, but... You can't get up Matty Lodge for trying to win his team footy game, which he did successfully. Yep, absolutely. and that's where if he stands up, you know, when guys get up from that, they go, "Oh, he's tough." It's like, no, it's fucking stupid. You're going to get a penalty yeah. if you stay down there. Imagine Why what, wouldn't you stay down? Imagine what Nathan Brown's saying. Oh, if you got yeah, straight back that's, up. he's like, "Mate, stay down." And, and, and when you're a Raiders fan, you know, I'm sure there would have been a heap of Raiders fans mm. at the pub after you on that fucking Lodge, blah blah blah. But if it was the other way around, oh, you'd be saying, "Stay down, really." Yeah, like, yeah. Yeah, it's who, two points. We were messaging each other. And remember how a guy didn't stay down and he didn't get the penalty? And we were like, I guarantee you, if he stays down, he, he stays down. Well, it happens all the time. Fuck, I can't remember I can't what we were talking about. Maddie, what do you think about it? I like. I know I'm in the minority. I've never had a problem with players staying down. I know it sounds ridiculous, but you're either a dog to everyone or you're a dog to your teammates for not getting the penalty. Yeah. And Matt Lodge, he's, he's there to win a game for his teammates and his, and his club and his fans. Like what I whenever South do it, I scream stay down yeah. the whole time. I know it's against the spirit of the game or whatever, but <laughs> stay I don't care. Down. Stay but, the but fuck that's down. the environment the NRL has created. Yeah. You can see it. I you know who does it all the time and he always gets up, he's Kieran Foran. He's too fucking tough for his own. Oh, he's yeah. in like, he doesn't he, stay down he, all always, the time. he gets, he gets hit and I'm like, oh, if you stay down, you get a penalty. And he fucking, he wrestles his yeah. way back up and he stands up and you're just like, like, and I respect him so much for it. But at the same time, if you can get those, that penalty, they're so important in rugby league. And yeah. it, like, I don't know. It's just when, when Matt Lodge is 20 metres in front of the six, they're down by two. If you tell me you wouldn't have lied down then, I'm sorry, you're lying. Yeah, I mean, come on, guys. You're come lying on. or you're stupid. Yeah, One of the like, two. What, imagine Nathan Brown You walk in and you go Nathan Brown You're like he's like, <laughs> See how tough I was Yeah And he's <laughs> and he's like Oh why don't you stay down And you're like Bro I'm fucking tough man Like yeah. The people on the internet Think I'm tough as shit now Why, why wouldn't I lay down footy. Yeah. And then Brown's like Bro you just cost the fucking You just cost our club Like that, that, That's all the People don't put in perspective as well Every loss costs the club money. Like you, it's not like you win money at the end of the game, but like memberships, people tuning in the next game. Are they going to come around? Mm. Like everyone knows that when your team is winning, uh, crowds go up. When they're losing, crowds go down. Like it, it all, it all matters. So, look, I agree. In a perfect world, the problem is is a slippery slope. And the slippery slope is you watch soccer and you're like, this is disgraceful. Like we never want to get to the point like soccer where they're literally like rolling ten meters, holding their ankle. Uh, that's the slippery slope. It's 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 one. Of, it's I think it's one of those arguments that you're never going to get a right answer for, yeah. because I understand teams that go, we're not about that shit. We're not going to do it. And I'm like, you know what? I respect that. You're going to win games other other ways. I can get that. But on the other side, it's like, well, teams are going to do it to us, so we may as well do it. If the ref's not going to call it, we're going to make sure he calls it. Um, you know, like for example, one of my pet hates. I don't mind like that one. I can understand why Lodge does it, but like the where people go like this, like hold their neck, and then they're immediately sweet. It's like oh, that is a little <laughs> bit frustrating. But I can understand what you know. They're trying to win at all costs. So it's, it's. I don't know what the right answer is for this. I really don't. And if I'm a Warriors fan, I'd be saying, well, should have had James Tedesco sent off two weeks ago. That didn't go our way. Oh, 100 percent. We're going to make this go our way. Oh, anyone that's like like as a Warriors fan, I'm like, if anyone is upset, I'm like, are you serious? Have you seen the calls that we've copped yep. over the over the last few years or whatever uh so uh, yeah Warriors fans be stoked like you have nothing to be 
Like you cop bad calls yeah. all the time. I hate it, but I get it hundred yeah. percent. I hate it, but I get it. I don't know what the right answer is. What do you reckon, Timmy? Yeah, I'm up with you. I've been sitting here running through my head with ideas and solutions and that, and there's not a lot of great ones, is there, um, about yeah. how they do it. You can sit there and say, oh, you know, maybe if, if it's in play and the ref allows it to go, uh, you know, we can't make a judgment after they stay down, well, then there's going to be circumstances where you're like, clearly a penalty had to be given or whatever. Yeah. It's just like, man, I'd have to sit down there and have a proper yeah. thing I, to I come up know. with something, but yeah. right now, no. Nah. I, go, like, I felt sorry for Corey Horsburgh in the moment. It's two yeah. big, fiery front rowers oh. going at each other. You've got to throw everything into it. And you would like, oh, I thought Horsburgh controlled himself. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Considering how we know Corey can get, I thought he held himself And very it was well. one of those tackles was just pure aggression that slipped up yeah. into him. So, yeah, tough one. Look, Warriors, um, I thought six, Assi was good for his first game. Solid. Very good. Um, yeah. Outside of that, like, as I said, they just did really well to stay in the contest and not give up. I, I thought Aitken, you know, yes, Aitken was they, they got beat 70 to 10 last week, but that game was close for the first 30 minutes. So and it was close because Aitken made about three try-saving tackles yeah. in that game. Yeah. So for him to stand up in this game and get a try assist, a try, I think he made 45, 45 tackles, tackles, zero misses. Oh. Yeah. Big and Whoever signs him next year, they are cruising. Yeah, and you know what? They'll get him on a good price too. Get him for a great like price. a bargain buy. So... Yeah, look, I think um, Adam Vanua Blake, once again, 145 metres. I mean, he's just so con- – he's becoming one of the most consistent players in the comp. Like, I just – fuck, I rate him so highly. Uh, yeah, outside of that, uh, SJ, once again, delivering. Uh, I, You know, I know he's been a little bit up and down last few weeks. I think he's been struggling with that injury a bit. But, you know, he is now one, two games with field goals. Like, that's what you bring him to the club mm. for. Yep. And he did it. Uh Outside of that, I think, if I'm being honest, I think they're a bit back light at the moment. I think they need to go into the market for a few outside backs. There were a few times where crucial errors came from their outside backs. Last week, the game against Storm, if their outside backs don't make those three errors, is the game the same? Probably not. I think they probably fight on and Storm probably still win, but I think the game is a much different outcome just because those three yeah. tries really hurt them. Yeah, well, they, they obviously lost Peter Hicku last year. DWZ's been injured for the majority of this year too. So, But, I mean, outside of DWZ, I, off the top of my head, I don't think they're really like, – they're not waiting for any backs to come back, are they? <sighs> Realistically. Yeah, really. so, yeah. yeah, so I, I think that they either need to uh, focus in on developing these guys and sticking with them or they probably need to go in the market. But at the moment – they're outside back, just making a little bit too many crucial errors in crucial moments. Like uh, there was, you know, one of the wingers coming out of trouble. The game was in the balance. I think they just scored points. After they scored points, I think like three times I dropped the ball. And then they just scored points again, coming out of their own end. And he, he just dropped the ball cold. And it was like, bro, like it was an unforced error. The game's on the line. Like it's one, God. you know, you can't have that. So um, I, I do think... Jesse Arthurs has been pretty good for him, though. I think he's been, you know, on, on the weekend, he didn't get as much involvement, but the weekends before, I think he's been pretty good. Uh, Reese Walsh had his, some good moments, some really good pickups in his own goal line. Uh, but outside, Ewan Aiken for me, was the player of the game. Uh, now, on to the next game. Doggies versus Roosters. So I actually called this upset on the Matty John show. Did you? And I called the Warriors too for a win. So this is, that was three upsets I got on this weekend. Three upsets. Big, big weekend for me. I think I actually finished the weekend seven and eight. Wow. I think. It's good enough. Uh, but the Broncos obviously got lucky because that's my team. Warriors, you could say that that wasn't that much of an upset. upset. And then Bulldogs, like that was just a hail memory, if I'm being honest. Um, 
want to talk about quickly the Manu and Sawali. Uh, I'm sure you've seen a lot on the internet, people just like giving it to Manu and, and Sawali about that picture where they're spraying shoop. Um, uh, yeah, I just want to speak about it quickly. Boys, like, does anyone really think Manu just randomly got up and was like, like, we've watched this guy play for five years, massive, like, gentleman, never, like, clearly shop and him were having a back and forth. Shop's like, got a bit in him. Shop's got a lot in him. And he's actually <laughs> becoming fast, becoming one of my favourite players. Yeah. Like, he is def- now he is defended and kept quiet, Stags and Manu. As a rookie, second year, obviously, but I, I talk rookie in terms of, like, I think he's 20 years old They now. didn't want to pick him at the start of the year. They didn't want to pick him, 100%. Now, he's kept quiet. Like, Stags had his, uh, arguably his quiet game. Manu had his most quiet game outside of that flick pass, but it didn't end up going up. But, yeah, anyone that thinks, like, Manu just got up and was like, fuck you, I'm the man, fuck you. Like, no, like, there would have been banter way before that that shit was, like, in his face talking shit. And then, obviously, he got back to him. So, yeah, just want to get – I mean, unless you guys have a different opinion. No, no, no. Did you see that online? People were just giving it to him? Yeah, I saw – and I I think it was compounded because I I think it was on the Matty John show. Matty said to Radley, I was there chatting. He went, no, I didn't hear anything. But, like (laughs) – he, well, of course uh, he didn't. Uh, of course he didn't, yeah. yeah. He, he would have been 50 metres away from it the entire time. But, yeah, yeah. that's very – I don't – like, I wonder if it, it, it is a bit of frustration. Like, oh, I'm sure there was chat between them, but I think, there, you know, it might be a sign of a bit of frustration at the Roosters too. Yeah, Just maybe. in general with how they're going. Yep. What do you think, Timmy? It'd be like Jake Chaboyevich coming out of a tackle with Mick Innes, wouldn't it? Yeah. And Jake Chaboyevich comes out blowing up and, and people are saying, oh, they wouldn't say Jake Chaboyevich, what a dickhead, would yeah, they? Like, no. he's carrying on with something. I was like, something's gone on there. Absolutely. <laughs> You're like, Manu, how long have we seen him yeah. play? And he's never stepped before it wrong. I mean, even after the Latrell situation, like, he didn't, like, he was almost reasonable about, like, saying, like, why'd you do that to me? And that was in, like, a dramatic fucking... And I reckon there's a good chance that shopping them might not have gone after Manu. They might have gone after Suwali. Oh, They're 100%. Yeah. Like, think about it. Suwali, the golden dick, fucking gets yeah. signed, on the, like, yeah. signed on these massive contracts. Everyone's talking about him. You're this gritty centre that is in a team that's struggling, that didn't get a start. Like, you've got a chip on your shoulder. And that's what makes Shup so good. Is it Shop or Shup? I don't know how to say it. Uh, sorry, bro. <laughs> I'll get it right one day. Um, he's got a chip, chip on his shoulder, but that's part of his game, which you want. I want that fucking yeah. mongrel in my side. And they got the response out of Suwali. He's sitting there lipping and blowing up. You're going, beauty, I'm in their head. I've done exactly what I wanted. Absolutely. So I loved it. I thought it was fucking mm. fantastic. What do you think of me? Everyone, everyone loves Joey Manu, but you got to remember as well, he does play for the Roosters. That's another thing. <laughs> yeah, people want to hate the Roosters. They and want. also the Roosters, like not to ref bash, but... They've been so lucky last few weeks. Oh, man. Two of their tries. One off a forward pass, another one off a knock-on. I'm sitting there going, if you wanted to, like, if you wanted to not make the narrative that the big clubs get the calls louder, you wouldn't want to look at those last three games of the Roosters. Especially roof. the biggest club. Holy shit. How, how didn't the touchy see that knock-on from Angus Crichton? Oh, and this is no knock on the players. They're just playing footy like they can't. Man, I, I thought the, the forward course. pass from Kiri was worse. It had was to be a metre forward. Insane. Like, even his, like, even if you didn't watch the ball, just his body language, you could tell that ball was never oh. going anywhere but forward. It's like two tries. The, the game, like, without those two tries, the game's not really, I mean, it's close-ish, but, like, no, that doesn't go down to the death. Like, imagine you're Barrett, Trent Barrett, and you watch oh. that happen, and they imagine they lost that game. And him going to that press conference. He's a, he has every right to be, like... Are you serious? Like, you've got video. What I'm not getting is, like, they keep saying, oh, well, you can't call on that play before. And it's like, uh, hang on a sec. You guys have, like, let whole sets go and then said, oh, foul play yep. on video ref fucking 
and caught a penalty, but you can't say no try with a clear knock-on that's on the play the ball of the try. Oh. How does that make sense? Common sense. Like, that's, that's, that's absurd, and that's what I think frustrates fans so much, and, and we won't go too far down the ref bashing. I don't want to do that. It's not really the ref. It's a video ref. But it's like, that's just crazy to me. That makes no sense. We see games get stopped all the time for stuff that's happened ages ago. This is a clear indication. The game is in the balance, in the balance. That he has knocked it on. You can see it right there. And you just like, we technically can't do it. It's like, come on, man. Come on. What do you think about that, Timmy? Yeah, I made on with you. And I'm just like, thank Christ the dog's got the result. Oh, like it, it would have been just... It would have been horrific to see him lose this Mate, game. If they lose, that again to I understand so, why Trent would I'm, be... I'm kind of like... I don't want to have the conversation because thank Christ the dogs won the game, but you know you have to touch on it anyway. It's yeah, tough one. Could you imagine if they lost that? Like as a club, what that means to them? Question as well. The the try Suwali's try that got disallowed. Did you think that was an obstruction anyway? Because they cleared that, and Burton got to Suwali, and he could have got there quicker and bundled him into touch. Oh, yeah, exactly. And you, the evidence was it was centimeters, and so that slight obstruction yeah. was an extra half a meter. Mm. So it's like I can't. I just yeah <laughs> mate it makes no like when you watch that and you go how can't you see that out of all the obstructions that we've given you're not going to give that as an obstruction when there is clear evidence like his foot is like this close to the touchline you can't see that if Matt Burton had an extra half a meter he wouldn't have just bundled him straight into the sideline like it just doesn't make sense to me but anyway let's focus on the positive let's focus on the positive doggies what a performance what a performance. Uh, they were gritty. They were tough. Uh, Flanagan, I thought, was really involved. I think Burton still really needs to work on his fifth tackle options. They're, they're just, unfortunately, they're, they're poor. They're really poor. Uh, but what I loved about Burton is he stayed in the game. He stayed in the game. And that 40-20 was a crucial big play. And I think that he proved why you spend big money on players like him. They make big plays in big games. What, what do you think about the Doggies, Guru? Yeah, I always think with Burton, probably the thing that he struggles with the most, I think it was really evident the other night, his short kicking game when he's, when he's um, kicking along the ground. Yeah. He just tends to find feet so often. Um, I think that's definitely something he needs to improve on. That, that 40-20. Oh, I, like, to hit a 40-20 with a spiral kick, people don't appreciate. <laughs> people, like... I think we said it a few weeks ago, <laughs> take 10 footballs out of the park and try and kick a 40-20. Try and do it with a fucking spiral. Oh, mate. You might crazy. find touch on the other sideline. Yep. It is just impossible. And he just makes it look so easy. Just effortless. Yeah. He, uh, his kicking game, if he can sort the short kicking game out, but he's yeah. long kicking game, fuck, that's a weapon. Jesus. And I was watching on the weekend, I was like, I feel like not enough teams utilise the early kick. Like, how often have we seen teams just getting bashed in their own end and they're just like, another hit up, another hit up. And then they get this kick away and it's on halfway anyway. And you're like, well, why don't you, as a half, sit back and go, okay, we're getting bashed. Let's kick it on the second tackle or the third tackle, but let everyone know that it's on. So that at the very least, the whole forward pack has to turn around now. Also, the outside backs, they're not back as well. So if you get down to that fullback and he's isolated, that's what will happen is there's only going to be a winger there maybe to scoot. So you know he's going to scoot. You win that next play. I, I, I just don't think it's utilised enough. And Benny Hunt has started yeah. to use it to a degree. Well, the one that Ben Hunt did last night, he went two wingers. Smart as. Out of dummy half, just went bang. The ball actually came to a complete stop. That's yeah. how much time 
that they, they gained out of it. Unfortunately, his team didn't back him up as well as they could have. And that's what I was talking about with the, the Raiders against the Panthers. I was like, I don't understand why you don't just go red set, boys. We're kicking on the second. Yeah. I'm going to boot the shit out of it. Yeah. Everyone on board. We want a full kick chase. Then you win those first two tackles. All of a sudden, they're the ones under the pump that can't make any metres, and they can either return the kick, which they won't, because mm. they're just not going to do that, and you win the ruck. It almost can't go wrong. Like, in terms of the early kick, they're not suspecting it, so yeah. your kicker should have plenty of time. Provided the hoof is good, yeah. and they get the distance, and the blokes are chasing, again, very like easy things to do, yeah. it can't really go wrong. It can't, especially when you're already getting dominated yeah. in the, the ruck. Uh, yeah. And I, as I said, then you, you make that boot Matt Burton's, yeah. Oh. And it's kicking it from his 20 to their 20. It's like, Jesus Christ. Yeah, 100%. I, I think clubs should start utilising it more. Mm. It will really change the – I think it will change the game because that line speed no longer can be as effective because mm. you're just going, fuck it, all right, third tackle, get directly behind the ruck and just fucking belt it, mm. get that kick chase, and all of a sudden they're the ones on the back foot, not you. Yes, you may lose field position – to a degree, but if you win those th- first three tackles, it doesn't matter. You've Which got- you should. You've got wingers and centers running exactly. out of you for the whole, and, yeah. And the forwards, they're like, oh, shit, now we've got to sprint back. Like, yeah. Oh, you yeah. know, it's, a, it's the go-to tactic in wet weather for wet weather footy. Yeah. It? That's more so because of our risk minimization and going, all right, the more hit times we have the ball in our hands, the more tackles we face, the chance we have of knocking it on. But it can be applied to dry weather for that exact reason. Yep. It's like, and I think it's definitely underutilised. Yeah, Matty Burton, 662 metres. Uh, we spoke about Josh Adokar just in the team of the week, but, you know, he is playing some great footy and very rare does a winger go to a lower tier team and play, continues to play the footy that he's on. I think everyone, you know, not everyone, a lot of people like, I guarantee Fox won't have the same stats because he's going to a shit club, but it just shows you Fox's greatness. It shows you how good this guy is, that he's gone to a, a wooden spoon club and he is putting up better, arguably better, and especially the last two weeks, than his stats down in uh, Melbourne. It's incredible. It's incredible. And it's, it's why he is one of the greatest wingers to ever play the game, in my opinion. Uh, Aaron Shoup, for me, he's fast becoming one of my favourite uh, like underdog centres. He's aggressive. He's in your face. He doesn't respect anyone. I love that shit. Uh, he was really good. I remember we spoke about it uh, at the start of this year in the, yep. the season preview. I was like, mate, he's one to watch. He's one to watch because he was one of their better players last year. Um, Outside of that, look, I think Vaughan's been pretty good for them. I really have. Luke Thompson, as I said, was really good. Uh, incredible win by the Doggies. And you can build off this. This is something that you can keep in the vault to keep looking back to. Boys, we can do it. It's no longer a case of, like, we don't have the squad anymore. We have the squad. Do we have the buy-in? Do we have the buy-in? What do you think, Matty? I thought the the uh, major difference as well was the, the Bulldogs kind of won those, won those moments. Like, for example, Sammy Walker throws a, a pass out wide and Josh Adekar picks it off. Whereas in the second half, Duffy throws the exact same pass and it, it finds Ockenborn and they scored. Um, the thing we haven't spoken about is the week that they had with Phil Gould and, yeah. and Trent Barrett. Like, watching Trent Barrett um, on the sideline r- riding him home was just... It was, it was great theatre. Yeah, absolutely. And that, uh, Matty John said this on the potty on Friday, but, it, you know, Trent can't win, though, because now everyone's like, oh, it was the Gus Gould spray. And it's like, oh, fuck. And then if they lose, it's like, oh, yeah, Trent Barrett can't coach. It's like it's an unwinnable situation. But you know what? At the end of the day, all that matters is a club win. Yeah. So I'm sure Trent doesn't give a fuck. Yeah. And just on that feel-good thing, I mean, it's not a great look for Trent Barrett, but <clears throat> fuck, if you've got a guy like Phil Gould in the building, why not use him? Yeah, may as well use him. Yeah. Like, and you look through – I mean – and if you go back, the, the Roosters had their O2 reunion the other day. They did a little doco series on their website. Go and watch it. And the boys openly talk about that Phil Gould came and took a couple of sessions in 2002 when they were struggling at the start. 
and it turned them around. Mm. They went on to win a comp a few weeks later. Yeah, yep. It's, uh, it's unreal how quickly a week can change things for a club in footy. Last week we were talking about the Dogs and being one and seven and going, you know, they've had a tough run, but they've competed, whatever. You still need wins on the board. You're now going, all right, they've had the most brutal start to the season. They played Manly, Storm, Panthers, Bunnies, Bronx twice, and then the Cowboys round one, which actually won. Mm. Cows are now sitting third on the ladder. Two and eight, but they're also on four points with four other clubs. So yeah. they now come into games with a bit of self-belief against the Raiders where they're probably going to start favourites for, yeah. like out of nowhere. Into the Knights, Tigers, Dragons, you're going, all right, there's some winnable games coming up. You get a Absolutely. little bit excited. And then you get Penrith <laughs> during Origin. Penrith during Origin. origin. And, yeah. that's, and that's one thing Bulldogs don't get enough credit for. They had probably the most treacherous start, them and Rabbitohs, to the mm, season. Yeah. And they've... You know, they've squeaked, they had one or two really poor games. But outside of that, the first four games they were good. You know, they just got pipped. So, yeah, look, Doggies fans, enjoy it. What a win. What an incredible win. Now, Roosters. Uh, yeah, man. Uh, it's one of those things where I don't know what the issue is. I, if, I, if I have to be honest, when I watch them these days, I feel like they're missing a bit of their spirit that Boyd Cordner, uh, friend, Orbo, uh, really brought to the club and so I think they're just fi- trying to find their leaders again in, in moments that they need a leader mm. whereas like for so many years it was like we're, we're under the pump here oh Jake Friend and Boydo they'll take care of it whereas at the moment I, I feel like they're still trying to develop as a, a squad because uh, when you look at their forward pack it's actually like outside of Tokiaho and Hargreaves it's a relatively young forward yep. pack uh, so look not the best that they didn't win uh, Am I getting closer to start saying maybe they won't go on a run? Yes. Like, I am getting a bit concerned that they'll... I mean, some are even saying they might not make the eight. I think they'll make the eight. I just I just need to see... I'm just not seeing the same roosters I saw a few years ago, you know? Yeah. Um, uh, and you mentioned, like, the young forward pack, except for Takiya, Rear Hargraves. They did more work than any other front rowers in rugby league last yeah. year. And yeah. I think you can see that it's taken a toll on Rhea Hargraves, definitely. Because what he had to do last year was crazy. Oh, it was enormous. Crazy. At like, the age that he was at, to do what he did last year, and was incredible. I, I'm sure that Robbo went into last season thinking, Lindsay Collins and Origin play now, I, I can pull Rhea Hargraves back a little bit. Yeah. And I'm sure his preseason probably would have reflected that. Yeah. And all of a sudden, mate, he was playing 80 minutes every third or fourth week. Yeah. yeah. It's, yeah, they're, it's so weird watching the Roosters, not knowing what you're going to get. Yeah. It's bizarre. Like, it's, it's just not what we got used to with the Roosters. Yeah. And like Teddy's back to his, you know, not to his best, but he's, you know, running for 300 metres, 11 tackle breaks, a line break, a try. But I don't know. It's, uh, I just, I can't, this, the Walker Kiri is just not clicking the way I thought it would click. I think Kiri is, is really, he's not really struggling, but I, I do think that knee is it giving him a little bit of, not trouble, but I just don't think he has the same confidence. See, that what made Kiri so good, he's one of the bravest halves in the comp. He would play with so much speed at the line that it was what he would do is he would take time away for you to make that decision. And so people would constantly make the wrong decision, jam in or stay out or whatever because they just didn't have time to make a call, so they just guess. Whereas I think maybe the injury has taken away that confidence for Kiri to be as agile and quick as he was maybe. And it'll come back in time. But I think we just have to show that enough respect that he is coming back from an ACL. Um, but, yeah, the Roosters, I don't know. What, what do you think? I think uh, I sort of look at the halves, and that's the big watch every week for the Roosters. And I look at 
why you know uh, Kiri isn't gelling with Sammy Walker there and what's going wrong. And and I I look at Toby Sexton where we're saying, all right, just if he had an experienced half with him, he could take a bit of a back seat and you know learn and learn the ways. I think the Roosters have the opportunity to do that. No, I think sometimes less is better, and I think they need to go back and just simplify things a little bit. They've we touched on it last week, but between Teddy and Walker floating around everywhere and Kiri, I think they're just too many creative players. Mm. I'd just be going and saying, all right, boys, we need to slow things down a bit. Kiri, you play as our number seven. Mm. You steer the ship, make directions. Mm. Sammy, you take a bit of a back seat. You can slide both sides of the field and play more as that 5'8". And just almost dumb it down a little bit. Mm. And, and people will stop stepping on each other's toes. And I think with that will come a lot more fluency in attack. Mm. I would love to see that because we've seen time and time again in recent years, after Kiri left the Bunnies when he was playing as a 5'8", and he had a similar situation now, and Adam Reynolds was running the show as the experienced half, yep. he went to the Roosters and there were games where he became that halfback and the organiser. I think they can do that now and just say, mate, it's your show to run, you're the experienced half here, and I think off the back of that, they'll get better results. What do you reckon, Matty? I, just, I reckon the Roosters plays... Um they have enough runs on the board for us to say that we'll give them more time to click because we've got to remember Kiri didn't play last year. His ACL, um, that they've haven't had a hooker since Verrills came back in the last uh, few weeks. Um, also, just specifically on the game, what, like Josh Adokar's second try was just awfully uncharacteristic, poor defence from the Roosters. Like Joey Manu, one of the best centres in the game, was just caught in no man's land, um, which is just a blip on the radar. So. Yeah, I'm happy to give the Roosters time. If if it's round 18 and they're still, you know, playing four or five out of ten every week, then we got a few issues. But yeah, it's I don't know. I just I have enough trust in those Roosters players. Yeah, I agree. I've trust in their systems. I've trust in their whole setup. Uh, I think they're just. It's like Cronulla to a degree. You know when Cronulla won the comp and they had that real core of just mongrels that would, every time the game got tough, Luke Lewis, Paul Gallen, those boys would just fucking come together and lead the boys. And I just think they're trying to find those kind of leaders again. Uh, and I, I do believe it'll come. I'm still of the mind that they will make a run later in the year. But even if they don't, I, I have faith in their ability to recruit for one. We all know they fucking can recruit, uh, but also develop players. Mm. So I don't think it's that, that worry science. We have to remember they were on such a high, like back-to-back -back premierships, never hasn't been done for 20 years or whatever. Very hard. It's it takes something it takes something out of you, you know. Like it, it's going to take something out of you. So, could uh, you argue as well that the way they grossly over well not grossly the way they just dramatically overachieved last year could have also similarly yeah, sure. taken stuff for sure. I, I remember what year it was twenty seventeen where the Cowboys had a heap of injuries and they killed it, and then I looked at their team in twenty eighteen and went, "Fuck!" They went yeah. all that way and all these guys come back and they sucked. Yeah. They were Crazy. so shit. And I'm, I'm starting to wonder if we're... It's like, mate, I watched that game on the weekend. I mean, Chook scored three tries. Teddy scored the one down the short side, which... It was just a bad missed tackle from TPJ. Yeah. They didn't have an overlap. It wasn't a, a great visionary sort of play to go down there. Tupanua scored off a forward pass and two kicks. And then the one that Suwali scored, like, he was good in the air. That was the worst set of six I've seen for the Roosters <laughs> in a long time. They had two dummy half scoots, and then Sam Walker did two circles and dropped it back under them. Then they just kicked it to a more athletic guy. Like, three tries that they probably didn't deserve, realistically. Yeah, look, it's interesting times for the, the Roosters. I, I feel like we did kind of say it may be a little bit of a, a mini-rebuild at the club because they'd lost such experience. But I, 
I'll be honest, I probably thought they'd be a bit further along than they, they are at the moment. I, I am I'm yeah. definitely surprised as to where they are uh, right now. But I, I got faith in Trent Robinson in that system there. They'll, they'll find a way. Uh, now, on to the Eels versus Cowboys. Cowboys first. Wow. They're looking good, man. They're looking really good. Now, I think, yes, they have to face the top tier. I want to see them against the Storm. I want to see them against the Panthers. Understandable. But well, we've got to give credit where credit's due. This is a team that no one had in their eight. At best, fringe of eight. Uh, at worst, spoon. Literal spoon. They're currently sitting third on the ladder. They're the most improved team. And they've just taken an Eels team that's beaten the Storm three times in a row to task. Uh, Cowboys, I think Drinkwater has made a massive difference for them. I think the, the decision by Peyton to focus on defense has been super important. It's a masterstroke from him. Dearden's been great. Townsend's been great. Cotter has been so, so good for him. Tamalolo looks like he's back at his best, like he's barnstorming best. He looks happy. He looks aggressive. Cowboys are looking good. What do you think, Timmy? Mate, Scotty Drinkwater. How good. It's funny to say he's an injection to that team. He's been with the squad a while now, mm. but just coming in, his passing game, it hasn't come as a shock, but it is just sublime. Yeah. That basically no-look spiral oh. uh, for that first try of the game, it might have been. I was just sitting there going, that is just masterful, isn't it? Yeah. Um, and what he's, in, he's injected into that attack has been phenomenal. What Toddy Payton, we, we spoke about it in depth last week, but... He's just getting 100% out of every player in that yeah. squad, isn't he? Looking at this, the roster at the start of the season, I was going, oh, you know, it's pretty flat. There's, there's not a lot of... Um, but I just didn't rate it, to be honest. Yeah. And now you're going, every one of them players is playing to their best footy. Um, yeah. And that has to come back to Todd Payton. Yep. Oh, man. What do you think? Oh, well, and like, there's part of me that wants to say, hey, Todd, you should have listened to us six weeks ago. <laughs> but then there's also part of me that says, you know what? Drinkwater's playing the, his best footy, I think, because of the way Tom treated, Todd yeah. treated him in the yeah. early weeks. I think he has pushed the best football out of him. Hammer came on at the end and looked great, which is <laughs> yeah. just a bigger headache. Uh, but personally, I think Drinkwater has just closed the case on the fullback argument. I think so. I think he offers so much... He's so more suited to today's fullback than, say, Hamiso. I think Hamiso, maybe 10 years ago, you would say he's like the mm. perfect fullback. I think in today's game, you need a ball player back there. And I think Hamiso, he can play centre really well. He can play wing really well. The problem is, it's like, man, someone in that team I feel sorry for. I know he came on and absolutely killed it, but I would still start Hiku so next week. Yeah. Yeah. And I would still bring Hamiso on off the bench to bring impact. And I would apologise to Granville. A thousand yeah. times, a thousand ago, mate. Times. I'm so Absolutely. sorry. It just. I, <laughs> I mean, I can't believe Hamiso came on to do that though. Like, yeah. you, like, you know what I mean? Like, are you fucking serious? Like, come straight on, makes two line breaks. I think it was 160 meters. 160 yeah. meters in 15 minutes. No one does that shit. No one does that shit. And I actually think this environment is going to bring the best out of Hamiso. You know, he's kind of that player that, if he gets comfortable, I, I can see him being like, you know what. I can break the game open whenever I want. I'll, let, I'll just do that. Whereas, like, this environment where it is hard to get into that back line, I think we're going to see the best out of him. And you know what I loved? Miso came on and was sensational. And Drinkwater sort of went, fuck, he looks good. Mm. I'm going to chip over the top and I'm going to score the last oh, try. Yeah. We're up by Crazy. 30 here. Crazy. I'm still going to try and bury them. So, like, so good. And, like, Hiko's, Hiko's defence without sending Valentine Holmes. Like, wow. Who would have thought he would be this good in the centres? Uh, Talangi, great. Uh, Kyle Felt, you know, I mean, the Cowboys are just looking so, so good. What do you got, Timmy? Uh, not Timmy. Uh, uh, just with the back line and Hamiso and the headache. For me personally, if I was Todd Payton, I'd say for the next month, because I've got 
uh, Dragons and Knights, which are two winnable games. Then they've got Storm and, and Panthers, which are obviously the two top dogs. I'd say Hamiso come off the bench for those four games. We'll just stick with what we got for the next month. And then after the two tough games, I'll, I'll probably reevaluate and see where we're at. Yeah. I, don't change anything. Fuck me, don't change anything. Mm. Like, you can't. Yeah. If, if they come out next week and have a blood jar, then yeah, fair enough. Like, Hamiso's so good you get him in there. But, mate, I, I think you've got to stick with drink water at the back. I think drink water was... Uh, we have to remember he was kind of forced into that six role because they didn't have a half. If you recall correctly, he was, he was brought up to the club, I'm pretty sure, from the Storm as a fullback. Yeah, as a fullback he, was ahead storm, of, yeah. he was ahead of Pappenhausen. So yeah, he was ahead of Pappenhausen. Um, Pappenhausen. I don't even know how to say it anymore. Hausen? Hausen, yeah. Hausen? Pappenhausen? Fuck, I don't know how to Rattled say it anymore. yourself. I don't, honestly don't know how to say it anymore. I've been so back and forth between it. I don't know how to say it anymore. But I'm, he knows I love him. Pappy, you know I love you, baby. Um, yeah, look. Drink water, we forget. He was brought up as a fullback that was in front of the great little Schnackenhusen. And, <laughs> and, um, and he was forced into that sixth role because I think they were just like had no halves. They had like Clifford, I think it's seven, that was trying to put things together. It wasn't Morgo really... Morgo was in and out. And, yeah, Morgo yeah. was in and out. And, and so they needed one at six. But we forget this guy is a top, top, top tier uh, fullback that the Storm didn't want to lose. They didn't want to lose. Uh, it was only because Drinkwater got injured and did his, I think, his peck, and then Hughes got the jump on him. Mm. Storm are a fucking joke. Like, they're a <laughs> yeah. fucking joke. And think mate, about I, that. When he got injured in that trial, killed it. He was, he was flying. It. Yeah, killing it. So I think we've just, I think we all have forgotten how good this kid is at fullback. He's, in, he's a top, top tier fullback. Think about how good you've got to be. To not even not only keep Hughes out of the fullback role, to keep little Snacky out of the out of the fullback role. Like think about how good you have to be. And I we forgot that, and I think we're getting reminded. Wow, this kid is special. Um, so much so that like, I, is he New South Welshman or a Queenslander? New South Wales. I was going to say if he was a Queenslander, I would consider him. He at least putting pressure on that fullback position with Ponga. Is he New South Wales? Yeah. I'm confirming. I think he's Central Coast or something like yeah, that. Yeah, I thought he was Central mm. Coast. Okay. Because um, I, I think I may have brought this up like when he was playing fullback when he first got to the club. And I was like, yeah, he's born in Penrith, grew up on the Central Coast well, and played junior rugby that's league for Terrible. <laughs> that's in Queensland. <laughs> um, but yeah, anyway. Yeah, Scotty Drinkwater, absolutely amazing. Camiso, amazing. Hicko, amazing. Uh, all, all the players like Cotter through the middle. What a fucking knock. Robson was great. Uh yeah, as, as you said, Timmy, they're getting the best out of every single player. Like, every single player is arguably playing career-best form mm. outside of Sam Lola, but, like, his career-best form is, like, so outrageous. You, it's almost too much. Uh, now, Townsend, is he by the year? Or uh, is he in the conversation? Uh, definitely in the conversation. Uh, he has to be a top three for me. I mean, to, just to go back to those stats earlier, the turnaround in this Cowboys team is unbelievable, and he has been... The focal part of that, yeah, is absolutely, just, yeah, so impressive. Well, think about it like this. So, I would argue, and I, I felt like Broncos had a better team on paper than Cowboys at the start of this year. I thought that, and I understand I'm biased, so I understand if people say, "No, no, I think uh, Cowboys do." But Reynolds went to the Broncos, uh, Townsend went to the Cowboys. Cowboys are doing better than the Broncos, you know, and Reynolds is is fucking the guy. So you have to. Show some respect to what he's done, Townsend. Yeah. I, I thought it was great. You know, I already mentioned it before. That try that Scott Drinkwater scored at the end, he chipped over the top. Did you see the bloke that was sprinting into the in goals with him? It was Chad. 
Chatty, you missed it. Chad. He ran past yeah, it. Yeah, he ran past But like in that situation, you know, I, I, I was watching them set up that play and assuming, oh, the ball will go to Chad and he'll kick it. The ball went to Drinky instead and he kicked it and Chad just goes, it's not my normal role, but I'll just be there. Yeah, I'll just absolutely. get on my bike and go. And that's great to see. What are you up to me? Tell you what, I've seen some blokes who love footballers in my time. Um, I'm a, I'd give my life for David Staggs at club level, of course, like <laughs> I near the Odrina. Uh, the guru and his love for Royce Hunt, I thought it had topped that. Mate, your love for the Chad, it's, I love it's the right other, and for good reason, mate. mate I couldn't understand. We were all <laughs> like, I can't believe we signed Chad Townsend. Like, I, people don't get, like, I understand fans are just watching the game, so they don't have to, like, break it down. It's like Chad Townsend offers so much. He's premiership winning. He has all the little things. Like, we constantly complain about they don't have a structured half. They don't have a structured... How many teams have we gone through today and said they don't have a seven to direct around yeah. the park? That's what Townsend does. Mm. Does he get the tries this? No. It's the best, mate. And, and that's it. Like, if, if Chad Townsend goes and busts four tackles, chips and chases and scores, but has a horrific kicking game or, like, just doesn't get the side around the park, people are going... Pretty good game from the Chad, pretty good game. But you yeah. sit there, no, no, no. But when week in, week out, he gets his side around the park and produces that direction, yeah. it just does go so unseen to a lot of punters out there, and, and you're right. And, and it's great that we highlight it, or you highlight it, because, and they said, whether he's worth that money or not at the moment, the Cowboys are coming third on the ladder, so yeah. Yeah, he's and also, it's, off, all, it's all relative too. Yeah. Like, how much are you playing your, paying your seven? If you're paying your seven, 700K, that's a good allocation of your car yeah because everyone has the same amount of money to spend if you've got managed to get a seven that's got you in the top three right now you're actually it's a bargain because you've got other teams paying their seven a million dollars sitting fucking you know eighth ninth or whatever so and look it's, it's early in the season it's only round eight but they're a 19 19 point better side in defense they're a 22 better point better 22 side points and that all comes he is the guy directing around the park can you 22 imagine points on average yeah can you imagine like <laughs> Todd Payton, along with the recruitment team at the Cowboys, that's a big team there, going, we're going to give Chad Townsend 700k, the backlash we're going to cop from people. Mm. How's the faith he had in Chad Townsend to come up and deliver on that money? Yep. And he's just going, I knew we'd do it, and here yeah, we are. 100%. And I just think that Chad Townsend is just grossly underrated. Like, he won, he's won a comp. He's, he's one of the most recent sevens to win a comp. You know, if you go back before, like, I think last year, very, he was in, like, there was only three players that had won a comp in the last five years. Three sevens, sorry. And he was one of them. Um, and look at the impact he's had on Dearden. Massive. Which might be the most important factor oh, in this whole thing. Dearden is just yeah. looking great. So, look, Cowboys. I think it's still the case, actually. I think it's just Chad, Hughes and Cleary in the last five years. Pretty sure. Uh, last five years. Yeah. 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 Which You know what I mean? Like, think about that. There's only three sevens in the comp that have won a comp in the last five years. Now we may miss one person, but what it shows you is like, this doesn't come around. You don't get a seven that can win a comp just off, you know, they don't grow on trees. Like I, guess, mate, I guess it's it, technically it, six years, but whatever. Yeah, but even deeper than that, I mean, which other sevens have won a comp? Reynolds? Six years is worse, it's crazier. Yeah. 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 But even before that, like Re Reynolds is the only one still playing that's outside of that and Chez, DCE. Mm. Oh, there's not many that have done it. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's very rare to find a, a premiership winning seven when Kronk won so many of them in the last period like Kronk was three of the last six you know so anyway uh, I'm stoked for Chad because you know what he's such a good bloke such a good bloke um, Eels are we concerned boys I am yeah I'm I'm concerned for them because I 
I look at Parramatta and I think they will beat up on all the bottom sides. They'll beat them. They haven't really been doing it overly well to start this season, but I look at them against the top sides and I'm sorry, I think we have to start to consider the Cowboys as a top side, don't we? Like, it doesn't feel natural, but I think we have to start to consider them as one of those. Yeah, one more big win. At least a top eight side. Yeah, top eight side. At sure. least a top eight side. Yeah. Um, and, yeah, I thought Eels, once again, we, we speak about it every week. I don't understand what on earth is doing with Dylan Brown. I, I'd honestly just be saying the same thing I said last week, so yeah. I don't know if it's worth it. Everything I said last it. week, guys, I'm gonna, yeah, that's, I repeat. feel exactly the same. We won't go over it again, but to ever since he's moved from there, their attack looks nowhere near as good. Like, that's just it. They were lucky Newcastle arrived on their doorstep when they did, in my opinion. Absolutely. And also, I think like two, at least two, but maybe even three, were down his short side, him calling the play. Um, and also, the points that they scored last night, guess who threw the pass that was crazy <laughs> to score the try? It was Dylan Brown going, looking up, going, oh, shit, throwing a crazy, through his back, pass, long pass to... Cartwright. Cartwright. Sorry, can't write to the winger. Like that's where you scored your points. It's it's insane. Anyway, we won't go over it again. But um, outside of that, like it's just the concerning thing I have with the Eels is like if their forward pack turns up, they beat anyone. If they turn up and play the way you know they can play, they beat anyone. But some games they just don't seem to have that same aggressive aggressive nature. What do you what do you think about the, the Eels, Timmy? Mate, to be honest. I'm not panicking at all. If I'm a Parramatta fan, and it's for the exact reasons that you just mentioned, but it's not so much the attack, it's the defence. Watching that game, Eels and Cows, I think I counted six tries. And it may have been all six. It might have been five or six. Were directly through Brown and Hayes Parham. Mm. Now that combination is probably done as soon as this week. So Tom Opacic is due back within the next week or two. Sean Russell due back in the next week or two. Yeah. So they're going to slot in there. Brown's going to go back to the halves. Points are going to come off the back of that. Um, the wings will change. And they're going to get back to the edges that they've had basically for the whole season. But every single try went down that edge as a result of misreads or poor tackles or whatever from that edge. Um, up until this game, you know, we've mentioned yeah, there's the odd game you can just ride off, put a line through. I'd be doing that this week. When they get that edge stable again, uh, they'll be fine. Mm. I'm very confident of it. Their attack will come good with Brown back in the halves. God, let's hope it's this week, and it yeah. should be. But I'd, I'm honestly not too disheartened by it if I'm a para fan. Yeah, I understand, I, I understand where you're coming from. I'm coming from the perspective of I think that they should go close to women in comp this year. Mm. And we're seeing the same problems that we saw last year with the team, where they would come out, blow teams off the park, and then the next week all of a sudden they're losing to – you know, teams that are, are not struggling because Cowboys aren't struggling, but they've just been like this 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 year, yeah. where and they've been in and out of games. Like they half the game they play well. And Cam Smith said something to me. Um, he said one of the things I learned in my career is how you play out play throughout the year. It always comes out in your last game of the season. He said it doesn't matter. Every single year I played, how we played throughout the year, it always came out in the last game of this uh, season. And my concern with the Eels is is like. You know, they go up and down, they go up and down, and they don't get that consistent, that ruthlessness. Like we see, because, like, to win the comp, you need to be like Penrith or Storm. Yeah. And, we, and that's, what, that's what we need Eels to get at. And, and I think they've got the personnel to actually get there. And my concern is if, if they keep doing this, when it gets to the crunch, because I think they are a premiership threat, and I still think they're a premiership threat, though, they get to the grand final or prelim, and they have one of these matches where they just all of a sudden turn up and we're like, what team's this playing? It's not the Eels that we know, know and love. What do you think? Um, just with the Eels, I think 
I think they might have got a bit disheartened, which isn't an excuse, but like Cowboys didn't help themselves in the first half. Eels had a lot of ball and they just they just couldn't convert. And then I think that kind of they kind of flatlined in the second half because of that, which was kind of just like frustrating to see as a fan. Um, but the, I think the key thing to take out, and I don't know what your guys' opinion is, I think Madison's been their best player in the last three weeks. So good. And I think it might be time to start Ryan Madison. Oh, me and Guru have said he should start all year, to be honest. Yeah. We, I really believe he should be a starter. He just he needs to be on the field as long as possible and getting through a bunch of work. He's safe. He's a good tackler. He's a good ball runner. Um, yeah, so like I'm not like alarm bells. I'm just I'm talking from the perspective of I think they can win a comp. If you want to win a comp, you've got to be ruthless. Uh, yeah, and they're, they're going to have to beat Penrith or Melbourne to win a premiership this yep. year. Those two teams are conceding on average 11 and 13 points. Yeah. I was just having a look, like the, the Parramatta Eels, like take out the Newcastle game because I think that's a bit of an outlier because Newcastle didn't get off the bus. Their next best defensive game they is 14 points against the Dragons. Penrith haven't conceded more than 14 mm. points. Yeah, yeah. They haven't conceded more than 12 in the last five weeks. Yeah. If, you said, if you said this performance to me like three years ago with Eels, I said nothing to worry about. Like, you know, they'll still be in the top six. They're developing. It's just, I just... This, for me personally, in 2022, the standard has raised for the Eels. Yeah. They need, to, they need and, to be... And I agree. When they make those changes, I'll be okay. They won't be here. They'll be here. But they need to be up here. Mm. They, yeah. they live in this middle section. They have for a few years well, Like, now. look at Penrith. First four games, they're missing Fisher-Harris. They're missing Cleary. They're, and, like, they still come out and yeah. fucking put teams to the sword. And, you know, and maybe they're not there yet. Maybe they're not where Penrith and Storm are yet. But if you want to win a comp, unfortunately, you've got to beat them. Uh, but I, I, I understand what you... I agree with what you're saying, though. It's not like they're going to come back next week. Brown's going to go in the halves, and they're still going to play like that. Personnel come back. They've had an outside back crisis. You have to pay respect to that. Like, they've got decimated through the outside backs. They put Brown back in the halves. They get some proper centres there, build some combinations. All of a sudden, they're back in the shot. They play Penrith this week, into Ooh. the Roosters, into shit. Manly with Turbo back. Holy shit. Next, we'll ne- next week's discussion, post-Panthers, hopefully Brown back in the halves. Yeah. We'll see where they're at. Yeah, there. absolutely. Yeah. It'll be a really good indication, yeah. actually. Really good indication. Uh, now, Night Storm. We'll try and get quickly because we're getting it's getting long. Uh, Knights v Storm. Storm, I mean, what is there to say? These guys are absolutely incredible. Uh, they're almost unstoppable. The only team that's going to stop these guys is Penrith. I, 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 what else do I say? Ken Munster is in career best form. Hughes is amazing. Pappenhausen. <laughs> Having using his, you know, he's just everywhere. He's constantly on the ball. He's constantly a threat. Anytime there's a period where you need him to be supporting, he's there. His defense is outstanding. His ball playing is improving every single week. Uh, his, even his defense in contact is better. His talking is improving. Uh, you know, I think Nelson Asafa Solomona has is having arguably one of the best years of his career. Harry Grant, he must be a punish to defend because. It's almost like a guy that's as good a ball runner as a winger in nine, so you have to always be on the ball. Always be on the ball because he can. he's strong as anything. He's got good footwork. He holds the marker so well. Then you've got Cheese coming on, who's a menace through the middle there. Uh, they're looking incredible. Yeah, I think there, there, there's a period from last week's game, the last 40 minutes and the first 40 minutes of this week, they must have scored almost close to 90 points. Yeah. Like, it's insane what they're doing at the moment. And 
And I'd <laughs> shout out Josh King, 212 meters, oh, yeah. 63 minutes, beast yeah. against Crazy. his own cl- old club. It just it shows you that I, I kind of feel the storm continue to prove that it's not a lack of talent that we have; it's a lack of good systems that we have, mm. in my yep. opinion. Because and Blocker was really good. He called out in the in, the, um, in this scenario. Blocker was really good. He called out. Um, <laughs> he was like, when you look at the storm's back line, they got uh, Tigers reject in Papen. Excuse him. They've got uh, Olam, who obviously started footy a bit later. They've got uh, a Bronco, a Wooden Spoon Broncos winger. They've got Nick Meany, who's also a wooden, from a Wooden Spoon club. And yet these guys are world beaters now. Same as Remus Smith as well. Remus Smith Same was yeah. at a Wooden Spoon. Like, they've got three of their outside backs are from essentially Wooden Spoon clubs. It's amazing, their system. It, it should be studied. Like, if you could... Man... If I ran a club, I'd fucking send a spine there. I'd send a spine <laughs> storm and say, motherfucker, film everything. Whatever they're doing there, we need to do something similar. Or I'm, you know, I'm going into Penrith. Whatever these two are doing, you can never replicate it because you're never going to have the same culture. But you should be taking big bits, big bits yeah. from it. The problem is, is like a lot of these coaches have been in the storm system, so they know what it's like, and yet they still aren't able to replicate it. Uh, what do you think, Timmy? Well, I mean, on the storm... You've said, what else is there to add, really? It really um, I don't have much. I've, I do have one thing which it's uh, pestered me for a while now. Scrums. Scrum tactics. Storm do it really well. Penrith do it really well. Surprise, surprise. Yeah. Mate, it's so simple, but it's holding the scrum, allowing your halfback time to get out and create the extra man, yeah. and going a four on three, whatever it might be, every single time. I do not know why clubs don't do it every single scrum, every single scrum, but instead of feeding it and going out the back and doing a three-on-three, you can have an extra man every time. And you'll watch the Storm and Panthers, nearly every scrum, they'll do that. Yeah. And I know it's a little nitpicky thing, but they score a lot of tries off it. I just oh, don't massive. see why they don't, teams don't do it every single scrum. Well, what I was watching on the weekend, especially with the Storm, I actually just think that across the board, they are at a higher skill level when it comes... Like, the amount of passes that were sticking, mm-hmm. like offloads, like quick hands, like, I think they must put so many hours into just, like... Tipping on, passing. I think if you could somehow measure the ball skill level of every player, I think Storm would be out and out way better than every team. Like, they execute so much better than every team. So much better than every team. Um, and, and, and it's almost impossible to defend, whereas, like, other teams try to do the same plays as the Storm. They'll knock it on. The pass will be behind the player. They won't be able to tip it on or, you know, they won't square up. Whereas the level that they execute at when they're on, it's almost impossible to stop. Like, every play they do, the end goal, they always reach it. So if the end goal is we want to have an overlap, they create an overlap. Whereas how t- often do you watch footy and the end goal is to create an overlap and they don't create an overlap? The Storm do it every time. Yeah. It's incredible. Incredible. The, the ball, the ball, like on the, that, just the slick passing, how everything hits the mark. I was watching Justin, Justin Olam on the weekend, who's meant just to be this big wrecking ball, hard centre. Uh, might have been the last try of the game. His catch and pass was just unbelievable. And again, yeah. it's these little things that are such big things, and they yeah. get right every time. Every they? time. They must just drill so much. Like every training session, they must all spend an extra 30, 40 minutes on passing. Like mm. they just must be drilling constantly. Uh, anyway, we'll try and speed this up. Knights. Guru, speak to me. Yeah, I'm worried. Um, this is, unfortunately, this is the team that we spoke about in the preseason that, um, you know, after week two, I sort of thought, geez, I've missed the mark here by a long way. 
cashed out on a very lucrative wooden spoon <laughs> bet, but we'll talk about that another time. I hate money anyway, so that's fucking fine. Thank you, Newcastle. You let you let the, the crowd get to oh, you. Tell me about it. Have they all still got me on Instagram or what? I haven't heard from them the last few weeks. Yeah, where's the guys? Where are they now? Guru. Uh, anyway, uh, yeah, uh, as much as it looks like we were right, I hate being right. It's so shit well, I mean, I wasn't, I wasn't in the same boat you were in. My boat sure. wasn't as far down the ladder. Yeah. Um, but I know exactly what you're yeah, saying. But yeah, but like, it, you know, unfortunately, we said this also three weeks ago that two, two and O can turn into two and six very quickly. And it did. Fuck, it's turned into a rapid rate. They've what? They've scored four points off penalty goals in the last two weeks. They've conceded a hundred odd points. Um, I'll tell you what stood out for me yesterday with Newcastle: the two kickoffs to start the halves. Bruh. Fuck. Bruh. One went out on the full. The other one bounced seven times. Oh man. Oh, bounced man. on the ten meter line and no one touched it. Oh fuck, mate. I'm getting worried. Like if, if my under-16 side, kick, if the ball bounced that many times and went dead, they're 15-year-olds, and I'd be like, what the fuck are you doing? Yeah, at least have a crack at it. Yeah, at least do something. What do you reckon, Timmy? Rather you knock it on. Yeah. yeah um, there was one sort of play that stood out to me that sort of summed up the night at the moment. It was, I think, might have been Justin Ollum's first try where he went through, and there was four blokes who just flung a few arms at him, and... I know this is the kind of stuff that it's, like it's easy to say from behind a desk with a beer in front of you, but it was just pathetic defence from about four different players. And I am Caelan Pong as one of his biggest fanboys. There's a few out there. I'm high up on that list. His last man defence is pretty bloody ordinary, and you will not unsee it now that I've said it now. A lot of tries, like physically he's a good defender. We've seen like when he, when he came into line in Origin, that was whacking blokes, awesome. When blokes go through the line and KP has to make that last tackle he gets it wrong very often. Um, and like to the point that, especially with the Knights conceding a lot of tries, the next few weeks, or you can go back over the last few weeks, it happens often. And, and Olam, granted, good luck trying to stop Olam one-on-one, five minutes out from the line, but he went through then, just threw nothing at him. Um, it happens a lot. Yeah, I wonder if he has shoulder problems. Because like even the game on the weekend, he had a stinger. And like sometimes that can sway the way you defend. Uh, but I, I agree with you. Sometimes he mm. does. Like what's hard though is like Tarek Sims makes a break a few weeks ago, and it was a great tackle. Yeah. Put his body in the line. I think I don't think it's necessarily about uh, putting his body in the line. I think Colt, uh, Ponga is one of the braver fullbacks, but it's more decisions. I think mm. he he his decision making sometimes he can decide to go for the intercept or slide off to the other man. Uh, but he definitely puts. He's definitely willing to put his body on the De- line for sure. Yeah, he is yeah. definitely. He just gets it wrong a lot. Yeah, it's tough. The tough thing about the Olin one is that was all just like energy. Like if if they were on that game, that inside man, as soon as Olin skipped to the outside to that centre, that inside man would have drove straight into him. Mm. And even if he gets bumped, it would have been enough to stop Olam's momentum. But because they their energy isn't high, the centre was just left to try and fight with him. Yeah. And by the time they got across it was too late instead of being like fuck it yeah, there's a free shot at his ribs here like I'm flying in what makes that more disappointing I guess for Knights fans would be how the week before they conceded three pretty ordinary goal line tries two to Papali one to Lane and then you just hoped they would have talked about that and fixed that this week and the week before as well against Andrew McCulloch um, so yeah I think that's what kind of compounds that disappointment yeah and we spoke about the dragons game it's like that was a game so so important to them because it it just it would t- would have taken the sting off these last two weeks because it's like you know we're not six in a row now but 
I'm really concerned. I, I, I feel I feel sorry for the boys because it just looks like one of those situations where nothing's working, um, and I don't know. I don't know what the direction is. Clemmer was the only forward that ran for over 75 metres. I know. <laughs> um, Clemmer was the only player who had over 35 post-contact metres. Melbourne had eight guys that ran for more than 35. Like it's just to, to be fair, like in their defence, they the Storm did have 63 percent. Uh, of the ball now, the Knights completed that. Completed at fifty-five percent. Fifty-five percent, which is their fault. Yeah, which is their fault. To for add sure. to that as well, they didn't touch the ball till the twelfth minute. Yeah, so I'm just I'm concerned because it's like you know they don't really yeah they've got Brayley to come back in, but outside of that, like you know they've got some back rollers who were there when they won their first few rounds. In Mitchy Barnett's back in two weeks, uh, Lachlan Fitzgibbon who. I'm not a massive fan of him, but he has had decent results there and had results there as a starting back right at the uh, start of the year. So maybe they'll help out, but it's nothing substantial, is it? Yeah. I, I can't believe how good the halves looked in the first few weeks. Like the first few weeks, the halves looked to me like they'd played together for five years. Yeah. It's like it's like they've become strangers. Yeah, I, I think a, a lot of that is to do with Clune's injury. Okay. He was struggling yesterday with his knee again. Mm. I don't think he's right. I think that because he's been in and out of first grade so much, or not so much, but the last couple of years, and he's a bit older, I think he's so desperate to play that he's he's almost risking his own... He's coming back early because he doesn't want to miss a game because... And I, I get that feeling, like, as a winger. Like, I, I remember when I broke, like, a bunch of my ribs, my lung collapsed. I came back three weeks later, like a fucking <sighs> moron. Like a moron. Um... But I was so desperate to play. Well, Concerned uh, about job security? Yeah, but I just fucking needed to get yeah. back out there. And um, I think it's compounded. I mean, the coach said yesterday, he's like, you know, we keep putting in bad performances and I want to drop guys, but I fucking can't. I don't, I, I'm struggling to put enough names yeah. on the list as it is. And they have been unlucky with injury, but it, I still think like, for example, completion rate. Like that is an attitude thing. That's yeah. an attitude thing. 55%. So look, hopefully, I don't think it's like the end of their season at all uh, but they're in a hole and they got to they got to come together now and fight you, you mentioned Clune there you know on stats he had nine runs for 30 metres and that's a direct reflection of just how many times he got caught with the ball mm. and there was just nothing happening oh, well I think he was trying but like no one was up but there, there was no one with him yeah, and like, that's there the was thing nothing that Storm do so well is every time there's a quick like one of their most underrated things of the Storm is you have 17 blokes that are concentrating 80 minutes of the time. Like, there's never a minute where the Storm, a player clocks off. They are always aware of exactly what's happening. And if they do clock off, Bellamy sprays them. But every time they get a quick play of the ball, there's three blokes. And w- whereas you look at the teams that are struggling, they get a quick play of the ball. And, like, no one's up there with the player. Like, whereas the Storm, as soon as they get a quick play of the ball, it's like they go into autopilot where they all know, oh, boys, we need to just, like, fuck the plays out the back, all that stuff. Let's just get on the front foot. Let's just fucking go. Whereas, yeah, it's... Um, and just going back to your scramble stuff we were talking about the last few weeks, the Knights missed 34 tackles, the Storm missed 27, yeah? So eight more. Just, yeah. Seven more, sorry. Storm had 10 line breaks to nil. Yeah. Crazy. Uh, Ronald Volkman signs with the Warriors. Yeah, Official. Yeah. yeah. Good signing for the Makes Warriors. Makes heaps more sense now with Ash retiring. Yeah, absolutely. They must have known that for quite yes, a few weeks. Yeah. To bring him I mean, yeah, great, great signing, Warriors. Fantastic signing. One of the real young guns of the comp. Uh, yeah, so look, Knights, they're in a hole, man, and they need to find a way to come together. Uh, I don't think their season is over by any stretch, but this next month of footy, to, you know, in their defence, they have had a rough run. 
you know, the, the last six weeks they've played some of the better teams. Uh, but it's up to them now how they respond to this because they've, they've got the side to be a top eight side, in my opinion. They've got the side. Uh, sports bet. If sports bet want to unrefund my bet, to <laughs> reach out, please. I'm interested. What's their next few games? Do you have their next few games by any chance? Because uh, I think the next few games is it, it gives them an it opportunity gets, to fight out. Yeah, of that. I think from memory it gets a little bit easier. Uh, Cowboys, Bulldogs, Broncos, Warriors, bye. Nice. Like hu- huge opportunity. Like if I'm Adam O'Brien, I'm going, boys, we have an opportunity here to erase that last six weeks. We've got an opportunity here. If we win three from four, all of a sudden we're a different footy side. We're sitting outside, just outside the eight probably or maybe even on the edge. I know we're looking pretty far ahead, but then after the bye they've got Panthers, which is obviously tough, but then they've got Canberra and Gold Coast. So it's a pretty, pretty so good So it's even run. like eight-week period, yeah. like seven, eight-week, huge opportunity. So Knights fans, the positive is, is the draw isn't against you this next seven, eight weeks. You have the opportunity to turn this around. So hopefully they find that. They find that. Uh, now, just quickly, the Dragons v. the Tigers. Dragons get up, but... I thought the Tigers looked really good. Yeah. Like, I really I, – I was uh, pleasantly surprised with their fight, their grit. They look like a totally different side, a totally different side. Uh, and also, Dragons are now three on the trot, three on the trot. So what do you guys think of this game? I'm still trying to work out how the Tigers lost it. Honestly, I, I, as a Ti- I, if I were a Tigers fan, I'd take a lot out of that game. Yeah. Their forward pack was so good. Yeah. They – like, they ran for close to 500 metres more, about 140 extra post-contact metres. Granted, they had more possession, but they were all just on a roll. All these blokes who, who I hadn't had a lot of time for the last 18 months, it, you know, were just starting to go mad. Your Musgroves, your Offen Gowies, a lot of these blokes made line busts. Um, I, they couldn't capitalise on this momentum and the dominance through the middle. I really thought they missed Dane Laurie. Because Massively. Stafford Toa, he's a good, uh, you know, Popping in there as a fullback in Laurie's absence is more of a centre. Laurie, yeah. just the support play. Um, yeah. Honestly, when these forwards are going through, they were just screaming out for Laurie to be sniffing around the ruck. It could have turned two or three line breaks into four tries, game over. Yeah. Um, yeah. Gee, they missed him. Mate, what about their halves? Luke Brooks, 150 run metres. Hastings, 176 run metres. This is a great game from the, the, the Tigers. I just think they, as you said, they're just missing the class in their backs. They were just missing that... That finisher that could just get him those extra... A ball player in the backs, really. Yeah. If they had a ball playing... Like, let's say they had Scotty Drinkwater in the back. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. that ball... Or they had um, Martin from Broncos or... You know what I mean? Like, if they just had that little bit of extra class there, they'd probably get the win. So, Tigers fans, I would be proud of that effort. I thought they were great. There was a moment where the Dragons were starting to get on top and the Tigers were coming out of their own end. And I think it was... Hastings jumped into dummy half and he just went bang, 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 bang. Then he jumped into first receiver and he hit Musgrove on the inside and he went through and Musgrove knocked the ball on as he went to play on mm. and you just see Hastings in the corner of the screen just sort of go, <laughs> fuck. Yeah, yeah. Like I thought that was a big turning point in that because they were on the yeah. back foot and they just got out of their end. They were on the front foot all of a sudden and then your front row just made you a 30-metre line break. That was a beautiful it line as well, oh, wasn't it? Yeah, perfect. Uh, the great 12, another week, another no-miss tackle. 32 <laughs> tackles. It's almost not impressive anymore. It's oh, just, my it's just, God. Yeah. 186 metres, 32 tackles, zero misses. I mean, yeah, what a knock. I mean, hasn't he hit some red-hot form? Red-hot form. Uh, I want to give uh, Offen Gow, Gower. Offen Gower? Is that what you say? Offen Gow he, I've always said. but Offen Gow he. Sure exact, yeah. Um, how do you say it, Timmy? Yeah, I'm a, in the he department. Offen Gow he. Uh, often Yowie. 
Uh, anyway, how we say it? Apologies, bro. If I get that wrong, uh, I, th- I want to give him raps. I thought he's. In- I think he's really improved each week. Mm. His ball playing has improved. I thought a few weeks ago I was like, I don't see him as a thirteen. I think he's a front rower. I think he's been really good for him, and I think he's been a big reason why they've been able to you know put a few points on and 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 be able to move through the park and get field position. I I think he's been good, Joe. I really really do. Um, Leilua, we all know how good he is. Just all of them. I think Tarmao has played the best since he got to the club. Um, but yeah, Joe uh, Offengawi has been the best since he's come to the club. Uh, outside of that, uh, that bomb that Madden put, put up when he came on the field was massive. <laughs> got him back in the game. Yeah, I would be really proud of that, Tigers fans. It's, what I love about it is the consistency. Like we're seeing a consistent game plan a consistent team come in week in, week out, almost getting to the point where, like, is this the new Tigers now? Like, do we have a new Tigers in our hands where, yeah, okay, we're maybe not win the comp yet, we need to recruit more, but we've got a game plan. We know where they're going to come out and put on a good performance. If they get beaten, it's not going to be by 50. They're just going to be solid. So, yeah, good stuff from the Tigers. Now, Dragons, third win in a row. I think they're sneaking, like... Well, yeah, I mean, this is the side that for the first three or four weeks when they weren't winning games, we sort of said they're better than what they look. Yeah. They're a better side than what they've shown early. Um, you know, I only scored two tries, but the Tigers defended well. I thought, you know, credit to them, just small things, but the try that Ben Hunt scored, Tariq Sims, he runs the decoy, and so many forwards just stand in the line after that. Yeah. You watch what Tariq Sims does. He gets through his line, then he sprints to the left. He gets out of the way just in case... Ben Hunt decides to come off his right foot, and in that moment, he did. If Tariq Sims would have done what a lot of guys do and just stood there, that yeah. would have been an obstruction and a no yeah. try. Just those little things that matter. I thought the other try they scored where Bud Sullivan went from dummy, from dummy half. Francis Molo was in a wrestle, and James Tamu was over the top. <coughs> he fought Tamu off and threw him on his back behind him and then got to his elbows and knees, got the quick play the ball. So then there was one marker. Just those little things in the wrestle that can make such a difference all yeah. of a sudden Bud Sullivan picked up the ball and there was just space everywhere yeah. and not being selfish and trying to get post contact instead you're focused on the quick play yeah. the ball because post contact it's okay but it's not the be all and end all it's as good Panthers. as having one marker absolutely and yeah. the Panthers have identified that of like get to your front and play the ball fuck your extra five metres because by the time you get those five metres the line's set they've yeah. got the ball wrapped up no one cares and plus the play the ball slow because like what happens is is they've learnt how to tangle themselves up so they're like oh I can't get out there and the refs like don't even the amount of times the ref go milking milking I'm like are you serious milking he's oh you can't get out like give me a break um, yeah so really unselfish play Moses Suley, how good's he been? He is he's just so relentless with his out-of-trouble uh, sets. He would be such a handful to tackle. What do you think about the Dragons, Timmy? Suley, he's an interesting one. He's a bloke who's always probably unfairly been given this rap of being a lazy um, centre, sort of sits out there. Mate, he gets through and has for a few years now a lot of work, yeah. and he goes looking for ball, and it's super effective. Most runs in his team. Yeah, there you go. Um, the Dragons... Just gritting away wins, aren't they? They're, they haven't overly impressed me as a side, but they're competing three weeks in a row now. They're getting wins, and look, as a fan, as a coach, whatever, sometimes that's all you all you want to see from a side who probably people had pegged to be definitely bottom eight. I still do, but you know they're winning games of footy. Big decision next week at the Dragons with Talatau Moan because I'm a bit torn on where I'd have him because he was terrific uh, on the weekend, playing good footy. He's you know clearly. He's more of your future in the halves than Jack Bird is. Yeah. Um, but at the same time, he wasn't terrific early on as a starter. They're getting good footy off him off the bench. 
So do you stick to what's worked for them and, you know, uh, I suppose develop him and nurture him in a sort of shorter role off the bench, building towards the next few years? Or do you just go, now, there's a serious footballer in this bloke, let's start him. What do you reckon? Yeah, uh, look, I think for now, start him. You win in game, like you won this game. Mm. Uh, he offers a lot in attack. Uh, yeah, look, it just depends on his defence, you know. He, he missed five mm. tackles, but Benny Hunt missed nine tackles. So it's like... Is the problem just a moan? Like, you know, they, they clearly in the halves, they just need to be... And also, missed tackles can be deceiving. Like, sometimes it's aggressive. Yeah. Sometimes it's it's because they're shooting out of line to cut things off. Uh, I I like him at six. I think it, it would build his confidence the longer he's there. But I can understand if, you, if you're focused on defence first, I can understand why you would put Bird there. So I guess it just depends what mindset Hook is in. What I will say with the Dragons is... Remember a few weeks ago I said the problem with the Dragons is they're not playing the way they've been purchased to play. Like they've got these recruits to be this grindy side that, you know, they may not be the best or whatever, but they're going to grind out a win. What I like about this, the Dragons now is they're playing exactly the way yeah. Hook envisioned, which is a grindy side, not going to set the world alight, but they're going to be in every single match. They're going to complete really well or solidly. Their forwards are going to be grindy and gritty, do all the little things well. Um, yeah, I, like... I like that they're playing to their coach's plan because that shows that they're listening. Um, I do believe, though, I think you've got to bring Sloan back. I think he, he's got points in him. Is his defence that poor that he... I don't know. I think you've got to bring Sloan back. What, what do you think? Yeah, I agree. I'll, I would have already brought him back. Um, I'd be playing Amon and Sloan in the side. I just... I kind of feel like Hook's trying to outthink the room a little bit here. Um uh, mate, to me, it seems like a really obvious one to bring. Seems obvious in. to me because, like, yeah. Mo Zembai, yes, he's experienced and he gets through his work or whatever, but it's not like he's so. He offers so much that you can afford to lose a guy like Sloan who's like killing it in New South Wales Cup. And, and uh, yeah, the, the upside of Mbai isn't enough for me to. to Like, Mbai isn't so good that I'm not willing to accept a couple of mistakes out of Sloan here and there. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, I, I just. Uh, yeah, I'd be making the move. It's a big month coming up for them. They play Melbourne next week at Amy Park. Big oh, test for them. But then after that, doesn't. heading into their bye, they play the Titans for Magic Round, Suncorp. They play the Warriors at home, and then they play the Bulldogs at Belmore. So heading into Origin, yeah, that could run. be three winnable games. Yeah, yeah, they could be sitting in the eight. Yeah, before they – who will they lose? Ben Hunt to Origin. Will that be yeah. Tarek Sims maybe? I mean, they could that, – that, that Origin period is a real opportunity for them to fucking – I mean, Hunt is such a big loss, though. Fuck. That scene without Hunt, it's like, ooh. Uh, great to see Bud Sullivan come on and do what he did. Um, I thought it was a really good example of like, you know, I love Macker. I think he offers so much. He's so grindy and gritty. But just that explosiveness that, you know, a lot of other teams have, Macker doesn't really have. Yep. Um, and I thought Sullivan was fantastic. So as long as you can get Sullivan, like I don't like Sullivan at nine. I'd rather him play reserve grade and play seven and lead a team around mm. the park and, and learn his game. But if you're going to get him on there for 20 minutes and he doesn't have to get through that much work, and he's going to do that. He's going to affect the games that much, win matches. I'm willing to, to go, you know what? We need to win matches in NRL before we need to win Especially matches. if you are playing that real grindy sort of style to just throw an X factor on there. Yeah. The back end, I, I like it. And, you know, it, it was the difference on the weekend. Uh, Lomax, I thought he did some, I mean, great defence, 18 tackles, zero misses. Few, like, I think he just needs to be a little bit more selective on that flick pass. It's, 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 it's worked for him in the past, so I understand why he goes to it. But I think if you do it so often, not only does it become predictable and I think cl like 
eventually they'll start cluing onto it. But obviously you can make those errors. He got really lucky on the weekend where he, that flick pass, the guy hit it, uh, the winger hit it. Uh, but I, I think it actually it adds to your game more if you become selective because they don't know when it's coming. Yeah. Uh, but I tell you what, it's, it's the best flick pass in the comp. It's fucking amazing. He's so good. He's another guy. Like, do you put him in for origin? You know, I don't think he's been talked about that much. But I think, imagine him in a top, top, high-quality side with good ball. Because he, he, he never gets good ball. It's always like, you know, he's just one-on-one, not much room, and he finds a way to make it work. Yeah. Uh, what do you reckon about the Dragons, Matty? Um. Yeah, I thought that was great. I think um, we haven't spoken about Josh Maguire. He's undefeated this year. Yeah, he's so been great. He's been he's been really good for them. I thought they, they started pretty poorly, to be honest. Like, I think Tigers had two line breaks in the first uh, 10 minutes, and they uh, missed about nine or 10 tackles. But credit to, credit to the Dragons, like, especially because they had uh, a couple of outs and a couple of late changes before the game. Um, honestly, I, I was so entertained the whole game. I tipped the Tigers. I was going for the Tigers, but like it was just so to and fro the yeah, whole game. It was a great I, I game. It. it was a, like wasn't the highest quality game, but it was a great game to watch. Great game to watch. Anything else with the Dragons boys? All good. Yeah, I think I'm pretty much covered. Yeah. All good. That is us for the week, guys. Make sure to follow SC Playbook on Instagram and all social media and all podcast, all your great podcasting apps. Rugby League Guru on Instagram and all the social media apps and all good podcasting apps. Bloke jerseys next Monday, 6 p.m. Be there. Limited amount, 6 p.m. Bloke.shop. Also, join the Bloke Club so we can send you a message. Limited amount. Once they're gone, they're gone. We may not even make this design again. The first ever Bloke jerseys. They're high quality, only 99 bucks. Uh, And as usual, I'll go and fuck myself. Thank you. (laughs)